you've got that massive historic PFL versus Bellator card. It is a big one. It's a pay-per-view. It's PFL champs versus Bellator champs and PFL stars versus Bellator stars. Historical night. First time in MMA history that a place like this is hosting Saudi Arabia, a big MMA card. It's, in fact, the first major MMA event to take place in Saudi Arabia and the first cross-promotional event between both PFL and Bellator with former champions and current champions colliding in one epic night. The headliner, like I said earlier, is Henan La Problema Fejera going up against Ryan Bader. They go toe-to-toe in a fight that I think will determine who Francis Ngannou will fight in his PFL debut. That's the plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they announced that that seems to be the direction. So stay tuned. Also, as we said earlier, Johnny Eblen against Impa Kasangane. They did save Patricio Pitbull. He's going to remain on the card. Aaron Pico as well. Clarissa Shields on the card. Yoel Romero. Um, Tiago Santos. Whole bunch of big names. It's all going down. This Saturday, February 24th, live on ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View and DAZN. That's ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View or DAZN. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Wednesday, December 15, 2021. Hello again, everyone. I had to go a little longer there at the top because this is our final episode of 2021. Amazingly, almost exactly four months ago, I sat in this chair after our long three-year national nightmare and I returned and it's been an incredible four months. We take a break after today. For the holidays, we come back January 3rd for the MMA Hour Award Show. Of course, I'll probably be repeating this a lot throughout the program, but we wanted to finish strong today, my friends. And huh, I have to say, we are finishing strong. We are finishing strong. I love today's lineup. I am pumped for today's show. I am super excited about today's program. I'm happy to be here, be alive, be, a, be well, excited to close out our year on a high note. You can uh, ration this episode off. For a few days, in case you miss us over the break, uh, I do want to give a shout out to one of our uh, fallen soldiers uh, today. We we hope he is doing well, and we shall fight on in his honor. Now, uh, I want to let you know right off the top that today's program, as always, is being brought to you by DraftKings, our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. It is the official sports betting partner of the UFC. Please do download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, and please use the code the MMA Hour for a special offer when you sign up. Again, that's code the MMA Hour only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Please support them because they support us. So I wanted to end the year strong. I wanted to end on a high note. I wanted to end in a special way, and I'm not going to claim that I'm this smart, but wouldn't you know it? The gods have smiled down upon us. Who was the first guest back in August in the in the uh, the new chapter? The refresh, the restart, if you will. Who was the first guest? Dustin Poirier. Amazingly, it worked out that the last guest on today's program will be Dustin Poirier. How crazy is that? I didn't even plan that. The world works in mysterious ways, my friend. So at 4 o'clock, we'll be joined by the Diamond, Dustin Poirier. His first interview since Saturday. Talk about what happened against Charles Oliveira. Very cool of him to show up after, obviously, a very disappointing night. I can't wait to talk to Dustin Poirier. 
uh, at around 3.15 or so. I'll answer your questions on the nose. Final one of the year, of course. Uh, you can uh, leave the questions. You know where to leave them. And I'll answer as many as possible. There's a ton already. So I'll do my best to get to as many as possible. At around 2.50, we'll be joined by GC. Final betting segment of the year as well. Big weekend. We got some UFC action. We got Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. Maybe he throws a flyer or two on KSW. Who knows? We'll check in with GC at around 2.50. At the beginning of the year, I put together a list of people that I wanted to talk to this year. A bucket list, if you will. People who I've never talked to. At the very top of that list is someone that I've been talking about for quite some time. You know, if you follow me on social media, every time Katie Taylor fights, I make it a point to not only watch it, but let you all know that she is fighting. I'm a huge admirer of her skills, of the way she conducts herself, the role model that she is. She's a legend. Uh, she is a massive, massive star, not only in Ireland, but around the world. Katie Taylor, the pound-for-pound best boxer on the planet as far as female boxing is concerned, is going to join us at 220. I cannot be more excited about that. She's also, by the way, an Olympic gold medalist from 2012. At around 150, we'll be joined by Corey Sanhagen, talking about the loss to Piotr Jan uh, around a month and a half or so ago, where he goes from here, 135. Very interesting right now. And at 125, we'll talk to Ryan Hall, who, of course, had that big win over on the weekend in Las Vegas. But I wanted to, you know, I wanted to start this show with a bang. I want to start this show in a big way. I want to start this show with one of the most talked about fighters in the sport today. I want to start this show with the hottest free agent in the sport today. I wanted to start this show with the two-time Olympic gold medalist. I wanted to start this show with the multiple-time millionaire from the PFL, and who knows what 2022 has in store for her. I have said that one of the stories to watch in 2022, and especially early on, is where does Kayla Harrison, one of the most sought-after free agents in recent memory, where does she end up? And we've seen her on broadcast now. We've seen her, you know, shaking hands, flexing, getting some FaceTime. Well, let's ask Kayla Harrison some questions. And so without further ado, let's go to the Zoom machine and kick things off the right way with another Olympic gold medalist. We have two Olympic gold medalists on today's program, Kayla. You have won two Olympic golds. Katie just won. But I mean, that's pretty damn special. Would you not agree? Very special. Three is better than two, in my opinion. So. Yes. Are you a Katie Taylor fan? I, I don't follow boxing super okay. closely, but Jeez. I've heard good things about her. So I know, All I know. Right. All right. Well, Hey, real quick, Ariel, before we start, just yeah. um, because I'm in a festive holiday spirit, um, Someone said on, let's see, okay, Edwards Kim said yes. on Twitter that if I gave a shout out to Sarah Rose, who's apparently me and yours bestie, that he would do a shoey. So uh, here's a shout out to Sarah Rose. I look forward to seeing a video of a shoey later today, Edwards Kim. Yes. Okay, that's it. That's all I got. That is now, great. Please, questions, uh, uh, tell me. EK, by the way, is a legend on Twitter. He's sort of an extended uh, member of the family, as is Sarah Rose. I know oh, these two individuals very, very well. Oh, yes, they're not just random folks. So he is going to pay oh, okay. up. Yeah. Um, good on you. Look at you. You're such a mensch. You're in the uh, the giving spirit, the holiday spirit. I see You know the decorations behind you. This is a very exciting time for you. You're about to break the bank. Most sought after free agent. Before we get to all of that, though, could I just ask you, Kayla, were you yep. shocked about what happened on Saturday? I mean, there you are in the front row, your teammate Amanda yeah. Nunes losing to Julian Pena. Scale of one to ten, how shocked were you? Twelve. Wow. 
Uh, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a heartbreaker. It was a, it was a heartbreaking weekend for American top team in general, just, and I think actually a couple of weeks, you know, if you start off with the Kyoji loss and then you, you go into the, the UFC fights, um, it was a really tough skid there for us. And for me, I mean, I was definitely shocked. I was, there are videos of me like screaming and stuff, and I need to be more careful about what I, what, how I show my emotions in the future, but I, you know, this is that. This is why we have fights. This is the the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. This is the highs and the lows. And um, this sport is unforgiving. And winning is unforgiving. It doesn't care if you show up, and it doesn't care if you work the hardest, and it doesn't care if you're the most confident, and it doesn't care if you're the most talented. Sometimes it's just not your night. Um, so you got to do everything in your power to to prepare and handle all the business that you can handle, so that you have the best chances on that night. But Sometimes shit happens. So I was heartbroken for Amanda, obviously. Congrats to Juliana. It's a, she had a great game plan and executed very well. But uh, it was just, it was just, it was a heartbreaker. I'm still emotionally hungover, I think, from the weekend, just like Dustin, all of them. Yeah. It was brutal. I think a lot of people yeah. are, and obviously it's a, it's a lot more sensitive for you and the team, um, especially considering how beloved uh, Kyoji Horiguchi is. Wow, that was loud. What was that? A notification? What was that? I mean, I, yeah, I, don't I almost know went to... deaf okay. there. Jeez, for a second. I'm trying to turn it piercing off. Piercing my, my eardrums. Um, I'm getting those offers. Those offers are coming no, in. Right now. Is it Eagle FC? Is it Eagle? I mean, it seems like everyone's going to Eagle FC now. Are you going there? I saw that. I saw their press conference today. They got all kinds of hot commodities over there as well. Kevin Lee and yeah. Rashad and Tyrone and all kinds of studs. They're going to make a play for you. Um, I don't, I don't think so. I might be out of their budget. Right. Also, it doesn't seem like women are part of the plans, at least off the bat. Well, I mean, if anyone can change their mind, it's me, but I'm not, I'm not in the business of making people like me. I'm just going to go out there and do my thing and Eventually, they'll catch on. Listen, we'll, we'll get to all that in a second, but I do want to mention you were so confident in your training partner's skills and in her winning the fight that uh, you made a deal with Bilal Muhammad uh, where yeah. if Amanda loses, you had to uh, do karaoke uh, of the song of his choice. If not, he had to wear the outfit of your choice to a fight. Now, I wanted to tell you, bad deal on your part from the get-go because he can't wear whatever he wants. So the, the deal would have been no, nullified. No, I meant like, I meant like in attendance to a fight. Oh, like I meant, I like, okay. he's going to be in the crowd. I'm going to make him wear like some lingerie or something. I don't know. I didn't know where I was going to go with it. I yeah. had, I had all kinds of I ideas. I thought it was like walking out to the fight, which obviously would have no, been. No, 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 no. I understand the, you know, UFC monopoly. Of... Oh my. I understand. I love it. I love I it. Uh, <laughs> in the end you lost. So uh, when are you going to be doing this? fights this week. Right. So I, I haven't been bothering him. I've, obviously I don't, I don't like to have, I'm debt free. I consider myself debt free. So I want to get that off my shoulder as quick as possible. Uh, he hasn't contacted me. I've been letting him do his thing, but I'm sure that by everyone will have a great Christmas present with my wonderful vocals. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no song choice yet. Right. He took a poll. I think Island Boy won. So I don't know if that's what he's uh, going to choose. Island Boy's old. Listen, if Island Boy wins, does that mean if I sing it, do I get to come on your wall? Uh, mm, No, I want nothing to do wow. with this guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We got to do something else. All right. Virna's on the spot over there. She's got her spot immortalized. But I mean, you have done enough. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. You just coming on the show repeatedly is, uh, <laughs> I mean, worthy oh, of getting on the wall. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, okay. 
have we made a decision? Let's get right to it. Enough dilly dallying. Have we made? Nope. A, no, okay, we haven't made a decision. I wanted to get that out of the air, uh, off off the table. Um, what has changed with the UFC? Two weeks ago, Dana White's doing interviews saying, "Ah, oh, you know, not that interested." And now, all of a sudden, multi million dollar fight, biggest fight in women's MMA history. What has changed? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How did we go from um, not interested to almost diminishing you to biggest fight ever? I mean, I, I had a meeting, so I think that maybe, um, you know, it's one thing to see me on TV. It's one thing to, to hear me talk in interviews and be all around, la, 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 la. But when you sit down at a table with me and, and break bread and I tell you what my intentions are and you look in my eye, I think that things become a little more clear. You know, no one, I guess no one sells Kayla better than Kayla. So, and he's a very smart businessman. He, he's been doing this for a lot longer than I have. He knows sport. He, he created the sport. So he must have a reason for saying everything he says, and I'm not going to question it and I'm not going to talk shit about it or, you know, go back and forth on it. I, I told you I have a job to do. My job is to prove to everyone that I'm the best in the world. And um, that includes him. He's, he's just, he's another human. Obviously he writes the checks at the UFC. So he, he probably has a little more importance than the average fan, but my job is just to go out there and, and smash faces. That's it. I appreciate that there's this uh, mutual admiration society going. He did not create the sport. Obviously, they bought the UFC in yeah. 2000. I mean, I mean, okay, right. Just saying. Right. I mean, let's let's be factually right. correct here. Sorry. Right. Um, right. Now, what is your relationship like with Dana? Non-existent. Oh, nothing. Because you did hint at like a weird meeting. You said. I did. Oh, I mean, I've met him. Yeah. Yeah, I met him years ago in Boston. The UFC had an event there. Um, one of my friends owns a bunch of restaurants and nightclubs and things there. And, and Dana went to his restaurant and Randy, who I love to death, like had me come in with the person I was with at the time and the restaurant was closed. Dana was sitting at dinner with, you know, 15 people and Randy like introduced me to him and said, she's going to fight for you one day. You don't have no idea. She's the best in the world. Rhonda's not nothing, blah, blah, blah. And like, it was the most awkward. And then I walked around the table and shook everybody's oh hand. It was the most awkward <laughs> five minutes of my life. But the past is the past. We're moving on. Okay. Have they made an official offer to you? Um, I, I mean, they've talked. They've talked. Okay. I, I think things, things are moving and changing and progressing and flowing. So who knows what's going to happen. Do you think Amanda's loss diminishes their interest in you? No. Why? <laughs> because, listen, I... Fighting Amanda obviously is like a... It was something I wanted... I it's such a weird thing. Like I don't want to fight her, but I want to fight her. You know, it's like this weird, I'm in a position where I want to be the best. She's the best. It's not personal. It's just business. But I also love Amanda. And I think she's a great person. I think she's a great mom, great champion. I have nothing but good things to say about her. So it's like, do am I going to come out and say like, mm, I want to fight Amanda. So my goal of being the best includes people like Amanda includes people like cyborg, you know, includes the top fighters in the world. But I do believe that given enough time and given enough space to run free, um, I can, I can accomplish it, you know, 
with or without them. I think that it's ideal for the best fighters to fight in the prime of their career against each other. That's what everyone wants to see. So I'm here for it, but you know, me going to the UFC or not going to the UFC or going to PFL or going to Bellator, I mean, staying in PFL or going to Bellator, you know, those, those things are personal. Those things are my decision. And and on my career, it has nothing to do with Amanda. It has nothing to do with cyborg. It's about what I think is going to be best for me, my family and my legacy, what I want to achieve in this sport and in this world. So I don't think it, I don't think that her losing affects that. I don't think that, I think that I'm going to shine no matter where I go, no matter what I do. I believe in myself that much. And by the way, just to be clear, I agree with everything you're saying. I wasn't asking about your interest. I was asking about their interest because what he was saying. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I got uh, from the conversations had afterwards. I think that the, everything still stands the way it is. How many, in fact, maybe more. Interesting. Okay. How many organizations are in the mix right now? Oh, I mean, everyone, everyone. You know, I, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. Like no, WWE no, listen. And I got a, I got a, I got a boxing offer. I love it. Water money. <laughs> From who? Box. Uh, what's that? What's that freak show? Triller? Trill. Jeez. Why do you got to call him a freak show? They're offering you a boxing offer. Presumably yeah, no, people. sorry. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. Come on, to Kayla. Jeez. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. It's a lot to... of money. I couldn't believe it. It was crazy. Yeah. Okay. So um, is, has Bellator okay. made an offer? I don't know if they've made an offer yet or not. I haven't talked to Ali about that. You've, you've met with Coker. I didn't meet. I met him. I didn't meet with him. I didn't sit down and, and, okay. and talk to him. Uh, you obviously have, I, I presume, something from PFL, right? I mean, they're the, they have to be the front runner because they were, you know, the ones I, that you were. Uh, good yes. offer. Great offer. Are they atop the leaderboard right now? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a loyal person. I have nothing but love for the PFL. They've been good to me. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say, yeah, they're the top of the leaderboard. You, I have, yeah. Okay, let's rank them. We got PFL 1. <laughs> we got UFC 2. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't, I don't know what Bellator has offered. Okay. Um, do you have a deadline? No. I mean, I wish I did. That would be nice. Well, you can impose the deadline. All offers by December 20th. No, that's a real thing. No, no that's a real um, thing. Final offer. And listen, I don't know if you know this, Kayla, but I just went through a little free agency period myself. All right. And you did. Uh, I, I said, you came out on top. we came out on top. Yes. We, the collective, we, and there was a sort of deadline where I, you know, I wanted to know, you know, so I actually don't think yeah. that's a crazy request. You're right. You're right. I mean, I just, I guess I'm a little, I'm still a little too nice. Like I want to give, I want to be, I want to make the right decision. I want to take my time. I want to make sure I do everything properly. There other, you know, there's a lot going on with everyone else. So I'm, I'm trying to just be patient, but we'll see. I mean, I know that PFL's got stuff going on. I know that. Bellator's got, you know, I don't know what Bellator's doing, actually. I know Ali's got stuff going on. So I'm just trying to be respectful of everyone in their time. And- Kayla, what is this? I mean, when Le- when LeBron James was a free agent, he freaking sat in a room in Cleveland and every organization <laughs> took a private plane and met with him for three days. And then he decided that he was going to go to the Miami Heat. I'm talking about in, in July of 2010. 
you're the most sought after free agent in recent MMA history. You are someone that organizations are built on. You are the face of a current organization and you're a future champion in other organizations. What the hell are you talking about? These people should be giving you an offer by Friday, 1 p.m. <laughs> you should take the holidays to decide the offer. If you want to meet with me, I'll look over the contracts. I'll do what I have to do. In any event, you need to decide by January where you're fighting. Enough of this dilly-dallying. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean... All right. Jeez. I'm not. <laughs> Thanks for gassing me up. Let's go. You're right. Yeah, let's go. Let's fucking go. Come it's on. It's Wednesday. Now. What's taking it's so long? Wednesday. What we is taking? By the way, we don't need you the. Also, this is the truth. Okay. This is the truth. Tell I'm, me. <clears throat> I'm not in a huge rush right now because like mom life and training and trying to figure out. All right. Has got me. Has got me. Uh, you see these circles? Okay. I you see this? You. Yeah. You see this? Like wrapping presents until one o'clock in the morning every night, you know. Put, have you ever have you ever hung lights by yourself and almost died? Have you ever put no, up? I'm a, Jewish. You know, actually, thanks for noticing. Oh yeah. yeah well, no, no tree. No, no. But you don't hang up. You don't hang up lights no. for Hanukkah or anything like no, no, that's we not don't a do thing. that. We light candles. You don't that's it. That's all you people? have. You don't have any Jewish friends. Yeah, you. Did that? <laughs> uh, no, we don't do any of that. Anyway, mom life is, I got a Christmas party. I'm running Teen Captain. I've been going to Vegas. Been doing all these meetings. I've been running around with my head chopped off. So. I'm chilling. I'm good. <clears throat> but everyone get your get your offers in by Friday. Friday, 5 1 p.m. Eastern. End of business. End of business. Let's yeah. go. We don't need the, by the way, we don't need the full contract. We just need to know the numbers. All right? Yeah, give me the numbers. Okay. Send it yeah. to Ariel Hawani at voxmedia.com. <laughs> now, um, Kayla, they're putting you on the broadcast. They don't put anyone on the broadcast, right? That feels like a thing. Okay. No? Are you surprised? Listen. <clears throat> You, you and my manager are known to beef. I will tell you this. We have a lot at more in common, dinner, right? Than people think. At, at, yes. At that <laughs> dinner, he did the one thing, the best thing he could do. He let me talk. Uh, so maybe they're just wowed by me. Maybe I just have that wow factor. As they should. As they should be. But <laughs> as you know, they don't put non-UFC fighters on camera. And they don't put free agents that. that they're not going to sign. Of course. And now they put you on twice. Didn't they put you in New York as well? It did not put me on in New York. You were kind of in the background. Sure, yeah. yeah but I, this, I didn't watch it. I was there. Yeah, I know. But this time you were like featured. You're doing the flexing. That made me feel like something was happening. In fact, some people thought you were going to go in the cage after the Amanda fight, but there's no I deal. know. Everyone was like freaking out about that, yeah. like a Brock Lesnar thing. And that was not the case. There was nothing planned, just so everyone is clear that nothing was planned. That was not the case. I was just there to enjoy the fights, um, cheer on my teammates. But yeah, obviously, I, I think that, I don't know, people are interested. I did my job. I did my job. You, I, I, I went job. out, I dominated, I, I believed in myself. Now I'm testing free agency and it's paying off. So it's a good, I, my life, I have first world problems. Is, is the weight an issue? No. So you, you would be comfortable fighting consistently at 145? I mean, not four times a year, but... Two, three. I believe I can. Yeah, I, I know that I can make 145. If you fight with suck. PFL, if you sign with PFL, will it be at 155 again? Yes. Hmm. Don't love it, if I'm being honest. Um, well, have you ever made 145 pounds no. four times in five and a half months? Have no. you ever put your body through that? No, no. I just, there's like, there's no okay. competition there. See, here's what I think you're debating. Security, a big bag, as the kids like to say, and competition and legacy. Correct. You're not wrong. How close is the UFC deal to the PFL deal? We'll see. Oh, you don't know yet? 
it's evolving. Oh, I love this. This is great. Uh, I actually feel the more I think about it now that Amanda lost, they're like, okay, we need a new face, you know, for that 145. We need a, we need a new person to hang our hat on. So this, while the super fight, and by the way, she wins that next fight, all of a sudden people, it's like when Anthony Joshua lost Andy Ruiz, you know, people are like, oh, the Fury fight's dead. And then he wins the next fight and everyone wants to see it again. So it's not that big a deal. But what about Juliana saying that you're a B-League fighter? What did she say to MMA Junkie? You fight (laughs) B-Leagues? What about that? Yeah. Some shade. I'm the lesser training partner and I'm a B-League fighter. Yada, yada, yada. I don't know. Were you offended by uh, that? I think she should be careful. I think she needs to be careful what she says and who she says says it to because this isn't like a I'm not Conor McGregor. I don't talk shit just to talk shit. I don't I have a lot of respect for her. I think that she's a good fighter. Um, but this isn't this isn't a joke and you should be careful because I don't I don't play those games. So we're not we're not like uh I'm not a B League fighter. I'm gonna be the best in the world. And if you think that's different, then step in a cage with me and find out. Is WWE in the mix? No, right? My God. No. Like, they're they're a player, but we're not seriously considering them, right? You want to fight. I want to be the best MMA fighter in the world. Yeah. And I can't make a WWE, you know, deal without my manager, Ariel Hawani. That's right. Obviously. Well, I was getting kind of nervous. Well, let's be honest. Lambert's an AEW guy, so he's not going to look out for your best interests. I'm down the middle. I'm actually the only real friend you have in this business, if I'm being honest. The only one who's actually looking out for you. Let's, I mean, you're going to I'm get, not sure I have any friends in this business. Listen, I am that you're going to get an Eagle FC contract in like 10 minutes. Be like, oh, this is a great deal. Sign here. Uh, <laughs> um, so right now, is there any like, you know, out of left field, someone are not considering, is there like a one championship in play, someone overseas, or is it really the usual? I told you that trailer, those trailer people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd not like seriously... I mean, I was like, for that amount of money, I'll, of course. I'll box. Yeah. Here, you know, what they were offering. Um, but Big Jim, you know, he was like, <laughs> shut up. Like, he basically was just like, no. So um, there's no, I mean, you know what the deal is. We're yeah. going to, are we going to talk about this the whole time? No. We'll actually have to wrap up because you have to go pick up your kids, right? Pretty soon. Yeah. See, I'm a man of my word. Um, so the the point is, uh, you're still fielding. You're still deciding. Would it be fair to say your heart is leaning in a certain direction at the moment? Just at the moment. Not saying final decision, but you're not leaning in any sort of direction. I mean, we had we had tried to get a, a deal finalized with PFL before the finals in oh. October. So, um, what happened? You know, that didn't play out. I think just a couple of contractual snags. Um, so... Like I said, I'm, I'm a loyal, loyal girl. I, I believe in the PFL. I believe in the format. I believe in the putting the fighter's destiny in their hands. But I don't know. There, it's like there's like a lot of new shiny yeah. like hotties on the block that are bringing me roses. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a great weird spot, spot to be in. No, it's, a, it's not a weird it's, spot. Yeah, it's, it's a great spot. It's great. It's great. I just I prefer to I just want to fight. I just want to, you know, I, I do feel like I'm. I will say after this past weekend, you know, we talk a lot about um, people in the sport, talk a lot about star power and uh, fame and all these things. And I feel like I've been pretty under the radar for quite a while. You know, I've kept my head down. I've done the work. I've, I've showed up, I fought, I've 
done a good job. Um, but for whatever reason, now people are starting to take notice and it's starting to catch fire a little bit, Mm -hmm. maybe right at the perfect time, you know, maybe, maybe right at the perfect time. So I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I, I will say I'm blessed and I'm, I'm proud of the work that I've done, my body of work. And I'm excited for what the future holds, wherever that may be, what, wherever I go, you, I can promise you that the best, best Kayla is yet to come. You know, there's, I'm in the gym training every day. There's nothing's changed. There's no stopping me. And I'm excited. It's going to be good. It's one of the stories to watch in 2022. Um, hopefully we get a resolution for your own sake. So you can know where you're going to be. Uh, the PFL season starts. They've got a lot going on with a potential new TV deal in the works and all this type of stuff. They can't afford to lose you in my opinion. So I think they're going to try to break the bank to try and keep you. So you got a tough decision to make, but it's a good tough decision. Uh, if you yeah. need any help, let me know. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I just wanted to, you know, take the temperature after this weekend, see where your head is at, your mind is at, your heart is at. And uh, I hope that you make the best decision for you and your family. And also, uh, I hope that you get paid truckloads of money because you deserve it. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate that. It's, um, I talk about this a lot in interviews, but it's a long time coming. You know, when you're an Olympic athlete, you don't do it for money. You don't do it for fame. You don't, you know, I got a $25,000 check and a pat on the back and I was 16 and broke and I was 12 years old, waking up at 5 a.m. to go run before school and um, going to wrestling practice after school, then doing my homework in the car while I'm on my way to judo practice and falling asleep in the car on the way home. I was so exhausted and um, I bet on myself and I believed in myself and I believed that someday I would make it. And and I do feel like I'm I'm close now to, to hitting that. And, and really just I feel super blessed to have I have wealth beyond measure, you know, not just the financial peace and the financial abundance that hopefully is coming my way, but the the life that I live, if you had told me at 16, Kayla, you're going to be, you know, MMA's hottest free agent and you're going to be undefeated and you're going to get to wake up every day and do what you love with people you enjoy doing it with. And you're going to have two beautiful kids and you're going to live in sunny South Florida and you're going to, you're going to be this, your life is going to get so much better and so much bigger than you ever dreamed. If you had told me this at 16, I would never have, I wouldn't even have been able to, to visualize it. That's how crazy my life is now. That's how blessed my life is now. So, um, I'm honored and I'm humbled and I'm excited for even bigger blessings to come my way. Very well put. Uh, you can go pick up your kids now. Thank you so much for doing this, Kayla. Appreciate you very much. Good luck. And Thank uh, you. keep me posted, all right? Friday, 1 p.m. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> Thank you. Hanukkah. Uh, it passed. Thanks a lot, Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. God bless. There she is, Kayla Harrison, the most sought-after free agent in MMA. Where will she land up, uh, you know? Do you know support for the MMA Hour comes from uh, Factor? Tell me more. Uh, I mean, even with our best intentions, you know, it takes time. You got to find time to cook, you know, is it going to be nutritious? Is it going to be delicious? Is it just going to be plain? You get all that with Factor. I mean, that time and effort that I mentioned, we don't always have it. But Factor's ready-to-eat meals. They can make the whole thing easy by delivering pre-prepared, chef-crafted, mm. dietitian approved meals straight to your door. I mean, dinner's here. Thanks, Factor. Appreciate that. Uh, and they cater to all kind of diets, too. I know you you like to keep a strict diet. You like to keep lean. I know, Frankie, you're trying out a new diet back there as well. Keto, vegan. Even if you're just trying to keep track of your chick. Uh, 
What are we keeping track of? Take care of your what? Keep track of your calories. I got tripped up there. I'm sorry, everybody. Factor has over 35 different options a week to choose from based on your needs. Plus, the mirrors are ready to go in just two minutes. Oh, wow. Two minutes, man. I can't. What can you even do in two minutes these days? I mean, it's like, what's a dollar worth? What can you do in two minutes? Uh, So you don't need to worry about cooking. That was a good one, Frankie. Good one. Uh, And you know what? fact they let me try out some of their meals oh yeah yeah they sent them to ariel for free i had to pay for them but I'm, you know it is what it is kind <laughs> of hierarchy right tough uh tried the indian butter chicken phenomenal ready in two minutes flat tasted authentic it was great i had the creamy parmesan chicken as well uh tried their pork creamy tomato pork chop as well uh you know a lot of creamy stuff big 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 on that herb crusted chicken's good uh the shard charred corn and shredded chicken as well did you share any with frank no, 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 no. I was going to have a Super Bowl. I mean, we were going to have a factor party at the Super Bowl, but Frankie, uh, Frankie wasn't there. Um, and I mean, all those meals that I just mentioned that are just absolutely delicious. Uh, in addition to those ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices. Love a good cold-pressed juice. Maybe some ginger in there. They got smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggies on Let's the go. side. Frankie's a big veggie guy and more. So what I want you to do... You head over to factormeals.com slash MMA hour 50. You go ahead and use that code I just mentioned. MMA hour 50. You're going to get 50% off. Uh, I didn't even get that code. I paid full price. Ariel got them for free. You guys get them for 50% off. And I'm over here paying Odd man price. out. I mean, uh, it's, it is what it is. That's code MMA hour 50 at factormeals.com slash MMA hour 50. Get that 50% off. Delicious meals. Maybe some uh, roasted garlic butter salmon. How's that sound to you? Sounds I'm in. Good. To me, shout out to Factor. Thank you to our friends over there. A uh, a beautiful sponsor for this program. Keep the lights on on days that Helwani's not here. No Factor. We're uh... where will she land? Where will she end up? I should say uh, there is a lot, a lot of interest in her. Of course, the UFC coming strong now. And you know, maybe we didn't get all the answers that we were looking for, but I didn't think that we were getting them in this particular interview, but I wanted to take the temperature after the Amanda Nunes loss, wanted to take the temperature after the meetings with the UFC, obviously Bellator interested. I think her versus uh, Cyborg would be a very interesting fight. I would argue that the Bellator 145-pound division is uh, the best out there. Obviously, Bellator and the UFC don't have a 155-pound division. PFL has that, and that's obviously something that is important to her. I will also say that it has been a while since it feels like all three of the top organizations in North America are vying for the same person. You know, we've had some situations, like very recently, uh, Kevin Lee, free agent, and uh, we just found out today officially that he has signed with Eagle FC, uh, the promotion founded by the great Khabib Nurmagomedov. He's going to make his debut March 11th at 165 pounds. They're going to start a 165 and 175 pound uh, division. So it'll be 135, 45, 55, 65, 75, 85, 205. No 125 or women's as of now. They're going to be doing around eight to 10 events in Miami next year. So I don't think Bellator was interested. They said that. Uh, UFC obviously released it. It's been a while since you've had the three top organizations vying for the same person. Can't wait to see how this all plays out. Now, uh, one of the great stories from this past weekend, UFC 269 in Las Vegas, was the return of Ryan Hall. Always enjoy watching Ryan compete. He had a big win over Derek Miner and, excuse me, Minner. Uh, Derek Minner, a very, very impressive uh, decision victory for one Ryan Hall. He's kind enough to join us right now via the magic of Zoom. There he is, Ryan. How are you? 
Hey, Earl, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. It's good to talk. You don't have to put the thing uh, to your mouth. Don't worry. We hear you. Uh, yeah, no, we hear you just uh, just perfectly. Um, congrats on the win. I don't know how technology works. No, this is great. This is great. It's always great to talk to you. And I love watching you fight, Ryan. I really, really do. I have great appreciation for your skill and uh, just for, for your style of fighting. And I think the appreciation for your skill and for your style of fighting has grown, the appreciation in the MMA community. And I thought it was on display on Saturday. Do, you know, we've talked in the past about people maybe not appreciating your style. Have you started to feel like more and more people are starting to appreciate you? Because that's the sense that I'm getting. Um, yeah, I mean, on, honestly, it's the sort of thing I don't. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on the internet much. But it's the. Uh, I, I definitely <laughs> I didn't get any hate mail for this fight, which I appreciated. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, let's see. Or if I did get it, I didn't see it yet. But uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, it seems like people are, are kind of enjoying something a little bit different. And I, you know, as always, um, you know, I'm appreciative of that. It's nice. But uh, I'm going to do what I do regardless. And uh, if people enjoy it, I'm, I am glad to hear that, though. Were you happy with your performance on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, I, I was happy. Obviously, there's a lot of a lot of room for growth and a lot of things that I need to be continuing to improve and work on, which is what I'm doing, you know, uh, with my uh, with my coaches and with my training partners, really working to uh, to close the gaps that we need to close in order to be able to not just potentially not just beat anyone, but be <laughs> make sure that the, the we don't have our own significant liabilities. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was really happy to be back. I, I went through a lot just to get into the ring in July and then went through a lot again to get back and be prepared and make the changes that I need to make to be in. Uh, this past weekend, and uh, it was really a pleasure to be back, yes. Um, speaking of July, what did you go through to get there? Oh, man, well, the two years off uh, was was a tough one. I had three fights fall through. You know, you ramp up, you know, physically, you ramp up mentally, and then, you know, two of them fell through right at the last second, which was really frustrating. And then the uh, DNA gay fight was uh, my finally my top 10 ranked opponent fight that I worked very hard to get to. And then, uh, you know, I had the worst, I hadn't been injured in training in, in years. And I, you know, tore my hip flexor halfway off the bone sparring, oh. you know, it was, uh, that was a uh, pretty bad luck. It was, you know, it could happen. It was just an accident in training, but, uh, I had two, I had two surgeries in the middle of the last fight camp. You know, I was feeling pretty rough physically. Things weren't doing great. Um, I was just honestly just happy to make it to the ring. And then of course, you know, I break my hand on my first punch thrown and I'm head butted right in the face, which I didn't even realize at the time. I got a heck of a picture of it. But um, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the best performance I've ever had by any stretch of the imagination. But it was still a fight that I was overall winning at the time that I lost it, and it wasn't it wasn't a pretty win, but it was a fight that I was ahead in because it wasn't really able to hit me. And uh, anyway, long and short of it though was it definitely demonstrated that there were tactical and technical issues, and that also you know um, I needed to have enough of a failure tolerance, you know, inside of the fight so that if I end up getting hurt and I was hurt, you know, here and hurt here. Uh, simultaneously, I have to be able to make uh, the adequate adjustments to not have to start to play a really high volatility strategy, which is what eventually ended up running me into uh, the trouble at the end. So, uh, you know, a lot of lessons learned, but I was just very, very happy to overcome all of that, work hard, make the adjustments that needed training-wise and, and uh, you know, and structure, and come back and, uh, you know, was able to put on a good performance and fight my best or fight, you know, better on uh, on Saturday. The, the loss in July, your first stoppage loss of your career, how did you handle it? I hate losing. Um, but, uh, you know, if that's the worst that can happen that, uh, then, then it's not, it's not that big a deal. That being said, you know, fighting is a serious sport and it's the sort of thing, you know, you end up with a concussion. It was, it was frustrating because, um, you know, uh, getting punched in the face by a walking can of Axe body spray, uh, you know, didn't make me, <laughs> didn't make me love what was going on. But um, anyway, uh, what are you was, what, wait, what's the body spray line? I don't understand what you're oh saying. Oh my, oh my God! When we went to Wayne's, I was like, Jesus! I'm in like a you know 
I can barely breathe. And I'm, what is that? I'm like, oh, of course. <laughs> Never mind. It was uh, Mr. Tapori is a big fan of cologne. Oh, my gosh. Fan of cologne. Yeah. For, anyway. For the weigh-in um, or the t- fight? I don't remember that part of the fight, so I'll say the weigh-in. Okay. But uh, definitely the weigh-in. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's um, amazing. But it was, it was a frustrating one. It was one where, I, you know, you make a bad decision, you know, and then you pay for it. But um, I was happy prior to that that you know even in spite of the uh, you know in spite of the not well not great setup to the uh, what, we, what we were doing he still was really unable to get anything done. But uh, it was at the cost of me being unable to get anything done as well or anything that I really wanted to. And uh, I would say that that showed that laid bare a lot of issues that I was having. And I think part of the problem with what we're doing is I'm trying to build something that's never been built before and do something that's never been done before. Not entirely, obviously. And I borrowed many, many things and continue to borrow many things from the many great athletes known and unknown, you know, in mixed martial arts and in these in the root sports. But, um, you know, sometimes you're getting out there and you're, you're, you know, you're letting something fly and you really don't know. It's never been tested the, the way that you're testing it in the ring. And uh, I think that that has some great strengths, but it has some pretty significant weaknesses. And a good friend of mine, a guy named Josh Kress said one time, um, and this really resonated was, you know, you have a very, very strong asset of being esoteric. But sometimes esoteric, new esoteric ideas have new and esoteric problems that you're not going to be aware of. And then on top of that, um, if you're not as familiar, if people aren't familiar with you, that's one thing. But if you're not familiar with the fundamental things that they're doing, then they're just as esoteric to you as you are to them. And uh, that made me sit down and reevaluate my entire life, if I'm honest. And uh, anyway, long and short of it was, uh, you know, that it caused, I think when you win, obviously you, you learn lessons and there's things there to take away. But when you lose, there's the lessons are there, but you also get smacked in the face with, uh, you know, a dose of reality that's hard to ignore. And I started with, I think everything that I'm doing is wrong. Maybe, maybe all of my approach that I've been taking so far has been backwards. It's been flawed. It's been seriously flawed in a, in a really fundamental way. And, uh, maybe I need to reevaluate and reassess everything if I want to be able to go forward. And, uh, that was a necessary, it's not, I won't call it fun, but that was a necessary process that I'm continuing to be involved in. But it was able to, uh, you know, to engage some fantastic assistants like Darren Winayama, uh, Greg Jackson, obviously one of the most brilliant coaches in mixed martial arts history. And, uh, you know, both of these guys, in addition to my to my existing coaching friends, um, training partners have been able to really, really help me make a difference and check my thinking and check my training and making sure that uh, that that we're doing that what we're seeing in practice is what is real, that we're not getting false positives, false negatives. Because uh, I do need to be able to solve many of the things that I'm doing outside of the ring if I want to be able to be safe inside of it. Because again, these are not everything that we're doing is a. I would say it's not as it's not as common at the high level. Man, this is fascinating stuff. I appreciate you getting you know very deep with us here. I appreciate the uh, the candor very much. By the way, when you say you're trying to do something that's never been done before, what are you referring to? Well, maybe never been done. I don't mean to oversell it. I'm, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to say I'm you know out here you know you know reinventing martial arts by any stretch of the imagination. But um, I would say that you know we have there's techniques, there's tactics, there's approaches that are um, you know you'll see little bits here and there. Obviously, you know there's no question that I borrowed you know some some great ideas from uh, Masakazu Minari and people like him. You know there was some really fantastic things being done in uh, you know combat wrestling in, in Japan in the 90s and elsewhere and things that I'm completely unaware of as well. Um, I'm sure that have influenced me and other people around me that, uh, that that are in the background program. I just can't really put my finger on where I saw it or how I saw it. And I might even think I came up with it on my own when the reality is I probably didn't. But uh, when it comes to, you know, the combination of striking, wrestling, jujitsu and the way that we're doing it, I, I think we are attempting to rewrite a new script a little bit here. And, um, you know, for all of the good and also the, the danger of that. 
And uh, I think that that's something that maybe hopefully resonates with other people. If that's, if that does, that's neat. You know, I mean, ultimately I'm here because I enjoy the challenge. I love the, the danger. I love how real mixed martial arts is. I love that when, when I'm wrong and I'm really wrong, what happens in July is what needed to happen. Uh, I don't, I don't love the outcome, but at the same time, I do love the outcome. Um, I, I think that that's one of the things that uh, can happen to any of us is, you know, most, most of us get out of situations where we're forced to grow very early in our life. Um, you know, school, you know, early work, let's say, and it's easy to hide. It's easy to go. Yeah. Yeah. My ideas are pretty good. Or I'm surrounded by people that I have more experience than, or people that are maybe less likely to, you know, to walk up and tell me that I'm doing something wrong. Well, my favorite thing about being in the UFC is that you're constantly surrounded by people that will not only walk up and tell you you're doing something wrong, they will, they will demonstrate to you, you know, if something's not right. And even something else to consider sometimes is the, uh, the math on it, you know, these are one-off instances. These do not, excuse me, seven game series. So even if you have a good idea, let's say a 70 percenter, I mean, that's fantastic, but uh 70% on fight night isn't great, man. That means 30% of the time you crash and burn. So that's something that I'm always very, very interested in, you know, the Magomedovs, the, you know, the great fighters, Dominic Cruz put on an amazing display again this past week, obviously grit and toughness because is a critical component because anyone can get hit. Anyone can, that's the beauty of fighting is it can be going fantastically and it can take a hard left turn and go sideways just because of one shot. And then you find yourself in a, in a scrap. And that was something that we saw, you know, a great fight from Dom and Pedro Munoz this weekend, but I'm a uh, very, very interested in like a Floyd Mayweather's world, the people who are able to take the chaos and make it clinical mm. and, um, you know, kind of master the, the volatility of, uh, of an otherwise very, very volatile game. So that's kind of what we're shooting for. And, uh, I guess that's, that's, that's what Greg, myself, Darren training partners, Adam Benningham, that's, uh, you know, that's what we're trying to come together with. And, Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but we're committed to the uh, to the journey. By the way, um, obviously I noticed that Greg was uh, in your corner this past Saturday. Was this your first full training camp with him, or did you do the last one as well with him? Uh, no, this is my first full training camp with Greg and uh, an experience. I really, really feel thankful to have his help and his guidance. He's a, a fantastic coach, obviously, but uh, you know, a good friend at this point and, and someone very, very interesting. I think um, you know, it's it's not just there's so many different things that any of us need and, you know, in martial arts or in life to be successful. And sometimes I think of, uh, when I've made mistakes, I've, I, I don't need clones of me. <laughs> God, no, um, uh, horrible, but, um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, if you need different people to do different things, to have different perspectives. And, uh, I think that that was something that I, I kind of lucked into honestly, after the, uh, the outcome of the last fight, but the, the reflection forced the, you know, the negative outcome forced a great deal of reflection. And, and it was, it wasn't, it was not an option to do something other than um, to to find people who can, you know, fill in the gaps, help me figure out what I'm doing wrong. Tell me what they think I'm doing right, but have not only the intellectual quality, the experience, but also the strength, the character to walk up to you and go, dude, you're wrong. This, I don't agree with this. And then I'll argue with them and then we can sort it out and we can get to the bottom of it, but everything has to be tested. You know, we're looking for the, the Mazer Rackham character that can, <laughs> you know, can, that can beat you at your own game. And, uh, that, uh, that, that's something that I think Greg and then Darren as well have been, uh, have been incredibly valuable for. I bet the conversations between you and Greg are absolutely fascinating. I would love to hear those. Um, you posted on Instagram when you posted like your, your coach's winning photo with Greg in it as well. Uh, Darren too, uh, you wrote, um, this was the caption. All that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. Why that quote? Um, well, I, I think it's accurate. Uh, one, one, I'm a giant Lord of the Rings fan. <laughs> okay. Is that, um, a, is that a Lord of the Rings quote? 
Yeah, that's the Lord of the Rings quote. It's okay. uh, it's about Aragorn, um, the who goes on to become king. But anyway, it's uh, anyway, I, all that is gold doesn't glitter. I'll look at you know, I mean, the times that I've lost. You know, I lost a close fight on Ultimate Fighter um, for I think similar reasons that I lost in uh, <clears throat> in July. Um, it was almost to the day, actually, which is hilarious. And so was uh, so was the the return fight almost to the day, right. oddly enough. But, um, you know, I guess I would say that that was gold. That was uh, what I needed. That was something very, very, very important. I need more experience. I need more information. I need more challenges. Uh, I've been I've had the opportunity to learn and grow a lot and I continue to. But I haven't had that many fights in the UFC. So this is my sixth i guess and then i had the three on ultimate fighter so that's that's not not none but it's not a ton either and i think one of the things that uh, has been a bit of a challenge for me personally is that i've fought at the uh edge of my abilities against a lot of my opponents i've never had a, a an also ran or a random opponent in the ufc and my first fight was autumn lobov who people make fun of but he's actually he's a he's a tough guy and particularly for me at that time mm-hmm. posed a significant danger then my next fight was gray maynard who you know who's two-time title challenger bigger guy excellent wrestler power you know a lot more experience than i was than i had and then okay then we have some time off and then i fight bj penn and bj is obviously a legend of the sport and he's he was at the tail end of his career but i had to go up and wait to face him and then he uh, and he also had maybe 30 fights to my six at the time mm-hmm. so uh then we fight darren elkins and darren's a great tough fighter very very tough guys we're seeing you know came back against minner he's he's a tough out against anybody he had over 30 fights to my seven at the time and anyway uh I guess what I would say is now making sure that I, I need these these losses, I need these experiences, I have to grow and I have to get the time in the ring because even though I've had time in mixed martial arts because of circumstance and it's been it's been frustrating and it gets to the next point of not everyone who wanders is lost. I don't think that I'm lost, but I have wandered in mixed martial arts. It has been challenging. And uh, you know, sometimes the most important experiences to the first part of the quote are the ones that that smack you in the face. And I think that, that was gold, but I'll tell you what, it didn't glitter. It, it, the only thing that glittered was why I could, why the lights were so bright for a couple of weeks because of a concussion, wow. you know, but it reminds you about how serious things are. It's not a game. It's not, it's, you can play, but be careful. And that's something I, I very calm in the ring. I love, I like fighting. I enjoy competing. Um, I like, I like the danger of it. I like the challenge of it. I don't just like winning. Everyone likes winning. I like to fight, but it is a, uh, it's not a game of baseball. You know, the, the person, the purpose is to hurt the person and their job is to hurt you too. And that's to be respected. And, uh, so I guess I would say, you know, I've been all over the place. I've been around in, in martial arts for a long period of time. I've been around the world, learned from many people, um, won a lot, lost some, um, done a lot of reflection. And I think that I'm finally starting to find where I need to be, um, in order to push towards the, the direction that needs to go. I'm committed to being here at the Miss Martial Arts game. I didn't know how long I was going to be around for a while, to be honest. I was kind of in and out. I had one foot in, one foot out. I was doing other things. That's not the case anymore. Um, I'm fully committed, and we're here to we're here to take this as far as we possibly can. I'm going to ride until the wheels fall off. And I'm thankful to have Greg, thankful to have Darren, thankful to have Adam Benyun, my my friends, my teammates, my coaches, my wife, um, to to now do this do this fully. But you know, we've kind of gone here and there, but. Uh, it's time, time to, to get the experience that we need, take our time this time, and do it the right way. By the way, one thing I've always wanted to ask you, um, when you win, usually when they show you on camera, you kind of shrug. Why do you shrug when you win? A, yeah, why, why do you do that? Yeah, well, that happened. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> it's I, I, you can win, you can lose. Every single fight that I've ever won, I could have lost. 
the fight against Tapura, I could have easily knocked him out in the first with the first spinning kick. He got super lucky. He's got this like, eh, like you know, baby deer legs thing, blocking a spinning kick that hits him right here. That if I'd have been better or luckier and it came here, that's good night. But um, you know, the shots that he landed were frankly lucky. He couldn't make that happen. I made that happen. But I mean, they were on purpose and they definitely weren't pleasant. I can tell you that much. But uh, he didn't do that. I did that. Um, there's plenty of times that, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that, that he doesn't deserve the win. He fully deserves the win. But, um, you know, if he was able to hit me on his own, he would have done it prior. So anyway, I would say I've had times in fights where I've been lucky. He's stepped this way instead of stepped that way, zig instead of zagging. And, uh, you know, I've gotten good outcomes and I've gotten bad outcomes. Uh, the fight against Saul Rogers, I usually could have won. Um, so I guess what I would say is it's a, uh, I'm here for, I'm here to learn. I'm here to, for the challenge. I'm here to, to fight with everything that I have and to face the best opposition that I can. I just need to get the experience and need and need to continue pushing forward. I look forward to getting back in again soon. Um, I, I love martial arts very much and I would, I hate losing with a fiery passion, man. I don't, I don't take it well, but four at the same times, time, right? Um, you said four to five times next year. If I can, yeah, if I, if I could, you know, like realistically, maybe three, but let's say between three and five. That would be huge. But, I mean, no, no, Oh, I can't wait. No more long layoffs. And that's, a, that's another one. It's like, you're away from something long enough. You know, you never forget what it is, but you, maybe you learn, you learn some lessons, at least for me, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm a little dumb. So I'll forget stuff and yeah, I'll learn a lesson. And then if there's enough of a distance between experience A and experience B, I won't transfer the lesson. I'll forget it partway through and then wonder what it was like or wonder what I was missing. And then try to get a little super superstitious, say, Hey, well, what, what was I doing last time when I got a good outcome? Maybe I should just do that again. But usually it ends up being the equivalent of like, oh, I was wearing a green shirt. Let me put a green shirt on, <laughs> like that type of thinking. And uh, anyway, I guess I would say is I just want to get back in there and, and do everything that I can. But, uh, you know, win, lose, draw, I'm, I'm, I will push forward. That, that's all I can say. So, you know, I respect all of my opponents. Uh, I don't like all of my opponents. I like most of my opponents. Uh-huh. But, um, but anyway, it's, uh, you know, I, I respect everyone for getting in there. I recognize the volatility of the game. I recognize the seriousness of the game. So, you know, when you win, you're like, I, uh, I I hate losing a lot more than I like winning. I I could feel that, and I could definitely understand that. Uh, by the way, who, who do we want? Who who's who makes sense? Next, I'm I'm not sure. You know, uh, I've got to talk to. I know this is a lame yeah. <laughs> lame response, no, but I've it. got to talk with uh, talk with talk with Greg, talk with Darren. Um, you know, kind of get back to the bottom of of what we're doing. I mean, I'm willing to fight anyone. It's a tricky thing. Um, you know, I said as much, and they asked me this after the fight in the um the press conference was, well, why don't, you know, do you, do you leverage your jiu-jitsu? Well, my, I feel like my jiu-jitsu is my strongest asset by a mile. And even as my other things have improved and continue to improve, sometimes, you know, you're, uh, you're inclined to bet on the thing that you know is objectively much better than the others. Even if let's say, for instance, you can take your Honda Civic and it's more appropriate to get to the store. If you have a Ferrari, you're like, man, I just want to get in that thing. It's just much more comfortable. Well, um, you know, it's an interesting thing because I feel like I know that I can beat anyone at this point. And I could beat anyone a couple of years ago, but I could also lose, you know, that's for sure. Um, and not just because of the volatility of the game, but because of the developing skill set. So, you know, when it comes to uh, now, I mean, I'm tr- I've just transitioned, you know, coaching a little bit of transition training. Of course, you know, I'm always thankful and appreciative of the, of the coaches that I've had in the past and continue to work with them as well whenever time, you know, uh, permits. But, you know, I'm working on doing some very specific things right now. And uh, I guess I'll just have to see what they feel is appropriate. But I definitely I want to be in the I want to be in the top ten by the end of next year, and that's that's the goal is to do that and take this as far as we can, fight consistently, learn the lessons we need to learn, face the tough opponents we need to face, but be prepared once we get there to uh, to not leave. 
Well, I think I speak for a lot of people. Uh, would love to see you fight three times next year. Uh, really enjoy watching you. you fight. I love that you bring something different to the table. It's not like everyone else. I would argue if you don't appreciate your style, you don't really appreciate mixed martial arts. And so I would urge you to keep doing what you're doing. But I love the fact that you're now with Greg and evolving and with Darren. Uh, it's a great thing. And it's also great to see you bounce back after the loss. And it's great to see you fully committed. It's all very good. So thank you so much for coming on, Ryan. I really appreciate it. Uh, congratulations on the big win this past Saturday. And I wish you continued success and a very active 2022. Thank you so much, Earl. I really appreciate you having me on the show. And if, if you like what you see, that means a lot. And thank you so much. And just happy holidays. And uh, have you, a good man. one, man. Same to you. All the best, Ryan. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. There he is. Uh, Ryan Hall. Uh, what a great character. Uh, a, a type of guy who isn't like all the other fighters in the sport. Um, certainly very unique. Not only uh, as far as his fighting style is concerned, but unique as far as his mindset and his demeanor and his approach to fighting. I mean, just tremendous stuff there. And of course, he should be with the likes of Greg Jackson. Why didn't we think of this earlier? This is a great, great partnership. I love it. When I saw that Instagram post, I was like, yes, of course. Greg Jackson, Ryan Hall, two brilliant minds coming together. It was wonderful. Wonderful to see that. So, uh, very, very happy for him. And uh, I was worried, honestly. I was worried after the loss against uh, Ilya Tapura, Tapuria in, um, in July, the knockout loss. I was worried that he actually might walk away because I always got the sense from Ryan that, as he just said, he had one foot in, one foot out. He wasn't fully committed. You know, he was doing the jujitsu thing. He was doing the coaching thing. He didn't maybe really love it as much as some of the other people. He didn't love the idea of getting knocked out or the threat of getting knocked out. Uh, but now you see he's fully committed. It seems like he's a lot more invested and a lot more determined. So uh, I think that's a really interesting development for the sport, for the UFC, for that division, for his career. Can't wait to see what he does next year. Now, as you know, uh, one of my favorite fighters to watch, one of my favorite people to talk to is our next guest. Uh, had a tough fight against Piotr Jan, which he took on short notice back in late October for the interim bantamweight title and as we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks bantamweight is absolutely fascinating right now right i mean we hope to get the jan sterling unification bout but you have jose aldo turning back the clock with a big win over rob font you have dominic cruz turning back the clock with a big win over pedro munoz you have the likes of sugar sean o'malley coming up i mean it's fascinating not only in mma but it's fascinating in boxing as well, Corey Sanhagen still very much a player at 135, and I wanted to check in with him and see how he's doing after that fight and see what's next for him come the new year. So without further ado, let us say hello to the one and only Corey Sanhagen. There he is. Hello, Corey. How are you? What's up, Ariel? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Uh, it's good to have you on. It's good to talk to you. Uh, would you agree, by the way, it feels like 135, it's like every weekend, just a lot going on at 135, a lot of jockeying for position, a lot of big time fights. Right now, it feels like the last couple of weeks, it's been all about 135. Yeah, man, definitely. I think, uh, I think we're just going to see that happen more and more in the division as like, uh, you know, the sport just grows and gets better. And like, like, I mean, for example, Pena and Nunez, you know, like who would have ever guessed that Pena was going to win that fight? Uh, and anything can happen in MMA. And I think that, you know, the difference between how good guys are is just getting the, like the margin is just getting smaller and smaller. So it's going to be like that. I think in, in the future of MMA. So we're about like a month and a half removed from your, your last fight. 
How do you feel about it? Uh, I feel okay about it, man. Like, um, I, I, I thought I fought really well, you know, um, I, you know, I, I'm not one to make excuses. I really would have liked some more time because Jan is one of the best guys in the world. So I would have definitely preferred to have some more time. And, uh, but no, man, I, I thought that the fight went really good for me. I, I think that, you know, one, I was doing well. Two, I was doing well, even though the judges gave it to him. I, I still think that, you know, probably in Colorado, I would have taken two. Round three, I was doing good all the way up until that last minute when I got, you know, dropped in that one. And then kind of had to fight the rest of the fight, you know, on on wobbly legs a little bit, you know. So I, I think I was just one mistake away from taking that fight. And, uh, you know, all the credit to Jan for, you know, knocking me down and hurting me and making it so that I couldn't fight the same for the rest of the fight. But uh, I, I was pretty overall like happy with how I did, you know, losing sucks, but you know, I was happy with how I did. You look great in that first round. I mean, everyone thought you won that first round decisively. What did he do differently in rounds two, three, four, and five? like what, what do you think he made as far as adjustments to try to take back momentum? Uh, I mean, that's kind of his style, right? Like we yeah. anticipated that, you know, like, um, he, he doesn't start the fastest, you know, he, he started a little bit quicker than I, I think that he normally does with me. But, um, yeah, in two and three, he, he just picked up the pace a little bit, you know, and, uh, and that's kind of how he fights. And then four, he, you know, he kicked my ass in round four. Uh, but like I said, man, I was kind of on stilts from getting dropped, you know, like I, I have a really good chin. And, uh, so, so if you drop me, you must've hit me really hard and, uh, that's not going to be something that isn't going to play a factor into the rest of the fight. So I made that mistake, man, and, and I paid for it, you know. So that's how that's how the sport works. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, uh, several people have said that they think that Piotr Jan is actually the best boxer in MMA. There's all this talk about Max Holloway, this guy, that guy. You've actually been in there with him. What do you make of that statement? Do you feel like that's an accurate thing? Uh, I have no idea, man. Like, uh, we're, we're not, you know, like you, you'd have to, boxing fights are scored differently boxing styles are very scored differently you know like uh i, I don't know man yeah the guy's a great kickboxer if, if that's what you're asking I, I think he's a phenomenal kickboxer but i don't you know like uh, i don't really i i don't know man i i don't get involved with those like are they the best boxers sure. are they this and that like that, 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 that's question. not none of us what that's not that's not what we're doing man we're trying to be the best fighters in the world so if you want to like label yourself as some like niche thing then by all means, go ahead. But like, we all know what we're in this for, and it's to be world champ of MMA, not of boxing. Fair enough. Could I ask you, was he tougher than you thought he would be? No, he was. No, man. Yeah, I, I knew it was going to be a tough fight. Uh, he protected himself really well. That that was a little bit, you know, something that I thought that I would have a little bit more of an edge on. Is you know, I, I thought that I would be able to hurt him a little bit better than I was able to hurt him. But the guy protects himself really well, and uh, and that that was a that was a tough thing to. Uh, and, and that's why I kind of go back to the, me only having five weeks to get ready for it is I do a lot of figuring people out in those like kind of later weeks of, of training camp. So to only have like four against one of the best guys in the world is it, it, it's tough to try to figure someone out in, in that amount of time. Does it make it like, did you feel like it was a bitter pill to swallow? Because yes, of course you took the fight and of course you want to take the fight and no one forced you to take the fight. But then when it's over, you're like, damn, if I had the proper eight, nine, 10 week camp, Maybe this whole thing is different and I'm champion and you know how the rest goes. Well, I, I mean, I've been told that by people, but I, I don't let that get into my mind, to be honest with you. Uh, I went into that fight with 100% intention on winning and I was in a good place in that fight. You know, like I, I thought that uh, my brain, my body, everything felt really good. My spirit felt really good in that fight and uh, I was ready to take it. And, 
he was better than me that night. You know, like maybe another five weeks of training would have helped. Maybe it wouldn't have. I, I guess we won't know and, until I actually get that opportunity. But um, nah, man, you know, I, I did my best that night and that's really all that I can do. Now that you've fought both guys, who do you think wins when they meet again, Sterling or, or Jan? Uh, I think Jan's got it, you know. Uh, I mean, that's based off of the first fight, and that's just based sure. off of, uh, you know, they're, they're, I mean, Jan's good, man. Jan's good. Sterling's good also, you know, uh, but I, I think Jan just protects himself so well, and, and he's a super dangerous guy to fight, and, uh, and that's, not, that's not an easy match. Did you see the uh, Aldo Fawn fight? Uh, I watched a little bit of it. Um, you can't be bothered. Yeah, that was a good fight. You too. hate all of this. You don't even watch anything. Uh, I kind of been a little bit checked out, man. To be honest I with love you, it. Uh, why? I, I kind of, you know, uh, because it, um, honestly, man, like when, sometimes when I watch too many of the fights, I get, I get, I, I spend too much of my thought energy on um, what other people are doing and not my own improvements. So uh, I've, I've checked out so that i could stay focused on me being creative and me becoming a better fighter this is um, great like even, i think that makes a yeah, lot of even, sense yeah i mean it, it's a lot to keep up with man you know like if <laughs> i have to worry and, and who knows you know like in two months they could be saying uh, you know like i'll be fighting this person or this but you know like it, it changes all the time so i don't even really enjoy spending too much thought energy and i notice when i watch the fights or i'm on instagram too much i really start to just use my my energy in caring about what's happening there instead of what's happening in the room that's going to make me improve. So what, like right now, what are you focusing your energy on in life? Uh, just improvements, man. Like, uh, I'm going to do it. I know you just talked to Ryan Hall. I'll probably spend a couple of weeks with him in January. Um, he's always been super helpful in, in, in helping me get better. Um, and then just adding things in my game, man. Like I, I really don't do too much else other than the gym stuff, you know? So, uh, I've, all of my energy is just kind of focused on getting better and like filling in the gaps of where I was messing up against TJ and Jan. And uh, so, so that the next person I fight can really get it, you know? Uh, how long have you been training with Ryan for? Uh, probably about like two years now. Oh, wow. So you'll go to Virginia? Yep. Yep. I, I, I go visit him out there uh, probably once every three months. You know, I, I would like for it to be more, but I also have some responsibilities sure. back here that I can't be gone too often. But yeah, man. Uh, Ryan, uh, I, I don't know how your interview just went with him. I loved every um, second of it. But he, oh, good, yeah, bro, he's, he's one of the most, <laughs> he's one of the smartest people that I've ever got to, you know, have a chat with. And then, not only that, but he's one of like the most strategic and just, you know, all out, like as far as a mind goes for a fighter. I, I, I've learned so much from the guy in the two years that I know him. How did you like even link up with him? I just messaged him on Instagram. Come on. I was like, hey, man, I really want to. I was like, I want to learn some leg locks, dude. And like, you're the founder of them. So like, wow. can I come out and visit you? Yeah. And then me and him, you know, developed a close relationship. So uh, yeah, man, that's my buddy. Was he receptive right off the bat? Yeah. Yeah. He's um, just like, come on down. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you some leg locks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He was, like, he was like, you can stay at my house. Like, yeah, wow. I, I got room in my house. Yeah, yeah. What a nice guy. Yeah. No, I, I love him. Yeah, super nice. And I feel like we, uh, well, I say we, I always feel like I appreciated him. I love that he brings something different to the sport, a different mindset, a different approach, a different style. And I feel like slowly but surely people are starting to appreciate him a little more, right? I mean, I feel like we're always prone to, uh, you know, kind of uh, being attracted to the brawlers and the guys who get into wars and the sluggers. But man, like I said, right before you came on, if you don't appreciate that guy, and his mindset and his approach to mixed martial arts, 
I question whether or not you're an MMA fan, right? Because you need people like Ryan Hall in your sport. No, I agree, man. He's super cutting edge, you know, like, uh, like I said, man, like, uh, if you ever get the chance to just sit down and just talk to the guy for an hour, like he'll just blow your mind with, you know, like it's one of those things where you don't, uh, I forget the saying, I'm going to butcher it or whatever, but you don't know what you don't know until, you know, like Ryan talks about stuff that I had never even thought about, you know? And that's when I was like, Oh, I need to come, come out here a lot more. How's your confidence these days? It's good, man. Uh, I mean, coming off of two losses kind of sucks, but I, I'm a little bit more of a deeper thinker than, you know, just, yeah, my, my last two were L's. Like, uh, the my first L this year was one of the most controversial decisions that the UFC has maybe, you know, ever had. And then the second one was a short-notice title fight against uh, one of the best guys in the world. So uh, I, I'm not too beat up about it, man. Like, I, I really think that I'm just a couple mistakes away from beating these guys and, uh, that just means I just need to work that much harder. And, uh, no, nah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's hard to shake up my confidence, man. Like, uh, I, I know how hard I work kind of comparatively to a lot of these other guys I've been around for a long time. I know how I think I know, I know how, uh, how good I am at learning things. And so, uh, I, I really trust that in myself. And so, so I, I still know I'm going to be champ. Yeah. So, you, so I, I was just wondering about that because, um, Obviously, it was an interim title fight, but I think most people kind of viewed it as, you know, sort of the unofficial title fight. I was wondering if your confidence wavered a little bit. You know, you're so used to winning and dominating, and you hit a bit of a, a rough patch. Did you start to doubt yourself at all? It sounds like there was no period. There was no, like, morning period after the Yan fight. You were right back on the horse. I mean, there, there's definitely, like, uh, the emo- Like, I mean, man, I, I was, re- you know, I had imagined packing that belt in my suitcase and bringing it home and sitting in it on my couch and just staring at it for a while, you know? So when that doesn't happen, of course you have like this emotional response that, you know, is, is kind of tough to deal with or whatever. But, uh, nah, nah, man, like I, I, I honestly believe, you know, whether, whether people want to believe it or not, if I didn't get dropped in that third round and had to have fought the rest of the fight being pretty damaged because I was pretty damaged. I know I don't make a lot of faces and I don't, you know, like, uh, I don't show that I'm hurt when I'm hurt, but, uh, in round four, I was pretty messed up, man. And, uh, and, uh, I think that if that doesn't happen, then like, I would just go on and, and probably win four and five definitely was winning three until I got dropped. Right. You know, the fact that you were actually messed up and hung in there with the guy for those extra two rounds and win 25 minutes with Jan, considering how hard he hits, uh, I think everyone respected, like, I didn't feel like your stock went down as they say in the, in the fight game or in sports. Uh, I feel like everyone still respects you and thinks that you're still right there in the mix. Um, I know you said you've been checked out, and I respect that, but I'd be remiss if I don't ask you just about this weekend. Did you watch this? Did you like? Did you watch Dominic Cruz, or did you not watch at all? Uh, yeah, I, I, I caught the tail end of Cruz's fight. Yeah, he did awesome, man. Like, uh, I, I really appreciate guys like that, um, like the Dominic Cruzes and the Jose Aldos. Uh, that's why I think it would be so so cool for me to fight them one day, is just because. Um, like they kind of are are on the tail end of their careers, you know, and and I and I really respect the guys that fight all the way up until they can't anymore. And and, and to me, like that, that's just a really admirable thing. And I think that Cruz doing so well against Munoz just goes to show that, like, you know, the the guy the guy has a lot of passion, and the guy really loves the sport. And same with Aldo, you know, like I, I have a ton of respect for the guys that stick around for for a really long time because. This sport isn't easy, man. And the guys that they've been fighting for years and years and years have not been easy guys. So 
for them to continue to put themselves in that fire is like very, very admirable. So, so I, I, I was happy for Cruz, man. Do you want to be one of those guys? Uh, yeah, absolutely. If I can, you know, time is that, is that, is that the hope? Uh, yeah, I think that that's the hope, you know, uh, obviously that I think that the only thing that will stop me from fighting is my health, you know, and, and that's something that I definitely take really serious, you know? So, um, as long as I can fight till, you know, like my health won't let me anymore, then yeah, I'll, I'll be around. It's kind of crazy when you consider what Dominic Cruz has been through and then you consider like who his peers were during his time off, right? Like during the injuries, the ACL injuries and all that stuff. And all those guys are gone now. Like Benavidez, gone. Faber, gone. Barrow, not really in the mix anymore. He's still fighting, but not in the UFC. Cody beats him five years ago. Now Cody's at a crossroads. Cruz is, is, is thriving. It's, it, it kind of blows my mind when you consider, like, who would have thought in 2022, Dominic Cruz would not only still be fighting, fighting in the UFC, and one of the top contenders at 135. It's crazy. Seriously, man. Yeah, really, really cool, man. And, and like I said, I, 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 lo- I, I think it's inspiring. Um, you know, like I, I know my UFC career hasn't been the easiest either, you know, like, uh, and, and so I really respect that, you know, those guys have been fighting some of the top guys in the world for a really long time. I feel like I got thrown into that mix pretty quickly in, in my UFC career. And I, I hope that I get to fight the, the best guys in the world for the rest of my career. Like, uh, I, I wouldn't rather have it any other way. So, so those guys, I, I definitely respect big time. Did you watch Sean O'Malley by any chance? I, I did catch O'Malley's fight. Oh, yeah. Wow. Interesting. yeah. Okay. What'd you think of that? <laughs> yeah, it was a good fight, man. Like, uh, it, it, you know, everyone kind of asks about my opinion about O'Malley and I, I kind of have like a really honest answer where, where it's like, I don't know, man, you know, like, Hey, can, can you compare like, you know, if a player's doing really, really well in college, you can't always guarantee that he's going to be doing the best when he joins in the NBA or the mm-hmm. NFL or whatever, you know, because, He's just not in the same pool of fighters as guys like me and some of the other guys are. And that, that's not to, you know, uh, say that he has bad skills or good skills or whatever. He just has, you know, un- until he fights someone really good, he has really questionable skills. So, um, you know, I- I'm really looking forward to him fighting better guys and then seeing how good the guy really is. What's interesting about 35 right now is I feel like you can, it's almost like a Rubik's Cube. Like you can match up a lot of, like I was saying after the Fawn fight that I'd like to see you fight Fawn. And now after last week, mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, I kind of want to see Dominic Cruz fight Corey Sanding. But also there's Dominic Cruz versus Aldo, Legends matchup. Do you have a preference as to who you fight next? Uh, no, not really, man. I, I'm going to, I'm in the chase in the title days of my career, you know, uh, so so whatever Whatever the UFC tells me is going to get me closer to a title fight. That'll be the fight that I take. Um, but yeah, any of those fights sound awesome to me, man. Like, uh, no one I'm not top. one to say no. To, huh? No one at the top of that list. No one that you really would love to, that makes sense after uh, the, the last two fights. Um, you know, I would be kind of lying. I, I've always wanted to fight Cruz, man. Like, yes. I've always wanted to fight Let's Cruz. Let's go, Corey. So, so Come I, on. You know, if, if, if you're going to press me real hard, man, like, <laughs> he's probably at the top of my list, especially because, you know, Font wasn't even really in that fight with Aldo, uh, from my understanding, even though I didn't watch a ton of it. You know, like, a lot of the judges had it 50-45. So uh, if that was maybe more of a competitive fight, then Font would definitely interest me. Not to take anything away from Font, but, uh, you know, Cruz... Cruz did really well, and uh, Cruz is a legend, and, and, he's some, he, and he's someone that I watched and admired for a really long time, so oh, that, that would it. be cool. 
I didn't expect you to break there, but uh, you broke rather uh, easily. If I'm being honest, yeah, you, you, you know, it, it's funny because you met you. You asked me yesterday to be on the show, and I didn't really get an opportunity to check in with some people and be like, I know that this question is coming, so uh, who, who am I supposed to say? You know, so that that you know that that's probably you know the answer from my heart. You okay, know? well, I like that. I like that you're giving us the answer from your heart. Thank you for that. Um, by the way, what are you reading these days? Uh, I just got done reading this book, or, or actually, I just kind of cycled through this book. Um, uh, uh, it's called "Be Here Now" by Ram Dass. Uh, it, it's it's really good. It's a it's like a you know like a spirituality book, like be present. But but it's uh but but I like it a lot, and it has a lot of pictures that are pretty cool in it too. So uh, "Be Here Now" is a really good book if, if you want a recommendation. By, by Ram Dass. Uh, Ram Dass, R-A-M space D-A-S-S. So, you know, I'm comfortable enough to ask questions like this and not, you know, I I think some people would try to be all cool and be like, oh, yeah, of course. I don't know who that is. Is that a a philosopher or who is that? Yeah, so uh, he he passed away a couple of years ago. But, uh, yeah, he's just a, uh, I I guess, like a spiritual guru type of guy. I love that. Um, But but he's not too foo-foo either, like... uh, (laughs) He, he was he was like a Harvard graduate, so he, so the way that he articulates like things is is really you know well done. So uh, yeah, be here now. I, I think you know if everyone reads that book and kind of lets it sink in a little bit, I think that that you know w- would help humanity a little bit. I'm going to uh, read this book because I one of my big goal. I'm not a New Year's resolution guy. Uh, this could we could be talking in July, and I would say the same thing. One of my big goals in life is to be more present. Uh, I actually heard Dan Hooker say this recently to Oscar Willis of the Mac Life. He said, anxiety lives in the future. And I feel like all the things that I worry about, that I'm stressed about, are all the things in the future. I need to be more present. I need to be here now and not worry about these other things. And so I feel like you're speaking to me right now. I feel like this book is going to help accentuate those feelings. So thank you. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It'll definitely do that, man. I love it. Thank you. Um, When do you want to return? Uh, I'm not sure, man. Right, right now I'm kind of, uh, like I said, man, living in my own world. I, I really, it, every fighter knows, man, it's really, it, it's hard to add things into your game when you're in a training camp sometimes. So I've been really enjoying, uh, like I said, being creative and, and working hard and just improving on the things I really, really need to improve on in order for me to be the champ and stay the champ for a long time. So, uh, I, I'm cool right now with, with, having that be the way that my training is opposed to killing myself every single day. So I'm in shape for 10 weeks and then, and then kind of have like the, the stress of a fight looming over me, you know, like it, it's hard to be creative and it's hard to make improvements in, in that area. So I, I'm kind of cool with, you know, just improving right now. Last thing, any, uh, any trips, any hikes, any, you're going to disappear. What do we got planned? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to disappear, man. Actually, today in Colorado, it's like uh, we're, we're supposed to have like crazy, like 100. I, I saw on a thing, it was supposed to be 100 mile per hour winds today. So, oh, my. Uh, I'm, yeah, I, I don't know if that can be true, though, man, because I've been in some 40, 50 mile per hour winds, and that's like a lot of wind. Um, but I, I think that we're a little bit past the hiking season and, and all of that. So okay. uh, I, I'll kind of just be hunkering down and spending my time at the gym and just, like I said, man, improving. Another goal of mine, I want to get a camper van. I'm not much of a hiker or a camper, but I just have always wanted a Volkswagen Westphalia, you know, those old school ones. Yeah, uh, yeah. It just seems like a good time with the curtains, a funky color, an orange, a yellow, and just love life. Live life, just, love just life. Just do it. Yeah, do where, it. where do you live, Ariel? Where, where is your show? Oh, this is New York City. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. man. You, you could drive around. Vermont's nice. Yeah. I hear. Catskills. Uh, yeah, man. You, you got it. Yeah, yeah. You got a bunch of green around you, man. You, you could really see some beautiful things, I'm sure. All right. Thank you for that. Thank you for that reassurance. Uh, Corey, always <laughs> great to talk to you, my man. Thank you so much. I appreciate the, uh, the positive mindset. I appreciate your approach to not only fighting, but life as well. Always appreciate you coming on and, and looking forward to a big year for you. And by the way, in, in the mix for knockout of the year, people forget it was this year. It feels like a gazillion years ago, but that knockout <laughs> against Frankie is on my short list. I just want to let you know, so you might be hearing from me when I give out my awards at the beginning of January. Just want to let you know. All right, let's go. Thanks for having me on, Ariel. All right, always a pleasure. There he is, Corey Sanhagen joining us, uh, one of the very best at 135 pounds. And honestly, 135 is uh, is just fascinating right now. I mean, 135 is not only fascinating. How about this? 135 is fascinating in the male divisions because of Sterling and Jan and you know all the the names that we just talked about, Dominic Cruz and. Corey Sanhagen, when you've got that massive historic PFL versus Bellator card, it is a big one. It's a pay-per-view. It's PFL champs versus Bellator champs and PFL stars versus Bellator stars. Historical night. First time in MMA history that a place like this is hosting Saudi Arabia, a big MMA card. It's, in fact, the first major MMA event to take place in Saudi Arabia and the first cross-promotional event between both PFL and Bellator, with former champions and current champions colliding in one epic night. The headliner, like I said earlier, is Henan La Problema Fejera going up against Ryan Bader. They go toe-to-toe in a fight that I think will determine who Francis Ngannou will fight in his PFL debut. That's the plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they announce that that seems to be the direction. So stay tuned. Also, as we said earlier... Johnny Eblen against Impa Kasangane. They did save Patricio Pitbull. He's going to remain on the card. Aaron Pico as well. Clarissa Shields on the card. Yoel Romero. Um, Tiago Santos. Whole bunch of big names. It's all going down this Saturday, February 24th, live on ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View and DAZN. That's ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View. Or DAZN. Sugar Sean O'Malley. Rob Font. Jose Aldo, Cheeto Vera. Because of those names, uh, it is also fascinating in women's MMA because of the names like Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena and Holly Holm out there and Irene Aldana and all these people. It's also fascinating in boxing, in, in, in men's boxing, right? Because of Gervonta Davis and George Cambosis and Vasily Lomachenko and Devin Haney, and Ryan Garcia. That list goes on and on. And by the way, it's also fascinating in the world of women's boxing because of Katie Taylor and because of Amanda Serrano, who's fighting Miriam Gutierrez this weekend, co-main event of the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley fight. What's up with 135? 135 is just tremendous in all facets of combat sports right now. So anyway, um, I'm very curious to see uh, what Corey Sanhagen does next. I still think that he's a, a player. Right now, what am I looking at? Uh, ranked around. Oh, I, I, I made a promise that I would. I would look at the MMA fighting rankings. Here they are. December 1st. 
So this was before the Aldo font and Cruz. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Ah, <clears throat> uh, yes. Uh, yeah, so there's font out there. There's Dillashaw out there, of course, coming back. Aldo. Oh, Marab Dawalishvili. Forgot about him. Sergio Pettis in Bellator. Munoz, Vera, all those people and more. So it's going to be an interesting time at 135 in the UFC. All right. Uh, we shall transition now to our next guest. I'm so excited about our next guest. I'm so excited to have her on. Uh, as you know, yeah, no problem. As you know, um, I have been a massive, massive admirer of Katie Taylor's. Katie Taylor, if you don't know, and I'm sure you do, is the best pound-for-pound female boxer on the planet. In my opinion, I've been saying this for quite some time, it's number one, Katie Taylor, it's number two, Clarissa Shields, and it's number three, Amanda Serrano. And this is a really interesting time because, of course, uh, Amanda Serrano, as I said, is fighting uh, this weekend in Tampa, co-main event of the Jake Paul-Tyron Woodley fight. And a lot of people think that after Katie's win this past Saturday against Firuza Sharipova uh, in Liverpool, she improved to 20-0, and 20-0, and uh, that we are now closer than ever to getting Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano, which would be, in my opinion, the biggest fight in women's boxing history. It would be number one pound for pound against number three pound for pound. And we've never had a fight like that before. We've absolutely never had a fight like that before with those kinds of stakes, with those kinds of, uh, you know, talents going toe-to-toe in women's boxing. We've never had that before. We've had one-offs here and there, but we've never had a fight that big. Now, of course, Amanda Serrano has to win this weekend against Gutierrez, and we heard on the broadcast this past Saturday that Eddie Hearn said uh, they're targeting April, May for this mess, massive fight, and it would happen at Madison Square Garden, which would be absolutely brilliant. And I would argue it should happen not at the Hulu Theater, with all due respect, but it should happen at the big, big arena, because I think a fight between the pride of Puerto Rico and the pride of Ireland at MSG, where there's obviously a huge Puerto Rican slash Irish community here in this city, uh, would just be a gigantic deal. And so, as I said at the very top of the broadcast... I've long been a great admirer of hers. I love the way that she conducts herself. I love what she stands for. I love, you know, someone was asking me uh, today, uh, why are you such a fan of Katie Taylor's? And I said, especially now that I am, and I may repeat this when she comes on in a matter of moments, but especially now that I am a father of a young girl who I'm trying to uh, introduce to sports, play soccer and things of that nature. And by the way, she's a tremendous soccer slash football player, um, as well. Um, I love the fact that, you know, she is a tremendous role model for young women. Always conducts herself well, always has respect uh, for her opponents, for the sport, uh, and is just a huge, huge deal in Ireland. A massive, massive, massive star. Um, so I am very excited. I'm very excited to have her on and... Um, Every time she fights, every time she's about to fight, you know, on social media. In fact, yesterday I uh, put out a, a little teaser. I said, all right, uh, can you name a fighter that I talk about a lot? It doesn't necessarily have to be uh, an MMA fighter who I've never had the opportunity to speak to. Um, 
that is going to be on the show tomorrow. Can anyone guess? And there were a ton of responses and a ton of people said Katie Taylor. So you guys know me well, you pay attention, and I appreciate that. And so without further ado, let's not dilly-dally anymore. It is a huge, 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 massive honor for me to say hello for the first time to the best pound-for-pound female boxer on the planet, the queen of boxing, in my opinion, the one and only Katie Taylor. There she is. Wow. Hello, Katie. Hey, how how's are you? it going? Thank you. Thank you so much for the introduction. It's great to be here, Ariel. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if you know this, Katie, but, you know, I'm supposed to be – I'm a huge admirer of yours. I have a ton of respect uh, for you. Every time you fight, I let the masses know, you know, I'm an MMA guy for the most part, but I always try to let the world know that you are fighting because of not only your great skill, but because of what you represent, how you conduct yourself – um, as I was saying before you came on, I'm, I'm, I'm a father of a young girl who I'm trying to get into sports as well. I just think you are the quintessential role model. And so I'm just, you, you know, I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm a big fan. And so it's just a great honor no, for, well, that, for you that, to be that on. That means so much, Ariel. Thank you so much. Um, I'm actually a huge fan of your show as well. I've actually watched it for the last year, a year and a half. So it's actually such an honor for me to be Come on, to be here Katie. speaking to you right now. Where have you so been? I've been trying to find you. You were actually at the top of my bucket list of guests that I've never had on the oh, program really? yet. <laughs> and it's been hard to find you. And now you tell me you've been watching the show. This is crazy. So thank you. I know. Yeah, I know. It's great. It's great to be here finally. Um, all right. So we have a lot to talk about. I just want to congratulate you on the win. Uh, this past weekend, you improved to 20 and 0. There's a lot of focus on your weight class. There's a lot of focus on you, of course, with this weekend as well. Were you happy with your performance this past weekend in Liverpool? Um, I wouldn't say it was a masterclass by any means, but you know, a win is a win at the end of the day, and it sets up a, a huge year for me next year. There's obviously an awful uh, lot of talk over the last the last few months about the big fights next year, and um, I knew that this fight last week was a kind of like a banana skin type of, of opponent. Um, she was kind of like the final hurdle that I needed to get to, to get past before these big fights actually happen next year. Um, so it definitely wasn't a, a masterclass, but I, I thought I did well on spots and there's definitely lots to improve on, but it sets up a huge year for me next year. And um, I'm, I'm actually excited to go into, into the new year and with these big fights ahead. I think it, it could be possibly the biggest year in female boxing history. I would agree, and I think that that fight against uh, Amanda would be the biggest in female boxing history. Now, she has to do her part, but I'm just curious about you. Did you feel any extra added pressure because it feels like we're so close to making that happen? First, you had to do your part. Now, the pressure is on her, but going yeah. into the fight, did you feel a little more pressure? I think so, yeah. I was even a, just even a, a little bit extra nervous even going into fight week, for example. And um, all everyone was talking about was, was the Amanda Serrano fight all week. And I was trying to put the focus back on my job. I had to obviously take care of uh, Sharpo at the weekend. Um, and I, I obviously have to have to remain laser focused throughout this whole uh, throughout, throughout the whole fight week. So I definitely did feel the pressure of that. But um, thankfully, I came through. Um, like I said, Amanda Serrano has to do her, her job this weekend. And uh, once she does that, and everyone obviously expects her to get through the, over the weekend, once she does that, it's going to be a huge fight. It's, it's probably the biggest fight in women's boxing history. And um, what, an, what an amazing privilege and honor to be in this position. Uh, she is fighting someone that you know. You beat Miriam Gutierrez not that long ago. Do you think she wins mm -hmm. on Saturday? Yeah, I, I definitely uh, will be very, very surprised if, if she didn't come through on that. Um, you know, Gutierrez is, is a tough opponent. She's, she's big and tough. But I, she, skill-wise, I wouldn't say she's... Uh, 
she's on a manager Reynolds level. So um, I definitely would expect her to get through, through that, that fight. Um, but over the last few years, since I have turned pro five years ago, I think everybody has been talked about this fight. Um, so it's going to be a huge event. Um, and possibly in Madison Square Garden as well, which is uh, you know the mecca of boxing, it's the most iconic venue that you could you could possibly be boxing. And so uh, I'm just so excited to be taking part in possibly the biggest fight in women's boxing history in the mecca of boxing. This is exactly why I, I um, turned pro in the first place to be involved in these big fights. Uh, your promoter, Eddie Hearn, said on Saturday that there's essentially like a date. There's everything on the table. She just has to win the fight. Is that your understanding as well? Like if she wins, is this fait accompli? Is it a done deal? I I, I assume so. I hope so. I mean, I'd be very, very disappointed if this fight didn't happen next. Um, so I think everything is uh, lined up towards this fight next, next year. The, this, this definitely should be the, the, uh, the next fight. Um, for me, definitely, I, I think it's all... Um, it's all gearing up towards this this big fight, and like I said, ever since I turned pro uh, five years ago, everybody has been talking about this fight between me and Amanda Serrano. It was obviously scheduled a couple of times before, and it fell through for whatever reason. Um, and so uh, this this fight has been talked about for a long time now, and uh, it's so close to happening. I, I, it's uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just very very excited about it. Yeah. By the way, in, in your opinion, why hasn't happened? Hasn't it happened in the past? Like what? Because I know you've been close, and you fought her sister as well. What's been the issue? Yeah, I have no idea what the issue is. I was obviously training for that fight twice before. Um, I was gearing up towards that fight, and uh, it didn't happen. Not because of me. I was the one that I I was I was there. I was ready to step into the ring, but it was her and her team to pull out that fight a couple of times. Um, she she has whatever reason she's coming up with, but I think it might have been financial. I have no idea, but I was definitely um, training and preparing for the, for that fight a couple of times before. Um, so I'm, I'm sure she has her own story, but um, I think it will be a huge disappointment, like I said, if that fight didn't happen next. Is it possible that the missing ingredient to all of this, the the, the thing that we needed to make this fight happen was the problem child, Jake Paul. Is he really the guy that gets this done? Is that the way you're looking at it as well? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's there's been so much controversy and that criticism over Jake Paul being involved in boxing and getting these fights. But um, if, he, if, he, if he's the person to make the fight happen between me and Amanda Serrano, I'm not complaining at all about him being involved in boxing. Um, uh, he's obviously uh, pretty much promoting Amanda Serrano now. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously going to play a big part in getting this fight over the line as well. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, I have no problems with him being involved in, in boxing. If it, if it means that he's going to make the biggest fight in women's boxing history happen. He is pretty much, uh, I mean, quintessentially the antithesis of you. How do you feel about Jake Paul? Um, I mean... Uh, <sighs> Gosh, yeah, <laughs> I think he definitely. Um, you know, he, people people have their opinions. He's he's getting into the ring. He's he is fighting. He's obviously definitely picks and chooses his fights. But I guess he's he's bringing a new audience to the sport as well. And um, if if even a handful of those um, um, new audience turn into, into boxing fans, I guess it is a good thing. But um, I would love to see him in there with a with a genuine fighter. 
um, myself. But like, like I said, uh, he's he's good. Uh, he's definitely going to be um, an important person for me if it, if it means that he's going to get this fight over the line. So I'm not going to uh, jump in the way and actually criticize him. Sure. And he is willing to he is willing to, to step into the ring at the end of the day and take punches and put himself on the line as well. So that takes a, a lot of courage in itself to actually step into the ring. I was talking to a very good friend of mine named Pizzi Carroll. He's a MMA reporter as well. And I was telling him that you were on, and I always talked to him about you and how excited I was that you were going to be on the show. And he referred to you as the patron saint of Ireland. He lives in Dublin. He's from <laughs> Ireland. And I feel like that's quite apropos based on how people, you know, I, every time you're on the Late Late Show, I watch those appearances. You show up on the toy show and the young girl is crying. I mean, it's just great mm-hmm. the way they treat you and look up to you and admire you. Do you feel comfortable with a title like that? Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's obviously lovely when you hear nice things about yourself. I, I don't see myself uh, like that. I, I don't see myself as some national icon or something. I just see myself as an athlete, just like anybody else. And someone who's trying to um, obviously do the best that I can and be the best that I can. Um, but the support and then the, that I get from different people in this country has been incredible ever since I was seven or 18 years of age as an amateur fighter. Basically, they, the whole country has watched me growing up in front of, the, you know, in front of their very eyes, going home uh, with medals from European championships, from world championships, from the Olympic Games. Um, so I, I feel like they're, they're very much part of every single journey. And um, even during the low points, um, when I lost in, in the Rio Olympics, for example, just the encouragement and support that, that I got, even, for, even the low points, has been phenomenal. And uh, that to me means means more than uh, more than everything. I think the support that every athlete gets from this country is is just fantastic. And from such a small country, we produce great fighters, um, both in the boxing world and 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 MMA at the USC. Um, we we just produce great great champions and great warriors, and it's something that I'm very very proud of. Why do you think they love you so much? Why are they so protective of you, the Irish people? Um. I, I really uh, don't know. I mean, I try to to uh, live, a, you know, a quiet life. I, I try to live a life of integrity. Um, I try to uh, be gracious both in victory and, and defeat um, as an amateur. Uh, um, I, I'm just someone who who, um, who has sacrificed an awful lot. I think um, my whole life as a 10-year-old or 11-year-old girl, I, all I wanted to be was an Olympic champion. I think I sacrificed my whole life uh, in order to, to achieve that dream. And um, I just want to uh, be someone who, who breaks down those barriers for young for young girls coming up. I, I want to be an inspiration to, to the next generation. And um, I think people definitely appreciate that. Uh, so that dream of being an Olympic champion, which you realized in 2012 and should have realized in 2016, unfortunately, I think you were screwed. And a lot of people would share <laughs> that opinion. You. Um, where, where, where is that born from? Like, what, like, how does a young girl who doesn't grow up, you know, in a big town with a lot of things, how does she come up with an idea? I want to be an Olympic champion. Where does that come from? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, um, the minute I walked into a boxing gym as a 10 year old, um, boxing just completely took hold of my heart. It it just instantly became my passion. Um, it's just something about it. A, a, a grimy, sweaty gym. Uh, even the even the sounds in the gym. Someone hitting the bag. Someone some skip. Someone that was skipping the rope. Um, the guys in sparring. It just really just took hold of my heart. Um, and I, I obviously grew, grew up just watching the Olympic Games, and uh, just instantly all I ever uh, thought of um, 
was becoming that Olympic champion every single day. I woke up um, saying I'm going to be an Olympic champion and my whole childhood was actually based around this dream. Um, and it is a very unusual dream for, for a young girl to have because women's boxing wasn't even sanctioned in the Olympic Games at the time. So it definitely was very, very unusual, but this is something that I that I wanted and um, I was going to do everything that I could do to make sure that women's boxing was included in the Olympic Games. Has anything topped 2012 for you yet in your pro career, in your life, like the, the, the feeling of joy and satisfaction that you must have you know, felt from that? Has anything been able to top that feeling? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think the last five years as, as a professional boxer have been definitely the most exciting, um, having a chance to box on the biggest stages in the world. Um, I had a chance to become, you know, undisputed champion, for example, in, in Madison Square Garden. I had the privilege of boxing in the, in the Mecca box in Madison Square Garden a couple of times. And never in a million years uh, did I think I, I, I'd have this opportunity to, to box in front of thousands of people in, in the biggest stages, the biggest stadiums in the world. Um, you now, becoming an undisputed champion is obviously the pinnacle of, of professional boxing and to have a chance to actually hold every single one of those belts. That was such a special moment for me. All those milestones and barriers that you have broken, you were also a part of the uh, first um, sanctioned female fight, right, in Ireland. I think it was actually almost 20 years ago. No, it just surpassed the anniversary, right? It was Halloween. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, all the things that you've accomplished. And yet I'm fascinated by anxiety and how athletes deal with, you know, mental health and how they get over these pressure-filled moments. You always seem unflappable. You always seem very calm. Even this past Saturday, I asked you the question about the added pressure. Any moment ever get to you a little too much? You ever have a moment like, I'm at Madison Square Garden right now. I'm in the first <laughs> sanctioned fight, female fight. I'm at the Olympic Games. Do these moments get to you or are you able to block them out, the, the gravity of the moment? I think it's definitely very, very normal to, to be nervous uh, before every single fight. I think if, uh, if you weren't nervous, step into the ring. If you, didn't, if you didn't have any anxiety, step into the ring. I think there's something wrong with you. Um, I think it is very, it is... Uh, normal to be absolutely nervous but I, I also have 100% confidence in the preparation as well I think I stepped into ring knowing that I didn't leave any uh, any stone unturned that I prepared the best that I could and um, I have complete trust in my team I, I know that I'm going back to a fantastic cornerman a great coach and um, all of these things I think uh, reassure me and give me confidence and I'm surrounded by a great family as well and you know a great support and um and people who I can openly speak to if I ever have feeling overly anxious or overly nervous or whatever it may be in life. And I think that's really important to be able to, to speak openly and to be vulnerable, feel vulnerable around people. Um, I'm definitely surrounded by people who I can be vulnerable with. And I think that that definitely helps. I remember after the 2016 uh, disappointment, you did an interview ringside with RTE and you could hardly speak. You were so sad and disappointed as obviously understandable. And I'm wondering if that feeling of disappointment uh, and maybe a little bit of anger and just, you know, just feeling down about the moment, if you've used that as motivation to never lose again, because you have not lost again since that moment yeah. in 2016. Do you, do you go back to that moment a lot so that you don't feel the same thing again? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. I think uh, anytime that I've ever lost in, in, as an amateur, lost a handful of times, but I think it's the losses that stick with you more than the actual victories, unfortunately. And they're the ones that you, you often think of. Um, and it, it is absolutely the worst feeling ever. It's it's heartbreak when you, you're you going through months and months of preparation. Now, believe that you are going to win the competition and you come away with a loss. It is absolutely heartbreaking. And all the athletes can understand that heartbreak, I think. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, that, I, I'd never ever want to feel like that. And that's why I do absolutely push myself every single day. Um, I push myself to the, to the limits each day and, and beat my body into submission each week um, because I don't want to feel like that ever again. Um, it's a it's a great feeling being on top of the world. It's a great feeling um, uh, getting your hand raised. But on the opposite hand, it's the worst feeling in the world when you do lose a fight. And I definitely don't want, want to be in that position again. Some might not know that you're a tremendous uh, football player as well, soccer here in the United States. And you had yeah. a little run uh, playing for Ireland. And I'm wondering if you ever play the what if game. And I know you love boxing, but like how far you could have gone as a soccer star as well. Did you ever play that game? Because it looked like you were on a path to doing great things as well over there. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I was the best uh, soccer player in the world, but um, I definitely, you know, I, I had a success um, here as an international player from time to time. But I, I never actually played the what-if game because boxing was always going to be my sport. It was always going to be my passion. And um and to be honest, it wasn't it wasn't a tough decision for me um, when I had to uh, just focus on boxing. Um, I was very very happy to, to to just focus on the sport. But you know, if I did make a decision to to focus on the soccer, I would have done the best that I could do. Obviously, I would have um, tried to be the best player I could be. But um, I'm obviously very very happy with the with the road that I took. Of course, uh, Conor McGregor has been very supportive of your career. He's always giving you, you know, public shout outs and whatnot. I remember that scene in Boston when he came into the locker room yeah. uh, after your win to uh, congratulate you. Um, right now, you're kind of on different paths, right? He, he's not fighting. He's coming off an injury and he is beloved, but I think somewhat polarizing in the world of Ireland as well. And I'm often asked about the differences between the two of you. And I often ask Irish media members about the differences in the way you guys are covered and treated and whatnot. Mm. I actually feel like the Irish media didn't accept him early on and didn't give him the credit that he deserved when he was coming yeah. up and doing all those great things. What is your relationship like with Connor these days? My relationship with Connor is fantastic, actually. Um, we, we have messaged each other on, on a regular occasion. Um, I messaged him after the Dustin Parrier fight just uh, uh, just to offer some uh, words of uh, encouragement, really. Um, he's always been a fantastic support to me, but um, I think he's he's just uh, someone who's actually transcended the sport. He's like, for me, the Muhammad Ali of, of the UFC. Um, he's a, just a fantastic athlete, um, a great businessman as well. But what he's done for um, in the sport in the sport of UFC has been absolutely incredible. Um, and I don't think he is celebrated as, as, as much as he should be here in Ireland. Um, I think he is an absolute global superstar and just a phenomenal athlete. And he's always been a complete gentleman towards me. Why do you think they were so quick to support you and not support him? Is it because of the sport that he competes in? Because it's a little newer than, say, boxing? Um, I just think he obviously has he's had a few controversial moments outside of the, of the, the cage as well that people obviously didn't appreciate. But um, I'm looking at him as just a phenomenal athlete, and uh, someone who I genuinely think has transcended the sport, who's someone who's who's become uh, bigger than the sport nearly. Um, every time he does fight, it's an absolute huge event. He still he still gets uh, the, the highest number of pay per view uh, figures, and he's still the highest paid athlete in the UFC. Um, yeah, I, I just look at him as just a, an outstanding athlete. Have you ever and trained? I can't wait to, to, to see him come back to win away. Have you ever trained with him? I've actually never trained with him. Wow. No. Um, what a scene that would be. Yeah. That, that would be amazing, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That would be phenomenal. Um, 
yeah, he's, uh, I know that he's trained in um, Crumlin Boxing Club an awful lot, uh, a place where I actually train on a regular occasion as an amateur boxer as well. Wow. Um, I used to go there on a regular occasion for, for sparring sessions. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's obviously a, a connection that we have. Is that where you uh, pretended to be a boy a couple of times? And, and uh, Yeah, I actually did, yeah. Yeah, every uh they used to hold shows nearly every month in Crumlin Boxing Club, and they're they're a boxing club who always got me fights um, on their shows as a teenager when women's boxing wasn't even allowed in Ireland at the time. Wow. Um. Yeah. So they they always uh they always got me shows. They always boxed their guys, and uh, yeah, I had to put the headgear on. I had to pretend I was a boy, and uh, they had no problem with that. <laughs> and did your opponent not realize you were a girl? Uh, I think the, the opponent did, but the officials didn't. Oh my god! <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's stressful in its own right. Yeah. So when I took the head guard off, there was always that uproar. <laughs> oh my god! And 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 you won those fights, right? Uh, they were kind of just like exhibitions. There okay. was no decision at the end of it, but um, yeah. That is incredible. Another example. I mean, that that is stressful, and the, just an example of the barriers that you have broken. Just a, a couple more minutes with you. Is that okay? Is that okay, Katie? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've been trying to track you down for so long. I don't want to let you go just yet. Um, yeah. Do you follow MMA? Do you follow UFC? Um, I, I don't obviously follow as much as I follow boxing, but I, when when there's obviously guys watching even the last week's fights, uh, Amanda Nunes, uh, the, the big shock last week. Um, I'm obviously I'm actually a huge fan of the likes of Sean O'Malley. I think he's a phenomenal fighter. Wow. Um, he's probably one, one of my favorite fighters in the UFC actually at the moment. Um, so, so I obviously I do I do uh, have my favorite fighters in the UFC as well. And um, and obviously when Conor McGregor is fighting, everyone here is built. Interesting. Sean O'Malley fights in your weight class, obviously on the the male side of things. Amanda Nunes as well. Uh, I'm curious because I know a couple yeah. times there was talk of you and Cyborg. You and Holly Holm, has there ever been serious talks of you fighting? You know, Holly, of course, going to go into the uh, International Boxing Hall of Fame. She had a great career in the squared circle. Yeah. But was there ever any serious talks of one of these crossover fights involving you? Um, I know there was kind of mentions of those those fights, um, but I don't think we ever seriously really talked about it. We obviously, uh, their names came up over the last few years, and there's still obviously huge possibilities that those, that those fights can happen, I think. Um, I'd be very, very open for those uh, for those fights uh, to happen. I just want to be involved in the biggest fights possible. Really, I want to get more attention to the sport. I want to uh, I want to be involved in history making fights. And if there are the fights uh, that people want to see, I'd absolutely love love to be involved in those big fights. Did you see that clip of another MMA fighter, UFC fighter, uh, Molly McCann, who I believe is like a distant relative of yours? She revealed. That's uh, right. Yeah. Right? Did you see this clip uh, yeah. from from the weekend? I think it might have been your mom who gave her uh, your your jacket, and she's openly yeah. weeping uh, after receiving this gift. Did you see that yeah. clip? I did see the gift actually. Yeah. Um, which I believe I only actually uh, met Molly McCann um, a few months ago, and um, she was actually telling me that we we have the same grandfather. We're actually second cousins. I had no idea that we we're actually second cousins. <laughs> Um, and she was having a chat conversation with me and my mom, and we just couldn't believe that we that, that we had this connection. Um, every day, every uh, once that she brought up uh, my my their, my uh, my mom's um, close uh, close family members, so uh, it was it was crazy. Really, um, I had no idea that they were actually um, cousins. And since then, we we've obviously you know, we've obviously been in touch. And she was at the weigh-in for my fight last week. My mom went over to just give her a hug and just give her uh, one, of, one of the, the KT tops. 
and just seeing her reaction um I guess was just uh was very very special but she's a she's a fantastic person I'm very proud to to have the same bloodline as her how do you not let those moments get to you? Like, how do you, you, you don't appear to be fake in terms of your humility. And yet here's someone who's your age crying because they received a jacket with your name on it, your, you know, your, your team jacket. And it's not just her, it's people all over. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like when you go outside. How do you not let that, you know, make you into this, you know, person with a big head who thinks they're, you know, the, the cool, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? How do you not let this affect you? Well, I don't think I'd be allowed to let, to let it go get me ahead. I have a um, a family who, who has put me up on things straight away if I ever did. Okay. I think uh, let things get to my head. But I'm obviously very, very grateful to be in this position. And um, I don't know. I, I, I don't really think of myself as that person, really. Um, I'm just, like I said, I see myself as an athlete, just like anybody else, just trying to do the best that I can, being the best, trying to be the best athlete I can be. And I think that, for me, just takes the pressure off as well. Um, I don't see myself as this huge icon or whatever people may may see me as. Um, I'm just trying to, to to be the best athlete I could possibly be. Are you the best female fighter on the planet, pound for pound? Are you number one in your opinion? In in my opinion, yeah. Um, I don't think that's that's for me to say really. <laughs> um, I think it, it it's the pound for pound rankings are very very subjective. There's there's a lot of great fighters out there. Even in the men's division, people say it's Canelo. Some people can say it's Canelo. Some people can say it's Terence Crawford, or people can say it's Lomachenko. Um, it's it's very very hard to to to, to pick the number one pound for pound. But it's great to be in that conversation, and I would absolutely love if people did regard me as the best pound female fighter on the planet. That is my goal. That is my dream, and. I'm definitely trained every every single day uh, to, to be in that position. The fact that you can't even say that just speaks to the humility because you are the best pound-for-pound pound female fighter on the planet, but you can't no. bring yourself to saying it, which is uh, very commendable. I think most people would say to you or Clarissa Shields, right? Amanda, number mm-hmm. three, obviously climbing the ranks because, of course, she fights all over the place. Were you surprised that Clarissa, given where she is in her career, went over to the sport of MMA? Were you uh, Were you surprised by that decision? Yeah, um, I definitely didn't expect that, but I thought it was a fantastic challenge for her to, for her to take on because boxing and MMA are, are two completely different sports. It's very, very hard for um, for anyone in boxing to, 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 to cross over because obviously we have no ground game. <laughs> if anybody got me to the ground, for example, it would be a huge problem for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think I obviously you, you, have, you, you always have a puncher's chance maybe, but... It's apparently it's very very hard to stay on your feet, um. So I think it was a, an admirable um challenge for her to take on, um. But I would love for her to to uh, just to focus on boxing now. And there's there's a lot of big fights out there for her as well. Like Savannah Marshall, who's a fantastic world champion fighter, um. I think Savannah actually beat her as an amateur fighter. So that's uh that that is a huge 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 fight for now. That's probably one of the biggest fights in boxing as well. So. Um, I think there's a lot of big fights out there for, for Clarissa as well. Uh, one thing I love about the sport of MMA is I feel like the women are treated equally in the sense that yeah. you can have a card, 12 fights, 11 male fights, and then the main event, mm-hmm. two females, and no one bats an eye. No one feels yeah. like it's a lesser product. I feel like boxing has taken a little more time to warm up to the women. Do you agree with that? And why do you think that is? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, the, the first meet night that I ever had with Eddie Hearn uh, just before I turned pro was uh, 
I wanted to take women's boxing where um, the women's um, uh, MMA have, have gone, where they're actually headlining shows, where they're actually the biggest names in, in the UFC, the likes of Ronda Rousey, Amanda Nunes, um, uh, all the, these kind of fighters who are absolute headline acts. And that's exactly where I wanted women's boxing to uh, to go. And um, But I think we have break, broken down a lot of boundaries over these last few years. We have uh, covered a lot of ground, but we still obviously have a long way to go. I love the fact now that it's not unusual anymore for, for um, female fighters to be on every single boxing card, but we obviously still have a long way to go. And I'd love for us to be uh, headline acts. I'd love for, for, for you know, to be involved in a huge pay-per-view show. Um and uh, but I I, I love that the pro, pro, you know the progression that women's boxing has made in the last few years. I would hope if you fight Amanda, that's the headliner, right? I hope so. Yeah, I think it's definitely deserving of a huge. That that's obviously um, a huge, huge fight. That's that's a super fight, mega fight. Not just a women's boxing, but I think boxing overall. This is a fight that people have wanted to, uh, to see for a long time. So it definitely should be a headline act. And we're not doing no Hulu theater stuff, right? We're going to the big arena, correct? I hope so. That's uh, that's uh, the plan. Um, that's what Eddie, Eddie Hearn had talked about. He wants he wants a big arena, Madison Square Garden. He wants to, um, to, to, to fill out the big stadium. So um, like I said, what an absolute privilege to be in this position where I feel like I've sacrificed my whole life for this sport. Now I'm in a, in a position where um, the biggest fight in female boxing is just around the corner. Um, I feel like all my hard work is just uh, is coming to uh, to one of the biggest uh, to one of the biggest events in boxing. Uh, you are thirty five at the moment. How many more years yes. do you want to do this for? Do you have an age in mind? I'm not trying to push you out. You still appear to be yeah. <laughs> very fresh and in your prime. But do do you not want like were you one of those people like Bernard Hopkins, who of course didn't live up to it, who said I'm not fighting past forty? Are you one of those? Um, to be honest, I have no idea. I'm, I'm just taking it kind of year by year. I don't, uh, I haven't put any limits on myself. Um, but yeah, I feel like so many people at the moment have been talking about my retirement as if they're trying to push me out the no, door or something. No, but no. I'm definitely not, um, I'm not thinking about retirement uh, right now. I, I feel like I am very, very fresh. I feel like I have plenty more years left in me. And uh, there's plenty more uh, big fights out there for me as well. So I feel like genuinely the best is yet to come. And I feel like people haven't seen the best of me yet. Um, even over the last few fights, I feel like people have only seen maybe 60 or 70% of, of, of who I am. So I'm definitely excited to to show my best in the, in the next few years. And um, uh, yeah, I'm just excited. Uh, if we can end on this, what would you say to a young girl who looks up to you, but maybe is a little shy to go to the gym, to be a boxer, intimidated because she's the only one in her class who likes boxing, who likes Katie Taylor, right? I'm sure there's a lot of intimidation there. There's a lot of nerves about taking that first step. What would be your advice to that I, person? Yeah, I think that taking the first step is definitely the hardest, isn't it? Because um, it can be a very intim intimidating environment. But I think anybody who takes that step into that threshold has, has my respect instantly because it takes so much courage to step into the ring. And uh, once you do that, um, you know, it's, you're going to just fall in love with the sport as someone who is shy I, I'm a very shy person myself so I can, I, I can definitely relate to that um, but yeah just go for it and uh, I grew up having this unconventional dream of becoming an Olympic champion you know even before women's boxing was even sanctioned as an Olympic sport even before women's boxing was sanctioned in my country so uh, when I was growing up with this dream people were laughing at me nearly as if, as if I was crazy but um, who cares what people think 
Um, if you if you have that dream in your heart, just go for it. And don't let anyone tell you that you can't be anything. Um, that's exactly how I how I, I was brought up. Um, I was brought up knowing that nothing was too big for me. If I got my head down, if I worked hard, nothing was too big for you. And I see you hobnobbing with the likes of Sylvester Stallone, Rocky. You're, I mean, he, I'm, I'm assuming he knew who you were, right? When you met him a couple months ago. Yeah, that's right. We, I met him at the Arnold Schwarzenegger um, event, and uh, yeah, complete gentleman. Uh, she owned my ring, my ring magazine belt, because that's obviously the belt that he won in Rocky Balboa. Right, right. Um, so uh, yeah, it was great to meet him, um, and uh, yeah, he definitely expressed his uh, um, his love for the sport, and he wanted. He obviously uh, we were talking about him him coming to one of my fights as well. So he might even be there at the Amanda Serrano fight. Oh my gosh. I would love to be there as well, Katie. I have to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was a huge fan going into this, an even bigger fan now. I can't thank you enough for doing this. You know, I think the uh, the country loves when you show up on that year-end Late Late Show with the toys and all that stuff. Yeah. You didn't get to do it this time. So this was my gift to them, you coming on at the end of the year on this program. Uh, I, yeah. I can't say enough good things about you. I'm a huge admirer of yours. I'm so impressed by the way you conduct Thank yourself, you. by the way you fight. And I hope that we get that fight at Madison Square Garden um, April, yeah. May. Do you want to give us a date? Do you want to give us a hint, a time frame? Or? Oh, I haven't, I haven't okay, got the date right, myself, right. so yeah. I, I wish I could give you the date. Yeah. Fair enough, fair um, enough. Um, well, I yeah. look forward to it. And when you're in New York, maybe you stop by the studio. We're in New York as well, so we'd love to have Great, you yeah. anytime. Uh, happy holidays, continued success. Thank you so All the much, best Cheryl. to you. And congratulations you on everything that you have accomplished. And again, the role model that you are for not only the Irish people, but you. uh, young men and women across this great world. Thank you so much, Katie. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Gerald. It's great to be here. Great, great to see you. Thank you so much. All right. Talk to you soon. There she is, the one and only Katie Taylor, pound for pound, the best boxer on the planet as far as female boxing is concerned. And she is just a couple days away from perhaps getting that fight that everyone in the world of boxing has been talking about. Amanda Serrano against Katie Taylor. What a huge, huge deal that would be, especially at Madison Square Garden, the mecca, the world's most famous arena at the big arena, not the Hulu Theater. All that needs to happen, it appears, at this juncture, all that needs to happen is Serrano beats Miriam Gutierrez, who, by the way, Katie beat around a year ago. Uh, if that happens on Saturday, Amelie Arena, home of the lightning, Showtime pay-per-view. It looks like we're going to get Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. By the way, Taylor beat Cindy Serrano, Amanda's sister, several years ago. There's a great scene, uh, Boston, locker room. Connor comes in, greets her. The, uh, the, the, the respect and appreciation that they both have for each other is really cool to see. I know some people try to pit them against each other. I don't think that's necessarily fair. They are on their own paths. They are different people doing different things, different sports. Um, and it's, it's, it's okay to be a fan of, of both and to appreciate both and to support both. That was so much fun. I loved every second of that. Uh, and I hope you guys did as well. What a freaking legend. What an absolute legend. What a great, great role model. And what a great fighter. If you are unfamiliar with her as a fighter, uh, I can't recommend watching her enough. Just technically sound and uh, undefeated. Her last loss was 2016 in the Olympic Games where she was screwed by the corrupt judges. So that was super cool. Uh, thank you very much to Katie and her team. I do want to remind you that uh, Dustin Poirier is going to join us, our final guest of the year, who just so happened to be our first guest of the year back in August. What a way to close things out. 
And in a matter of moments before that, we'll talk to GC. We'll also answer some questions on the nose. We'll do what we like to do on this final episode of 2021. What a six-month stretch it has been since I came back here in June, filled the promo, took the little hiatus, came back in August, and now here we are rolling. But before we get to GC... For the final time, I like, oh, (laughs) this is incredible. Wow. I mean, you talk about leaning in. You talk about taking pride. This is tremendous. Wow. I'm trying not to smile because I think we'll lose the beard. This is. We're working with a tough job to get this beard on here. So for the, you know, we have a lot of people, thousands upon thousands of people who just listened to the show. So for the people who are just listening, of course. Really missing out on this. I mean, this is a. This is a winter wonderland experience we're giving you here on the MMAR. This is we've got the stuff. Yule log in back of you. Uh, is that is that a is that a, a like a, a YouTube clip? Like how long is the clip? Will it stop at some point? What are we doing? We got it covered. It's a fire. That's all you need to worry about. Okay. Uh, we've got the hat. We've got the uh, the beard. We've got the glasses. We've got the sweater. Yeah, we've Christmas got the lights. Necklace. Uh, Christmas lights. Necklace. Yeah. The Kobe sweater. I you know I never saw that Kobe sweater. That's a great one. Yeah, you sold it straight from the store. Yeah, the Santa glasses. The hat, I don't love the white to red ratio. I feel like the... Too much white? Yeah, I mean, you guessed it. Like, I feel like the white is a little too thick. No, I think it's just fine, if I'm being honest. Um, wow, you have really outdone yourself. This is a tremendous visual. Look at that. I mean, I'm just looking at you, know, looking at you on the, uh, the monitor. I thought it looked good, here. but now I'm seeing it on the monitor. It's it even looks better. even better than I thought. Yeah, I mean, it looks better. fantastic. I think if I didn't call out the fact that there's a laptop there, I actually think We'd have that, some people fooled, yeah. Yeah. Take the silver out of it also. The silver's kind of ruining yeah. the party. No, it looks like a mini uh, The beard moves with my mouse also. I mean, this is... What is that, tape? What do we got there? Yeah, it was supposed to be adhesive, but it all fell off. So yeah, we are... I This is literally taped to my face, so... Does anyone know why it's called a Yule log? Nah, I have no clue. I feel like Frank knows. Frank? What was the question? Oh my god. Not why is it called attention? a Yule log? Well, he tries to figure that out. You said MF Zoom. I have to I have to finally shout out the guy Locktagon hmm. on Twitter. He's been hitting me up pretty much every day saying if you're a real journalist, you'll you'll credit him wow. uh, for coming up with MF Zoom. Yeah, he was coming straight for your throat. I don't know why he didn't tag you. Wow. But, uh, yeah. There it is. Shout out to Locktagon. He uh he finally got a shout out for the MF Zoom. Wait, thing. so he's saying he's saying that I actually deprived him? Oh yeah, yeah. He's he, say, wow. I mean, he he has been messaging me since like September. So okay, my bad. Well overdue, well earned from from Lockdown there. All right. Um, uh, I also got a shout out. Uh, I forgot to do this on Monday. I got a shout out Jedi Goodman. Oh he, yeah. Uh, he actually placed a sizable bet on uh, Juliana Pena. Takes those winnings. Donates to Movember. We got over a thousand dollars donated to Movember. I what mean, a bench! Yeah, I mean, you talk about a bench, man. Took the wings Jedi Goodman and donated bench. the whole thing, the whole lot. No, 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 not the whole lot. Oh, it was a big bet, though. It was, it was a big he, bet. It was he a actually bet on Julian Pena. Huh? You know, yeah, a lot of people coming donation. out of the woodwork that they bet on Julian Pena. In fact, Chael, my old friend Chael, really put his neck out and said that she was going to win definitively. He said she was a live dog on the show too. I should have yeah. listened to him. Yeah. All right. Well. By the way, how great is Katie Taylor, right? I mean, fantastic. Fantastic. You actually said something very interesting to me before the show. You said, you know, we've got Dustin, we've got Kayla, big stars. Um, but you were actually most looking forward to Ryan Hall and Katie 
different personalities. I feel like both delivered. Yeah, I thought they were great, ways. man. I thought they were great. I mean, Ryan Hall is just, <laughs> he's such a character, dude. Yes. I, I wanted to hear what he had to say. Um, he's a, he's a real interesting you, I'm guy. I'm glad you asked about the shrug. Oh, the shrug is great. It's one of yeah. my favorite things. The picture I brought in for him, like even post-fight when he takes yes. his picture, he does the shrug. He's also He reminds me of that, uh, that character that everyone talks about from The Last Dance, Jordan's security guard. Oh, yeah, yeah, The shrug. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, so we got one weekend left. You know, I keep making a big deal about this break. I mean, we're only going away for two weeks. Yeah, and, <laughs> it's, uh, it's really not that long. <laughs> there's not a lot going on in those two weeks, um, so we're not going to miss out on a lot, but there's a lot going on this weekend. Yes. Uh, final UFC card of the year, Apex. Uh, Chris Dawkins against Derek Lewis. Very important fight at heavyweight. Derek Lewis looking to bounce back after his loss to Surreal Gun back in August. Very important fight at 170 involving uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And Bilal Muhammad, you got names like Cub Swanson and Mateus Gumrod on the card. Of course, we got the big rematch, Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. Uh, the biggest fight in KSW history, which I'm sure you're very tuned in to, uh, and all sorts of things. So please, without further ado, let us know. Yeah, man. I mean, this is a pretty good card. Like, uh, I don't love it from a betting standpoint, so I'm not going to get overly exposed here. I think this is a pretty tough card to bet, but uh, I do think this is a this is a sneaky good card. I feel like some people are kind of sleeping on it because you know we had 269 last year. Now we're kind of working into the holidays, so I think I think it's good, and I'm excited for Saturday. So we'll start it off with the singles. I'm going to take Macy Chazon to oh. pull up the pull off the upset. Wow, over Raquel Pennington. Um, okay. I mean, Pennington, she's obviously fought the stronger competition here. Uh, but I think Macy might have her best days in front of her. She's going to have the big size advantage, four-inch height, four-inch reach advantage. Uh, and I think she's going to be able to have the striking advantage at range. And, you know, this is probably going to turn into a clinch fest up against the cage. But we saw in her last fight, Shazon can actually be effective in the clinch, use those knees, use those elbows. So I think she'll be able to hold her own. And the UFC actually has this listed as a featherweight bout. I think a lot of people think it's going to be a bantamweight. And I think that just benefits Shazon. I mean, we've seen her fight there. It feels with her size. She's more of a natural featherweight. Um, so, you know, I think also that being at featherweight might be more beneficial in the clinch door as well. So I think it's just going to be a razor-thin close fight. I think it could go either way. But with it being able to go either way like that, pretty much a coin flip, I'll take Shazon at plus 180. Okay. First one in the First books. First one in the books. We'll keep it rolling. Another underdog, another female underdog. I'm going to go with Melissa Gatto over Sajara Eubanks uh, at plus 160. Gatto, she obviously had the big layoff from injury, travel restrictions. You know, she had a bunch of canceled fights and everything. But when she came back in the Victoria Leonardo fight, to me, she looked like a different fighter. I mean, at a super young age, 22, last time out, now she's 25. It's it's possible to make those big jumps. She just looked impressive, super aggressive. She was able to fight the takedown attempts from Leonardo, which is what she's going to have to do here in this Eubanks fight. Uh, and she was able to get a stoppage there. You know, Sarge, she's obviously... Kind of become somewhat of a UFC vet now. She struggled at bantamweight. Now she's back to flyweight here. Got got the win last time out. You know, take what you want from that one. But she's going to come in here and she's going to try to get takedowns. Whenever she gets wins, she has over five and a half minutes of control time. When she loses, it's less than three minutes. That's her game plan. Take it down, rack up the control time, you know, work the ground and pound in and get the win that way. But, you know, I think with the way we saw Gatto fight off the takedowns last time out, the, the improvements that I – think I saw that she made since the last time that she fought. You know, I'm willing to trust the uh, the young gun here to be able to fight off those takes down, use her aggressiveness, outstrike uh, Eubanks, and then stay active if she does get taken down and try to get back up from that. So another underdog. I'm willing, I'm willing to play the money on what I think Look is a super you. close fight. Giving back to the people. Look at this. Yeah. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Like I said, I, I mean, you see how small of a unit. I mean, I'm only playing to win half a unit here. I, I just I, – I don't love – 
love the card from a betting standpoint. So I will I will say that, you know, I'm I'm proceeding with caution as we go into this one. All right. Um and then the last single that I got for you, I'm gonna take Stephen Wonderboy Thompson by decision over Bilal Muhammad at even money. I mean, he's going to have a clear striking advantage. I, I don't think anyone is going to argue that. Um, he's also going to have a four-inch reach advantage. I think he's going to play a huge factor in this fight. Everyone's talking about the Gilbert Burns fight. I mean, yes, he got taken down. He he got kind of dominated on the ground. And they say that's the blueprint to beat Wonderboy now. But in my opinion, you know, I think Stephen Thompson also is aware of the Gilbert Burns aspect of this. And I think he's probably been working on that in his camp. I think he's going to come in more prepared, at least definitely aware of the fact that there's the grappling threat from Bilal. And, you know, Bilal, he's very well-rounded, jack-of-all-trades, master of none. I think he's going to need to work in the wrestling and the grappling if he wants to win this fight. I just don't know how much success he's going to have. And if it stays on the feet, there's no doubt for me that Stephen Thompson is going to be able to get this one done. Uh, I don't want to pay the juice. I think he's like minus 220, minus uh-huh. 230 at some of these books. Yep. These are two decision makers. I mean, Stephen Thompson, as he's aged, the KO potential has, has fallen off a little bit. And then Bilal Muhammad, I really just see no finishing threat from him. So I think it does go to decision. I do wow, think, all uh, this shade on Bilal Muhammad. He's going he's gonna to put out a statement about you. So you better be careful. Oh my okay? gosh. I, I, listen, man, I'm not, th- I'm not trying to throw any, any shade on the guy. It's <laughs> I'm just. I'm kidding. I mean, he's going to put out a statement riddled with uh, inaccuracies and grammar mistakes, but he might put it out nevertheless. I, I would actually love that. I would, If he wins, <laughs> he can feel free to put out a statement. Yeah. If he takes my money, it's like the Kyle Crutchmer thing when he put it out on that's Twitter. Right. You know, that's right. I'm a scrub. You know, He took my money. So uh, as long as he wins, feel free to put out a statement. I mean, how can you put out a statement against old St. Nick here? I mean, I mean it's impossible. That's, that's just ridiculous. So those are the three singles, uh, as you saw. I mean, are you, are, you, are you taking a look at these graphics? Let's get the singles recap up here. I mean, we are just getting in the holiday spirit. Oh, with my this God. One. I mean, this is just the graphics. The team, How long does team this is take? Top-notch. How long takes, does this take? It takes some time. It takes some time. It's, I mean, got, look, how good is this? This how is good. tremendous. I mean, you got again for the audio listeners only. You've got the uh, the are they just called lights? Is there yeah, a name lights. for those? Yeah, they're just lights. Christmas lights, I guess. You got the hat. You really wanted to get specific? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I'm not. They're you know, metal lights, Ariel. Metal lights. Um, <laughs> I've always been envious of people who get to celebrate. I know, Kayla Harrison really struck a struck she a did, chord yes, there. Yes, I always wanted to do it. Home Alone, one of my favorite movies. By the way, I'm not about this whole Die Hard is a Christmas movie type of thing. Like it's like I'm, the, I'm actually so strongly in the camp against Die Hard being a yeah, Christmas what is that? movie. It's just a movie that happens at Christmas yes. time. Iron Man 3, that movie happens at Christmas time. Eyes Wide Shut. Even though it came, even though it came out in May. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other gripe that I get into. Yeah, no, but people are very passionate about this. It's sort of like the... Um, is the hot dog a sandwich or is it a... Uh, no, we don't even need to get into yeah. all that. I mean, that's just But why weird. do people... Like, why are people so, you know... They're so adamant that Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Anyway. My roommate, my, my former roommate, man, we used to go into wars about it. I mean, I'm, I'm on the side that it's not. Yeah. Not a Christmas movie. It's an action movie that happens to take place in Christmas, but it is not a Bingo. traditional Christmas movie, which uh, is fine. It yeah. doesn't make it a lesser movie. Anyway, we appreciate the detail. What else we got? Uh, let's run through three quick parlays for you, and then, uh, and then we can get out of here. We'll start with number one, Mateus. I mean, no King. rush. Oh, well, no, I'm not going to rush. I'm but, just saying. You know. Although Kevin Lee just <laughs> hit me up. I, I know I did see that. If you could tell when I when I kind of lost my train of thought, oh, sorry. You know, I'm, get, I'm getting the Slack notification, so I started. Sorry, reading that sorry. I mean, so, I didn't mean no, no, that no, you no, had it's to. nothing against you. I'm just I just I see it, so I'm like, oh wow, we're getting you know. Well, he sends me a Eagle text FC's at one thirty eight. He says I can't keep a spot on the show today, huh? I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were. Uh, you know, I didn't know. Is it, does the ban extend to uh, 
Eagle FC fight. I don't know. You know, listen, yeah. I'm not trying to. Uh, Eagle FC. I mean, that's great. great it's a, by the way, yeah, it's I mean, a great name. Great. I actually like Eagle FC a lot. And I will also say that uh, I like what they're doing. I mean, hey, anytime there's an opportunity for fighters to make money, other avenues, right? Different options. I think it's great for everyone. So God bless. Anyway, I just wanted Absolutely. to say that. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fighting my own my own battles back here. The the beard's starting to get to me on the. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I might, I might sneeze at some point in this. That's one. That's fine. We like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about sneezing in these in these times we got on the show. All right, let's get into part. Oh my god, one, yeah, though. good point. Mateus Gamrat going up against CDF Carlos Diego Ferreira. Uh, wow, I mean that was good. Uh, yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> That was free-flowing right there. I mean, I sounded like an expert. Uh, I mean, this is a huge test for Gamera. I mean, he's one of the hottest prospects in the division. CDF, he's fought some of the best at, at lightweight. Um, but he is aging a little bit. And, you know, if I if I was a CDF better this weekend, I'd be worried about the weight cut. I mean, he, he weighed in at 160 last time, so there's no telling what we're going to get him at this time around. Um, Gamera, like I mentioned, he's one of the hottest prospects in the division, double champ over at KSW. If you stay seven years over there and you become a double champ, you're going to fight some killers over that course of the time. So he's definitely got the season. I mean, you could even make an argument that he beat Gorham last time out, and he should be 20-0 and right now. But, you know, sometimes... Losses are the best things that happen to a fighter. And since he had that loss, Holtzman and Jeremy Stevens, he ran through both of them. He made Jeremy Stevens. I know it's not the same Jeremy Stevens of all, but he made he made that look easy. He's just so well-rounded. He can handle himself wherever this fight goes. I think Gamrit, he uses the cardio, he uses the pace, he wears on CDF over the course of 15 minutes, and he gets the decision. And then the second piece of this one, Ricky Simon over Rafael, a Sun Sal. A Sun Sal. Actually, yeah. you nailed the Sun Sal. You blew Simon. It's Simone. Hi, I said, I said Simon. I you, said you Simon said, like Simon says. Yeah. My brain you starts were getting so, so... No, I you mean, were so worried on, about so a fast. sun sow that you, <laughs> you, nailed, you nailed that one, but you didn't I'm get the easy scrub. one. I mean, it's too, to me, this is two fighters going in the opposite direction. A sun sow, he's 39. Mm-hmm. Best days are probably behind him. Three-fight losing streak. Albeit it was to Mariah Sandhagen and Garbrandt. Other hand, Simone, he's only 29. Three-fight win streak. You know, I think he's just going to use that high pace aggressiveness. He's got 26 takedowns in his last four fights. I know Rafael, he's got great takedown defense, but I think Simon's just Simone. I'm just to- totally thrown off at this point. I think he's just going to keep coming back to the well time and tide again until eventually he's successful and he's going to be able to grind out a decision win over him over the course of 15 minutes. I love it. By the way, uh, KSW mentioned when talking about Gamrot, the former 155 champ, yeah. I feel like that's uh, a placeholder for the eventual – Roberto Soldich <laughs> versus Mamed Khalidov pick that we're about to get in a matter of moments. We shall see. Please. That was a nice tease. That was yeah. an excellent tease for all the KSW betters yeah. hanging on out there. <laughs> uh, next up, we got parlay number two. Gerald Mearshot. I'm going to take him over Dustin Stolfus. Only way I see Stolfus winning this one is, is by knockout. Jared, his chin isn't what it used to be, but I, I think he could still hold up to be able to get him to the ground, start working the position, and get a submission. Stolfus, he's coming off a submission loss to Vieira. We've seen him taken down in every single one of his UFC fights. I think Gerald is just too skilled. He's going to be able to find a way to take it to the mat and get a finish. Second leg, Heone Barcelos over Victor Henry. I mean, first and foremost, Victor Henry is a beast. I mean, he spent a lot of time fighting in Japan. He's got crisp, crisp striking, nice groundwork, but this is just a lot to ask in his UFC debut. Barcelos, fantastic striking, good striking defensively, BJJ black belt, wrestling national champion in Brazil. I mean, He's been fighting his entire life. He started fighting when he was three years old. He's coming off a razor-thin loss to Tamir Valiev. Like I mentioned, sometimes losses are the best thing to happen to fighters. It's his first loss since 2014. I think he's going to come back better here and get the win over Victor Henry. 
All right. Victor Henry, by the way, uh, there's a great clip that uh, Casey, who's a member of our team, uh, did on Victor Henry. Maybe, oh my gosh, he might remind me now, 2014, 15, when he was just coming up, uh, they went to his house. Like They did a really great profile. It's still up on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel, I believe. And uh, you can learn more about this guy who is finally getting an opportunity, a protege of one Josh Barnett, the war master, uh, getting a short notice opportunity to finally compete in the UFC. It's a great story. Yeah, I mean, Victor Henry, he is a uh, he is something to watch. I would definitely recommend if you if you have some extra time watching some of his older fights because he is he is super talented. Uh, and then we'll finish it up. We had some success in it last week, so we're going to go back to the well this week. We got a prop parlay, three legs to it. It's going to oh pay God. out. Of, it's so going to pay pressure out. here. Jeez. Uh, we don't a believe prop it. parlay. We, we, yeah, we like the pressure. The okay. prop parlay was successful last week. I, I like this one here. Uh, we'll, we'll kick it off. Tafa Hunsucker does not go the distance. I know Tafa's coming off two two straight fights that have gone to, to a decision, but against heavyweights that weren't really strangers to decisions, Carlos Felipe and Jared Vandera, so I don't really fault him there. And it's his opponent that really makes me take this bet here, Harry Hunsucker. I mean, he is kill or be killed. If he finishes you or you're going to finish him, 11 pro fights, seven wins, four losses, all ending in the first round, seven of which lasted less than 90 seconds. I mean, it's two heavyweights in what should be a firefight. Don't see it going 15. Thompson Bilal, I'm going to take that one to start round three. Only really way I see this not starting round three is if Stephen Thompson lands a karate kick or something crazy like that. I mean, like I said earlier, this is just two decision makers going against each other. Wonder Boy, he's pretty much a point fighter at this stage of his career. Seven of his last eight have gone to decision. Only one that didn't was that Pettis KO. I just don't see Bilal finishing him either. I, I mean, I'd be shocked, honestly. He hasn't finished someone inside the first two rounds since 2013. 17 of his last 19 fights have started the third round. So I see round three starting in this one and then finish it off. Main event, Lewis Dawkins' fight does not go the distance. Obviously, anything can happen. I mean, Lewis and Ngannou went the distance, but, I mean, this is a five-round fight, which I think strongly benefits us here. Derek Lewis, he's one shot away from putting you out at any moment during the fight. 27 of his 33 fights have ended early. Eight five-rounders in his career none of which have gone to a decision. Chris Dawkins only been to a decision once in his 15-fight pro career, and beyond that one decision, he's never even made it to a third round. Nine of them ended in the first. I mean, these, these are two guys. I think the poster has, like, what, 31 combined knockouts that these guys have. They're, they're advertising violence on this one. I, I think they're going to deliver with this one. Even if, even if Dawkins can dodge the Black Beast... I think he'll be able to. I think Lewis will gas and he'll be able to finish him. So either way, I don't see it going the distance. That'll pay out at plus one hundred five. It feels like one of those classic fights where everyone's like, "There's no chance this goes the distance," and then it goes the distance. It's like uh, what was it? Tiago Santos for yeah. uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Walker, Wa- Johnny the, Walker, Johnny Walker. The yeah. the announcer that night was like, "Oh man, there's, there's no, no way. There's no chance." Every like, time they say that, it actually goes the distance. It's like anytime they say, "Oh, this field goal kicker hasn't missed in yep. 65 attempts," they miss yeah, they or free throws miss. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I wouldn't be shocked. Anything can happen. Juliana Pena, like you could never mm-hmm. speak in any certain in this sport this is also a card i don't love so hopefully we can come away with a winning weekend hopefully santa can can deliver some winners out uh yeah we can go into the new year on a uh, on a little win streak get it get it back going is that it now you think you're waiting wow I i think you're waiting for jake paul or ksw or something no jake paul huh this surprises me what I'm thinking about doing is adding Jake Paul to the air fryer. I, I don't know. I was, I was telling Frank this at, at lunch. I don't know. I mean, it's just like— You're not I, feeling it or what? I just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I know. I just don't know what's going to happen. And, like, why would wow. I put the money down? Why not, just, no, why not just watch it? I mean, I would assume Jake Paul's going to win, right? But then what if Tyron knocks him out? I mean, it's still—listen, t- it's still Tyron Woodley. 
I was That's what I'm saying, a champion. Yeah, I was listening to some guys, boxing guys, talk about the fight, and they're like, oh, you know, he was... Um, you know, he was slow. He respected you. He took some rounds to warm up. The issue is that has been Tyron in MMA, right? That has been Tyron. Yes. He has been slow to ignite. He doesn't pull the trigger. He's been a little tentative. That's been the issue that plagued him towards the end of his run in MMA. And what I said going into the fight, if you recall, was I fear because he's in a new sport, those issues would actually become exacerbated because... He's a fish out of water. He's never boxed before. Boxing is completely different than MMA. You have to worry about a whole bunch of different things. Now that he has one fight under his belt, now that he has an eight-round fight under his belt, he's been there. He knows who Jake Paul is. He's felt him. I would also say probably Jake Paul has improved more since August than Woodley has just because he's younger and he's actually been training for a fight and Tyron hasn't. I'm just curious, does Tyron start the fight more aggressive does he, does he let it fly? Does he take all those concerns and criticisms that people levied against him about not knocking him out in the fourth round? Does he take him to heart? And does he actually try and put an exclamation point on this? If he does, I think he might be successful. If he doesn't, I think Jake Paul will probably win this fight again via decision. I don't know if Jake can knock out Tyron Woodley. Woodley's a hard guy to knock out, especially when you're fighting with 10-ounce gloves. But man. Right, like what if Tyron Woodley just goes in there and he's just like, half a milli on the line. I'm just going to let the hands yeah. fly until I gas out. And if I lose another decision, I lose another decision. Right. I mean, and what if it's what you said? What if Jake Paul has just been improving and he just does work his way to a decision? I mean, to me, there's just too many variables. I just really don't know. Uh, like, I just, I just don't know what's going to happen. And, and like, therefore, maybe, maybe the unders a play. I don't know. Jake always likes to talk about how, um, I actually, I was listening to an interview with him recently. He, I don't know if you pay attention much to him, uh, I obviously do because I'm working the the broadcast and whatnot, so I want to see what they're saying. Um, he loves to talk about needing some time off. You know, he's fought four times in the span of a year and all this stuff. This will be his fourth fight essentially since November of last year. So a little over a year, four fights. Very active. Regardless of the competition, you're going through a training camp. You're putting your body through war. And how he has no time to do anything. In fact, he keeps mentioning that he hasn't gone to the dentist. I need to go to the dentist. I need to get a proper haircut. He always mentions the dentist thing, which really sticks with me. Because to me, it's like, you can't go to the dentist for an hour? Like, really? <laughs> and why is the dentist such a big deal for you in the sense that you always bring it up in all your interviews? I guarantee you this week, mark my words, at some point if he wins this fight, especially in the aftermath, he will mention the fact that he hasn't been to the dentist and that he would like to go to the dentist. I'm going to explore this. Why is this such a big issue for him? And why could he not, you know, bounce for an hour? Maybe there's no good dentist for him in Puerto Rico where he yeah, trains. Um He's dedicated to his craft. Yeah, I, he is. I actually need to find a dentist. That's on my to-do list. York? I haven't, yeah, I haven't found one since I moved down here. By the way, I got a very nice um, wedding invitation. <laughs> <off>. <laughs> I did not expect you to bring this up. Well, I mean, I just want to give a shout-out to Philip and Abby Clare, who invited me to their wedding on January 15th in uh, Tunnel Hill, Georgia. All right. I'm not familiar with Philip and Abby Clare. Right. It's a brilliant uh, invitation. I'm not going to put it up right here, but it's a brilliant invitation. I mean... Here's a picture of them right over there. Can you, can you get a shot of that? There they are, the lovebirds. Uh, and they were kind enough to invite me to their wedding. I've, To the best of my knowledge, and I might be outing myself here, I do not know who these people are, but there it was on my desk when right. I arrived today with a very nice note about wanting to celebrate in honor of the Bills, Bills Mafia, and go through tables at the wedding. That was part of the pitch. I assume they can expect you there then, correct? Well, what's the line? What do you think the line is right now of me showing up to the wedding? We're setting lines on this. <laughs> uh, 
No, minus 5,000, yes, <laughs> plus 2,500. Yeah, something like that. We can go down to Georgia together. I'll drive you up to yeah. Tunnel Hill, and I'll be back on Sunday to pick you up. Well, I actually thought this had something to do with you because I don't know a lot of people in Georgia. No. Um, if we go to that wedding, then we got to go do the matzo ball soup at mom's yeah. house as well. That, yeah. we'll, just take the, we'll just take the the tour on the road here. Yeah, that would be great. All right, so no Jake Paul pick. No Woodley pick, and it appears no KSW pick. And, uh, no KSW, but we're going to have Ryzen on New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. You're going to do it? I'm going to do it. Man. I love it. It's middle of the, the night, by the way. Yeah. I hope that's you— perfect uh, for, That's perfect for New Year's Eve. I mean, the itch will be going after, you know, what do we have, 10 days off? Right, right, yeah, right. It'll, it'll kick back in when Ryzen rolls around. And just so you know, it's it's like essentially the 30th going to the 31st because it's in Japan. Oh, Wow, that Does changes that not everything. Work? I mean, I'll, st- I'll still <laughs> I had do a it. Feeling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was expecting, you know, it's New Year's Eve. No. You know, we got the rising on in the background. Uh, yeah. That Listen, to complete, you know, your I want I don't want to say first full year as like an MMA lifer because you only joined us in uh in September essentially. Uh by the way, it feels like much more than 3-4 months. Um you have to sort of, you know, you have to go through a Japanese card New Year's Eve like it's it's kind of a part of the the process. Yeah. Listen, uh, I, I know you're not a New Year's. I know you're not a New Year's resolution guy, but my no. resolution is to place a wager on at least. What are we going to set the number at? Five, five non- MMA organizations that are not UFC or Bellator or PFL or PFL. So we. So what do we got? LFA, LFA, Rising, KSW, KSW Rising Cage, Cage Warriors. Warriors. Yep. We can get to five. I that's, think we get to five. The, Easy. That's the New Year's Eagle resolution. FC. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there it is. There's the five right there. We just listed it off. There it is. Uh, uh, I do want to let people know that you can watch the KSW pay-per-view, which is really their biggest fight ever in um, in many pundits' eyes. It's Mamed Khalidov, who's probably the best fighter to never fight in the UFC active right now. Um, consider, I mean, obviously you could talk about Kayla and you can mention Fedor. Ah, Fedor's still active, so I'll say I'll, I'll still say Fedor. But Khalidov is up there. Um, and Roberto Soldich, who has a great, great resume as well. You can watch it. Uh, on kswtv.com and the KSW app. They're not asking me to do this. I asked them because I want people to check out their production. It's a uh, it's a really, really great event. And it's going on at 1 p.m. Eastern. So there's nothing really going up against it as far as MMA is concerned. Uh, it's also, so you can watch it on KSW TV and the KSW app, USA, Canada, UK, Ireland. It's also uh, the first event on Viaplay, exclusive for Poland, all of the Scandinavia and... Uh, all of Scandinavia and the Baltics as well. So check what's, that out. Uh, what's the main event again? Mamed? It's Roberto Soldich yeah. against Mamed Khalidov. Soldich minus 260. I might be able to get a little higher. Come on. I might, I might, I might have to take DraftKings? I got the odds up here. Uh, or, doesn't, look, doesn't look like it's yeah, up on DraftKings yet, yeah. but I bet it will be eventually. You think so? No. No, I don't think so either. Speaking of DraftKings, DraftKings yes. League, we're, we're, we're working the kinks out this week. We're going to have it up and running. Yeah, it's going to happen? It's going to happen. 200 plus people? Yeah, we, I think we hit like 195 last week. So, do it for the Jake Paul fight. Yeah, I wonder if you, I wonder if you could. I don't know if you know this, but if one fighter lands a punch, you get a hundred up to a hundred dollars in free bucks. bets. I don't know yeah, if you heard. Yeah, that's that's the people of people of DraftKings are treating as well. They are. They are. Um, all right. So there you have it. Yeah. Kevin Lee up next. Kevin Lee is actually going to join us in a matter wow. of moments. He said... Yeah, uh, the uh, control room has been frantically uh, preparing <laughs> for him while I've been sitting here. <laughs> wow, you really uh, you were able to block that out. Uh, so it's been, uh, it's been a big morning for Kevin Lee, uh, but I don't want to rush you off. You got Anything else that you want to share? Or That's all I got. Last show of the year. Yeah. 
Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's great. You gave me a a, a, a gift card earlier, and then the I, I was scolded about reading it, not reading it, save it for home, don't save it for home, read it here, don't read it here. I was very confused. In the I end, left it up to you. I opened it, but didn't read the note. I don't know if you got sentimental you just, on me. You grabbed you grabbed the I gift card the, and threw did, the card away. Well, at that point, Classic you know. Classic Yeah. All right. Well, thank yeah, happy, you for that. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. We'll see you on January 3rd for the award show. Joyous Kwanzaa as well. Joyous Kwanzaa. Can't forget that. We do all the holidays here at the we end We do of the all the holidays. Um, Corporate Alex, make sure that we celebrate everything appropriately <laughs> uh, <laughs> and equally. And uh, no, thank you for all your contributions since September. I mean, I'm just so happy that we were able to save you from the uh, the Titanic yes, that is. Uh, yes. <laughs> Brought me back from the dead. More than honored to be here. Yes, thank you, thank you. And thank you for always bringing it with the uh, the props. I love it. I can't wait to see what you do for Easter. Easter, and, uh, I might have the whole bunny costume. You, know you didn't dress know. up for Halloween, though, by the way. Yeah, I think we were still working in. We're I think still, we are still yeah. getting comfortable. Next year, we're getting into different fighting organizations. We're 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 doing all the holidays. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it is awkward though because I feel like uh, New York Rick doesn't really quite bring it with the same type of pizzazz. Oh, yeah. He's got shaking fists at home right now. But his mic technique, wow. he feels threatened. Is great. Look at that! Oh, look at that! Where is he, Mister <laughs> Monday? <laughs> I love wow. the empty shot. I mean, look at that! I mean, the the, the comparison. Shots I know are, it's just it's wow, it's, it's stark. Uh, I mean, this this is you 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 bring your parents over here, you bring the whole family to this side, and then this is you know out in the cold. Oof! Look at that. It's, oh, I don't know what that is. Is that just Tucker's <laughs> gone rogue? Yeah. Is that Tuck, I love yeah? It. Tucker has just completely gone rogue. Here. I love it. What is that? Bars and tones? Is that yeah, the uh, little B's and T's? The the universal symbol of one uh, New York Rick. All right. Yeah, well, thank like you very I'm much. Slouch down like this. Is, I'm just keep. This is good. If we continued, I would. Be out of the shot here eventually. I don't know All what right. the line was uh, of your beard sticking on the entire segment. I but mean, it, I would have said no was like yeah. minus 1,000. I mean, this is a a little Christmas miracle that the beard st- stayed on this entire time. I'm also getting breaking news here to the show. Kevin Lee has joined the Zoom. Okay, room, so. there you go. How about that? Kevin Lee joining us in a matter of moments. Uh, do want to uh, send our best to everyone. It's a crazy time. You're seeing a lot of sports dealing with uh, COVID right now and all kinds of things. So just want to Tell everyone to be safe and be healthy and try your best to be as uh, diligent as possible. Hopefully, much, much, much better days are ahead for uh, 2022. And, uh, it, 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 you know, it's upsetting and it breaks your heart to see stuff starting to swell up again. Um, and so I just want to wish the best to everyone who may be uh, dealing with some unfortunate news, some health issues, things of that nature. Um, at the moment and of course during the holiday season as well everyone wants to be with uh, family and friends so just please uh, be as uh, you know diligent and uh, as safe and healthy as possible all right so uh, a bit of breaking news here how about this uh want to let you know that at four o'clock of course we're going to be joined by dustin poirier our final guest uh, that remains and i'm looking forward to that after dustin we're supposed to do on the nose right now but we'll have to switch things up it's okay if we go to a little long corporate alex told me because we're not going to do a show for two weeks so we'll we'll gift you that but this morning in miami uh some breaking news uh the other hot free agent in mma the motown phenom who we just spoke to a couple weeks ago uh was unveiled as the latest free agent signing for one eagle fc the upstart eagle fc which will hold 
Uh, it's uh, 44th event, Eagle FC 44, on January 28th in Miami. They're hoping to put on eight to ten events in the United States next year. Founded, of course, by the great Khabib Nurmagomedov. They unveiled that they had signed Kevin Lee, the Motown phenom, to an exclusive deal. And he'll debut March 11th, and not only March 11th, but at 165 pounds. 165, 175. Very, very interesting stuff. And so how about this? This is the beauty of doing the Wednesday show. We're able to tag people in who are breaking news on days not named Monday. Without further ado, let's check in with the one and only Kevin Lee. Kevin, there he is. Oh. How you doing? How fast the world changes. This is crazy, man. Two weeks ago, you're in the airport. You're a little bit down. Now you got a massive smile. You've changed up the facial hair. The hair is looking great. You've leveled up. Yeah. 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 We, we, that's, that's what the day is about. You know, it only took two weeks to imagine what I'm going to do in the next two weeks, man. Okay. So congratulations. By the way, I didn't want to bother you today. I know you're out there hobnobbing with Habib and everyone. You know, I felt like it was a lot to handle. So that's why I didn't reach out. But of course, look at me. Yeah, I give Ariel the scoop. I give you the scoop and then all of a sudden I get snubbed. No, there's no snub. Come on, What's going on? There's no snub. Either that or or you're trying to have me as the special surprise guest There we go. Which I guess guess that's what we're doing, huh? That's what we're doing. The special surprise guest, the Motown Phenom. Okay, so tell us, how did this all come together? What happened? We talked to you two weeks ago, literally on the show. You're in the airport. You're sad. You're down. You just get the papers. You don't even get a phone call, for God's sakes. You don't get a text. You get nothing. You get an email. How does this happen? Why Eagle FC? How did it all go down? Um, Really, it happened on the the flight back from that that flight that I took. Uh, I took that one. I went over to a Caribbean island, kind of, you know, to get myself back together. Um, felt like I did that. Uh, a lot of things happened that that kind of gave me back my confidence there. Uh, I'm walking through airports and I'm in a totally different country and people are recognizing me left and right here and there. And uh, it reminded me like, oh, you know, I might not be a UFC fighter, but I'm still him. You know, when people come up to me and they're like, are you Kevin Lee? Yeah, I'm still him. And I've got all these experiences. I've got all this stuff. So um, that gave me my confidence back. As soon as I did, I, I fly back here. I get a call from Ali um, to make the to even just say that this is a possibility. Um, I had a bunch of other different offers on the table, but he made the offer sweet sweet enough to where it made sense to do it. Wow. So who are you? Um, you know, who are you weighing? Who are you deciding to to join? Who is in the mix here? Uh, I, I want to say it's like maybe four different promotions. Okay. Um, I'm not going to promote them right now because they ain't pay me enough. Yeah, let's go. So uh, no it, it went with uh, it went with Eagle FC, you know? And I, and I feel like with Khabib backing it too and him already being a champ, him already being a fighter, him already knowing the type of shit that we go through, uh, it, he, it made him stand out even more beyond any of them other promoters. Now, I must say, when I first heard this news, and we talked about it a bit when you were on the program... I mean, you have had an interesting relationship with Habib. You chased this guy for a long time. You've talked about the yeah. Dagestani fans. You tried to go after Islam to fight him as well. I mean, for the most part, it was respectful, but you wanted to beat these guys. Yeah. Now you're in business with him. What's that like? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's different. You know, it's, it's crazy how the world works. Um, I mean, a big reason why you ask for a fight like that is is to gain his respect, right? Um, after the fight, then we are going to shake hands and, and do all this and, and have some respect. And now it's like, I can get that in a different way, uh, with being business partners with him. 
Um, I feel like we can accomplish a lot in this sport and we can do a lot uh, that these other promotions that I fail to mention, like that they just ain't doing. And I, I feel like we could take them all over. So um, it, it, it made sense. You know, it's our past was never really like one built on animosity, mm. to be honest with you. It, it was more so I saw what he was capable of way before anybody else did and, and way before um he he became a champion or anything like that. That's why I wanted to fight him. And uh, I see what he can do now as being a promoter after his fighting career. Uh, I saw you on the dais earlier today at the press conference sitting next to him. Somewhat surreal sight. Uh, was today the first time that you ever actually met him? Yeah, yeah. Wow. First time I actually ever met him in person. Wow. Uh, we we didn't have to go into, into, you know, oh, I wanted to fight you and then now we cool. We didn't even have to speak on all that, you know. You, you could just kind of tell uh off a man's eyes sometimes uh with the messages behind it and uh i'm gonna let the action speak for for you know i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna shed some blood for him so all good no it wasn't awkward no tension nothing like that no nah, no nah, no tension i mean Khabib, khabib's a respectful guy you know he he's uh he, he gets a lot of respect for a reason he, he so there, there's no no tension no nothing like that uh, your manager, Markel Martin, told me that uh, part of the appeal of this deal is that you're going to be paid in Bitcoin. Is that accurate? Yep. Yep. So how did yeah. that all come about? Which was is, that uh, your idea or their idea? Uh, it, it was a joint idea. You know, um, Markel is part of CAA, uh, the best agency in the world, the biggest. Um, so, you know, we, we I've been investing in them since 2017 um, after my fight with Tony. I invested in Bitcoin all the way back then. And it honestly, when I, when I had the knee surgeries, it saved my ass uh, because I forgot about that money. But then when Bitcoin blew back up, uh, that gave me some money to live off of. So it's, it's something huh. that I, I really uh, believe in and really believe that, that that's honestly going to be the big future. So to be the first uh, MMA fighter who has a, a deal, a million dollars, millions of a deal worth millions of dollars in Bitcoin, wow. the first one. Uh, there, there was some appeal to that for me. Now, uh, could I ask, and you know, if you can't answer, I respect it, is the entire deal in Bitcoin or is it partially in Bitcoin? Um, it's entirely in Bitcoin. Wow. Entirely. Yeah. That's wild. But it's U.S. Yeah, it's, it's an it's a, a, a equivalent to U.S. dollars. Gotcha. But wow. it's entirely in Bitcoin. That's f- and and you're, you're cool with that? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I was going to... I take my money anyway and invest in it. So right. now I'm just cutting out the middleman. Um, and, and, you know, Bitcoin is something that's, it's global. So, you know, if I do fight in Abu Dhabi, I do fight in Moscow, I do want to put on these, these big fights uh, that, that we're partnering with. Um, it's just go straight to Bitcoin. Why, why go through us? How many fights on the contract? Uh, first one is four fight deal. Okay. And it's exclusive, right? No bouncing around. Yes. Okay. Uh, there, there's some room for, for co-promotion in the future. Um, and I, and I think that's, uh, that's going to be something that, that changes up the game. You know, it's, it's about time that mixed martial arts kind of get on board with, uh, with the rest of combat sports. I mean, boxing has done it for, for so long, you know, um, I couldn't tell you who Terrence Crawford promoter is. I can't tell you who Anthony Joshua promoter is. I, you know, I, I can't tell you who these guys are have behind the scenes but i know those guys you know and, and it's about time that that mma and, and mixed martial arts get on on board of that with that you know it's no longer uh i'm just a ufc fighter 
Like, no, now I, I am Kevin Lee, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, co-promotion is a part of that. I love that. And I hope that day comes in the future. And that's not throwing shade on anyone. I just think it's better for the fighters if you guys are able to do that sort of thing. And then we could see the biggest fights possible. Now, the other interesting thing that came out is that you're going to be fighting at 165 pounds. And I love this because there are so many different promotions out there right now trying to make a name for themselves. And and back in the day, for example, Strike Force, how did they differentiate themselves from the UFC? They had a women's division. UFC didn't. So that was their mm-hmm. thing. No one's gone after 165, 175. And with so many promotions and fighters, it's hard to be different. That's one way to be different. And right off the bat, you see the reaction to this. It's great. People love it. And you're the perfect guy to head that up. Was that your decision? Was that your idea? Or was that their idea that they pitched to you? Uh, it was It was their idea. Wow. And um, that, that made it even make more sense for me, you know? It's like, okay, I, I see y'all, y'all are forward thinking, you know, you, you're not just going to do uh, the conventional same old, same old, uh, and just try and outcompete somebody else. Like, no, let's think outside the box here. Um, 165 is, is something that it was, it's inevitable. Mm. I mean, this is the first one. This is the inaugural. I'll, I'll be the first champ. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a, it's a bit of history there. Um, I think after a while, we're going to look back on times like this and, and there's an established lineage of 165 champions, just the same way it was with 155. Um, something that's bo- boxing's done, right? They 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 add these new weight classes, and then people become champ, and, and then all of a sudden, like, okay, there's a lineage here. Um, so this is the start of that. Wow, I love that. So is it 165 only for you? Or are you gonna bounce around? No, it's 65. 65 home. Um, yeah, it's and and it fits it fits well for me, you know. Um, I don't have to worry about cutting that massive amount of weight anymore. And I'm the best man in the world who's willing to step in at 165. And so your debut is going to be March 11th? Yep. Any idea who the opponent will be? No, we're not set on opponent yet. Um, Some names have been bounced around. Um, Diego Sanchez is a name that's been bounced around. Hmm. Uh, There's a couple other guys that, that... they may have their, their eyes on. I, I think they're going to make some big signings pretty soon. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll determine the opponent. Okay. The most important thing is I'm going to put together a highlight reel and, uh, and, and entertain the people. Are you going to fight for a belt right off the bat, or are they going to build up the division first? No, I, I think it makes sense to build up the division first, to have a few fights first, and then fight for, for a title. Um, that, that's what I would want, too, you know? Um, it, it just secures the championship even more. It seems like their American operation is going to be based in Miami, which is where you are right now. They've got this uh, arena, the FLX arena. I think that's where the fights are going to uh, air. Uh, and I yep. noticed that at the press conference, you said you're going to relocate to Miami. Yep. Why? Um, to be a part, you know, this is new home now. You know, if my octagon is here, if my hexagon now, I guess, uh-huh. uh, if, if that's here, um, then, then my whole life will be here. So I, I'll go ahead and relocate. I'll, I'll still work with with TriStar and, and Faraz Ahabi. Uh-huh. Um, that that's going to be a relationship that we're going to have to establish and, and get going. Uh, but the rest of everything that I have will move over from Vegas down here to Miami. So, and if I can be half as big in Miami as I did in Vegas, uh, then <laughs> the world is my oyster. You know? Yeah. So who, Scarface. Where, where you where are you gonna where are you gonna train? Uh, with Sanford, Sanford MMA. I, I've been up there a few times. Um, I like the energy in the gym. Uh, I, I've got to, they've got the right training partners. Um, yeah, so. Wow, this I'll is fascinating. Up. 
who's going to be your head coach? Uh, Faraz Ahabi is still my head coach. Okay. Um, he, he's still the man that I, that I go to, uh, when I really need that, that, you know, that, that kind of guidance. Um, but like I said, we, we're going to set up how the relationship will work. If I'm, if I'm going to go there for camps or, or I, I don't, I'm not entirely sure on that. Uh, a couple people have already done it. Like Roy McDonald has, has trained at TriStar in mm. here at Sanford at the same time. So I think that 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 relation, you know, that that kind of connection is already open. Um, and and obviously, I'm still if if I'm ever in Vegas, I'm still going to train with with Extreme Couture. I'm still going to train with with Eric Nixick. I mean, uh, Henry Hoof loves Nixick. There's a mutual relationship there, so um, it's a small world that that we live in. Um, how do you feel about leaving Vegas? Mixed emotions. How do you how do you feel about that? It's it's bittersweet, you know. I, I've I've gained a lot of like healthy and, and good relationships over all these years um all the training partners all the coaches all the all the people that work for the ufc you know that, that that's one of the hard parts about uh leaving there is i had a lot of people i had to text and say you know uh i'll see you when i see you but um it's, it's bittersweet but honestly it's it's kind of necessary for me to move on and and, and kind of grow and use all the stuff that i learned in those relationships towards the next ones by the way, when you came on the show and said that you know you didn't get a call and all this stuff, did you hear anything afterwards? Text, DM. I, 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 I spoke with Hunter. I think was that was that after? Uh, you said it was or right. You said you reached out to him. You said you reached out to him. You you tracked him down. You got his number and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, I spoke with Hunter, but no, nothing else. Nothing else since then. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not that bitter about it. It's it's all right. You know, I, I could sit up there and be like. Oh, I did this, and uh, you know, I gave you Tony Ferguson, and I made Charles for you, and I and I shed all this blood, and I did X, Y, and Z. I could do that forever, right? Um, they could probably do the same thing, but you know, at this point, is no, it's not necessary, and it's really no benefit in doing that. I learned a lot from them. I gave a lot to the company. Uh, they did a lot for me in return, and you know, we'll we'll move on from there. And you know, I wish them the best of luck. Uh, you mentioned, you know, um, having the conversation with Ali Abdelaziz, who's obviously the longtime manager of Habib, who's a part of this. I mean, he's on the opposite side of your management team, and you've talked about him as well. What's it like doing business with him? Yeah, that's a uh, that's a different dynamic, you know. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's different. That's different. Ali is uh, Ali's a good guy, though. He's never been. He yeah he he, he he's a solid individual. Um, so. This this will be a, a very uh, fun and lucrative uh, relationship that that we start and uh, that we continue. So so no, I mean that's not strange for you. No hesitation, no nothing. There were no concerns there, or maybe there were initially that you had to get over. Did you have to hash anything out? Talk about anything between me and Ali? You mean? Yeah. No, no. There's never been anything like that. Um, no, it's 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 solid. You know, I think it. I think it's a mutual respect for sure. Um, and there's even a mutual respect between him and him and my management. Um, you know, but I, I know the, I still have the people with me that are with me, you know what I mean? Um, CAA and, and, and Markel, they're, they're really with me. So, uh, that, that gives me a little bit of comfort in any type of negotiations or however that we have. Can I, I'm going to ask you, you know, maybe somewhat of a uncomfortable question and, and I hope that you can appreciate it because of what we Shoot surmised. 
um, that maybe you were kind of caught in the crossfire of a political war, if you will, between the UFC and CAA and your management and, and the UFC. Was there any part of you after the way in which you were let go who thought that maybe you should leave them as well? That I should leave CAA? Yeah. No, no. Um, no, I'm, I'm a loyal, you know, lo loyalty uh, and respect meaning a lot to me and a lot more than money even. Um, so when people do kind of show their real colors, their, their true colors, then, then it just shows how that person is. But it's not going to make me change how I am. So by, by them, you know, cutting me and, 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 and making them bullshit excuses for it, uh, it, it doesn't, it's not going to make me turn on the people that's really with me, you know? Um, and, and it's, and it's a low learning, growing process, you know, I, I would feel the same way if they, they didn't turn their back on me when I lost, you know, mm -hmm. when I was hands down for sure that I was going to win. So why would I do the same, you know, just for, just for missteps, you know, in politics, things happen. These things happen. Like sometimes people ain't gonna like what you, what you got to say. If, if, as long as your intentions is true and right, well then I'm gonna stand by you and, and we gonna ride the wave and see how I go. I had a feeling you would say that, but I was just uh, curious and I wanted to ask the question. Um, I know that the deal is different. Because not, not only that, not, not only that, but let me, let me just e expand please, on it a please. little bit. Um, you know, uh, uh, us in the MMA world, like, it's a small world that we live in. You know what I mean? But it's a big-ass world outside. A huge world outside. So that that's kind of where my eyes are, too. You know, I'm, I'm not just uh, I'm not just stuck in this. Mm -hmm. Like, there, there's a lot of shit you can do in this world. You're talking there's about... A lot of money to be made. I'm a prize fighter. Right. Opportunities maybe even outside of fighting as well is what you're referring to, I, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, and 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 how you treat people goes a, a very long way. If you turn your back on somebody just because, you know, somebody else don't like them, like what? That's you you you're gonna you're gonna turn off the wrong people very quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh integrity and morals mean a whole lot more than than some bullshit ass dream or something. I know this deal is a little bit different because of the Bitcoin component, but uh, would you say it's a more lucrative deal than the one you had with the UFC that you were just released from? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, pretty much pretty much everything about it is better than, than <laughs> my UFC deal. Really? Pretty much everything. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the only thing, the only difference is that there's no PI. Right. What the fuck does that mean to me? I don't know. You know, uh, even even their facility that they're running the the FLX arena out of is it's it's beautiful. You know, it's got everything in it that you would need. It's got studios. They 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 they're thinking outside the box. They got a lot more freedom to do things. Um, there was nothing about the UFC that was better. To be honest with you, maybe maybe the eyeballs, right? Um, one you know for fighting on ESPN, that's big. Uh. But a lot of guys are getting lost in the shuffle these days. Mm -hmm. I feel like even in my last fight, kind of got lost in the shuffle. So, so even that's kind of getting taken away. It's, it's honestly, it was better all around the board. Uh, free agency is amazing. And uh, can you, I mean, you can get sponsors, right? You can wear sponsors in the cage. Is that is that all? What's their policy? Exactly. Yeah, I can wear sponsors. Um, you know, 
uh, like I said, partnering with Bitcoin or making this deal in Bitcoin mm-hmm. is going to raise so many sponsors just off of that alone. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm able to wear them in the cage again, which I feel like people have almost forgotten how valuable that is, um, which kudos on the UFC for doing that. They kind of made people forget just how valuable uh, it is to, to wear the sponsorship in the cage these fights live forever. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the fights live on forever. People go back and watch old Mike Tyson fights right now. Um, and they and they see old old uh, sponsorships on his shorts. And, you know, we all remember Condom Depot and shit like that from, mm-hmm. from early UFC. Uh, so I think that that is, uh, is huge, you know? So a couple of weeks ago, like I said, you handled it very well. I thought you handled it really, really well. You were obviously upset, but you didn't burn bridges. You weren't disrespectful. But it was clear that you were a little bit down and upset. Can you describe now on this day where you're unveiled, you're made out to be a big deal, you're up there with Habib, uh, you're, the, you're the sort of you know star signing for this new era and this promotion that has already put on 43 events. Mm-hmm. So there's no, they're, they're, they're no spring chicken. They know what they're doing. Uh, you're the guy. You were the featured person, mm-hmm. right? Alongside the likes of Rashad Evans and Tyrone Spong. Everyone's talking mm-hmm. about Kevin Lee today. How do you feel today on this December 15th after the past month that you've had? Centered, you know? I, I feel uh, I feel very uh, at peace. You know, it, it seems like it, everything always happens for a reason, right? everything you you can kind of look back at 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 your life and that's what i do sometimes i look back at my life and say okay how did i end up here um and and i realize it's 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 all it's all kind of coming together you know i i I got my 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 body right um i healed from my surgeries i healed from the alcoholism I, i healed from the pills um and and then now it's like okay now i can actually truly blossom and and become what i'm supposed to uh, and not rely on somebody else to do that. So I, I feel great about it. I feel great. I feel like respected. I love that. That's a great word. That's a great word to end on. Um, it's great that you're getting that respect that you deserve. I think the MMA community is really happy for you. I don't think a lot of people saw this coming. I didn't think they thought that it was like an actual real thing when it was first bandied about. So kudos to you for the curveball and to them as well. And I can't wait to see what you uh, do over there. And uh, and honestly, like, I will just say this. I, I wouldn't say anything, you know, behind your back or on the show that I wouldn't say to you. When I when I first heard about this, not you joining them, Eagle FC, you know, making this big push, there's reservations that I have if only because in boxing, management can't run a promotion. It's different, right? So, like, the idea of, like, an Ali calling you to cut a deal can't happen in the world of boxing. So sure. MMA is different. MMA gets to play by a different set of rules. I'm not saying it's illegal here. It's absolutely not. It is legal. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, It could bring out some conflicts, but it's absolutely legal. I'm a huge proponent and a huge fan of options for fighters, players, different players. There can't just be one. And so someone like this popping up and giving you a big-time deal and thinking outside the box is huge for not only you, but the fighters and the sport as well. So I'm really happy for you. And I give you a lot of props for thinking outside the box and not going the traditional route to the traditional players, uh, going a different route, because I think they're going to mm-hmm. treat you really good and treat you like the big star that you are and the big fish that you are. So well done, my man. Yeah, well well said, well said. I mean, this is an unpredictable last sport. Yes. Uh, if anything, we, we kind of know that. After watching for so long, this shit is unpredictable. 
the fights, the the promotions, the everything about it. Uh, so you never know what's going to happen. But as long as you just keep working at it, uh, something good is bound to happen, right? Yeah, for sure. By the way, so this I, is one of those things that's that's bound to happen. Absolutely. Can I just ask you before I let you go, since you know Charles very well, were you surprised he beat Dustin? Yeah. No, I wasn't surprised at all. Right. Um, I, I I know he's he's the best lightweight. You know, I I didn't I didn't even know that when we fought until midway through the second round, and then I was like, oh, this this dude is legit. Like he he he's gonna keep coming. Um. And, he, and you can tell he he knows what moves to hit next, you know. Um, some people will will just kind of keep going and not know what to do, but he uh, he he's, he steps above and he and he doesn't stop. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to put his lights out to get him to stop. Um, in the third round of that fight, I kicked him dead in the head with with a right kick, uh, about as hard as I can kick somebody, and he kept fucking coming. And I was like, wow, okay, all right. <laughs> he went to the next combination. Um, that that's hard to deal with. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he beat anybody in the world. Wow! At 155 pounds, but at 165, let's go. Come see me. There's I'm a, a lot new bigger, king baby. of the 165 pound division. <laughs> now we have to figure out what Did we're going to call it. Come on. Did you forget? I I don't know. You, here, you you're, you're a smart man, Ariel. What should we call it? Are are we going with light light Walter White or or are we going mm. with uh? What about super lightweight? Super, super lightweight. Super, super lightweight. lightweight? I like super lightweight a lot better. Yeah. I wish yeah. it was a standalone I'm a, I'm a big Dragon name. Ball Z fan. I wish it was a standalone, you know, because there's like no supers in, in MMA. There's bantamweight, welterweight, but I, I don't know if we can think of something. Then what happens? Is 75 just going to be welterweight? Yeah, 75 could just be welterweight. Um, yeah, I say we go with super, right. super lightweight. Super lightweight. I, I love super white, lightweight. All right. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Yeah. Kevin? Super lightweight. I'll go super saiyan on. Let's go. Yeah, that's right. Uh, much Let's respect, go, my man. Congratulations. Thanks for jumping in uh, on short notice. I appreciate you very much. Happy holidays. And again, way to go. Way to turn this negative into a positive. Way to level up, my man. One, one love. One love, Eric. Right. One love. All right. Yes, sir. Take care, Kevin. There he is, the Motown Phenom, the newest member of the Eagle FC promotion officially unveiled today. I believe he signed his contract today as well. And it's a different kind of deal, as you just heard, uh, Bitcoin involved. Now, uh, will, would I be outing myself if I said that uh, I am not I am not very well known? Um, I'm not very well versed, I should say. I'm not very well versed in the world of Bitcoin. I actually... Yeah, Corporate Alex says, lose the talk about crypto. What's that? Lose the talk? I'm just teasing. Why? Is that, is that controversial? Not at all, man. Okay. Wow. Geez. I had no idea. I mean, I feel like everyone is uh, into crypto these days. I know nothing about crypto. I know nothing about it. I see Crypto.com Arena replacing Staples Center. I obviously see uh, that logo. They're everywhere, those guys. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but I see them on F1. I see them... Uh, See them obviously sponsoring the UFC fighters, so they're everywhere. I know nothing about it. Are you familiar with it? Are you well versed? You know who is is Joe. Is oh come on, why do you have to say it? Boy, I'm, I'm not I mean, with it's us true today. though. Yeah. Someone call Joe up. Get him on the Zoom machine right now. He, he's been messaging. Mm. He has things to say. Um, is, is that true, or were you? just... I'm not joking. Yeah, that that's for real. Wow, wow. So we'll just have to talk to him. The one. To to oh wait, does Connor have something to say? No, no. We're uh, next guest is. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah, that would be nice. Uh, it would be nice. I just, I can't wrap my head around it. Like when I hear, wait a second, Kevin Lee, 
you're going to get paid in crypto. Like, can you, like, can you go to the grocery store and buy something in Bitcoin? I don't understand how this works. Can someone explain this to me? Like, can you actually, I see Ben Askren writing about it all the time, but it just kind of goes over my head. Um, like, can you buy a pay-per-view in Bitcoin? Can I buy the uh, UFC 270 card in Bitcoin? I don't know. That's obviously the first thing that comes to mind. What a show. What a way to end the year, right, guys? I mean, wow. And, uh, of course, we uh, we saved the big dog for last. I said at uh, top of the show, back in August, first guest, new chapter, new era, was Dustin Poirier. It was a great way to start the uh, the new era, the uh, the revamp, if you will, the refurbishment, if you will, the rejuvenation, if you will. And it just so happened, it only occurred to me last night after it was already a done deal, he was booked. Uh, I was like, wow, we're going to actually end the year with Dustin Poirier. That's pretty damn cool. I feel like the MMA gods were smiling down upon us. And so without further ado, let us say hello to the diamond, El Diamante, beloved and it says a lot about him that he would show up just a couple of days removed from UFC 269. He's kind enough to join us right now. There he is. Dustin, how are you, my man? Good. How you doing, brother? <clears throat> we don't have the famous uh, setup with us here. Is that just a Miami thing? Is that a Florida thing? The mic? What? What? Oh, yeah. No, nah, I didn't. Un- I haven't unpacked my bags, man. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. You gave me some crap for not telling you about the audio. So I was ready to tell you if the audio was good. The Wi-Fi is good. The I would never, <laughs> I would never come on the revamp show with another hot mic. I wouldn't do that. Okay, I appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, like I said, a lot of people don't usually show up uh, after a loss. I know this one was a tough one, so it says a lot about you. Could you just tell us, just you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, how are you doing? Just a few days removed from UFC 269. Physically, I'm I'm fine, man. Um, Emotionally and and you know I I've been better I've been better but that's life. Uh, as far you know, you've had highs and lows, and I think that's why people love you so much because you have overcome a lot. Does this one hurt the most? It's it's tough to say, man. I don't know. <clears throat> they all suck. Losing sucks, especially title fights and when everything felt good. Had a great camp, great weight cut. Just under. I mean. Losing always sucks, but I feel like maybe underperforming um, hurts worse than than a loss. You feel like you didn't live up to your potential on Saturday? Oh, my God, no. Yeah. Not even close. What bothers you the most about your performance? I'm I'm not sure. The second round... um, Waiting to get us, trying to get a stand up instead of maybe attacking my jiu-jitsu and trying to create space. Thinking, you know, going into this fight, I thought that if I was put in a bad position, I was going to hold it out and and take over in the later rounds <clears throat> was my was my mindset. And um, obviously, Herb wasn't going to stand us up, and I just held on, kept holding on. Should have created space. Maybe I would, you know, I, I don't know. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, so there's a lot right. of stuff I can say and look back on and. I'm not sure, but I'm just so much better than that. You know, and everybody says that when they lose, but I know I am. Um, just sucks, man, because it's it's one of those things like maybe never get the opportunity again uh, to call myself world champion. 
and and to underperform you know i owed it to myself this wasn't this one this one was for me it wasn't for the money it wasn't for for proving anything it was for me you know and fucking fumbled man it hurts do you believe that in your heart that you'll never get an opportunity again i kind i kind of do yeah see i disagree I actually think there's a very good chance you get an opportunity again. I mean, you can kind of see the roadmap right there, especially if Gaethje wins. Uh, you have a win over Gaethje. You win a, like I, a you know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm gonna. I, I don't know if I'm gonna make that cut again. I might never fight at 155 pounds again. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know the future. Okay, is it be, is it is it getting tough at this stage of your life? That cut. Oh, dude, I I, I could have cut a few more pounds. I could have came in at 152 on this this fight. My cut went so smooth. I felt great. Uh, of course, that's because I did all the things I was supposed to do in training camp um, and made the cut so great. But I don't know if I want to go through that kind of training camp again to where I'm hungry every day and sure. com- com- competing in the gym and pushing myself on, on low calories. We'll see. I, I don't know. Right. I don't know what's going to happen. Have you watched the fight? No, I don't, I don't want to right now. You'll take some time. Do you think you'll ever watch it? Um, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm going to see it. Okay. But just I feel so disgusted with myself. I don't I don't want to feel any uh if I watch it, it's just gonna make me feel worse. I know it. Do you remember the first round? Did you feel like you were close to finishing him in the first round? No, I had him hurt a, a few times. Um his recovery was great, but I knew we had four more rounds of that, you know. Uh, or I thought, at least when I sat on the stool, I thought we had four more rounds of that. So I thought I was going to eventually catch him, put him away, keep breaking him down, keep landing shots, but that didn't happen. Yeah, I I was just wondering in your mind, like, are you talking to yourself in that moment saying, if I do, you know, X, Y, and Z, I'm about to become champion? Are you even having internal conversations? Yeah, yeah. I sat on the stool between the first and the second and thought to myself, I'm going to be the world champion tonight. Yeah. I remember my corner giving me water, telling me that all my straight shots are landing. Uh, you can't miss with your left hand. And I, I just thought to myself, I'm going to be the world champion tonight. Do you remember what you thought between the second and the third? <clears throat> not really. I, uh, not really. I think I was, uh, I think we might've been talking about staying off the fence. They try to keep it in the middle of the octagon, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember exactly what was going through my mind. Technically, in that third round, what what do you remember about what you could have done differently, or what do you wish you would have done differently? Honestly, <clears throat> honestly, my uh, my shoulders were a little bit fatigued. I don't get tired. I I never feel that, but my shoulders are a little bit fatigued. For, but that's also something I don't do is hold another man for five minutes, mm. waiting for a stand up or, or or thinking to myself, we have. I usually need to go for the finish, you know, and try to create space and scrambles. I do good in in action. Um, so holding him like that. And him posturing up the whole time kind of burned my shoulders out. I remember starting the round saying, wow, my shoulders are a little fatigued. I think that slowed me down a little bit. I threw a lazy hook or overhand that I remember I need to go back and watch. And he might have level changed on my legs or grabbed my body under a hook. I was probably a little bit slower than normal. Uh, I, I don't know. But he got to my back quick. Uh, I, I felt, and maybe this was me just reading into it, like even when you tapped, there was like a delay there. Where like you were, I felt like you were almost talking to yourself in that moment as well, where you didn't want to, but you had no choice. Of course, of course, I didn't want to. Yeah, and I'm tough, and I could have gone to sleep and showed everybody how tough I am, but yeah. that doesn't get me anywhere. That no. just uh, 
you know. Um, I've been doing it long enough, so when you know, checkmate, you know. Yeah. Um, he tucked his hand. I, I pulled his hand down a few times. When he tucked it behind my head, his his at first it was kind of a neck crank, and uh, it's a it's the worst position that I wanted to be. You know, I, there was not a worse position I could have been in with a guy like this. Right. You know, all the weeks of training camp of of, of so many hours of of preparing with guys on my back trying to choke me and I just knew that, that you know it was tough man was he tougher than you thought he would be more durable not not crazy strong not crazy fast more durable he's a champion hmm. how in that moment you're you're obviously upset you just lost <clears throat> and like we we're, we're privy to a conversation you didn't know that they were going to catch this you're telling him you know you want to donate twenty thousand dollars to his town like in that moment no one would blame you if you're pissed off you're whatever like why do you think of that in that moment to the guy who just beat you what why, why does that happen how does that happen i'm not sure i think it was just a, sp- a spur of the moment thing he was talking he came talk to me and i just decided to tell him there in my head, the, the the perfect plan was to uh, win and then go into his locker room after and let him know that I was I was going to donate the money. Um, that's right. I, I mean, that's how I envisioned it yeah. going to sleep fight week. Um, it was just the heat of the moment. I, I was going to tell him in his locker room, but he came talk to me and we were speaking. So that's I just told him there. Why is that an important thing for you to do? I, it just hit me fight week. I, I saw some videos of him showing where he comes from. And I thought, you know, a donation from, from the good fight would go up far there in Sao Paulo. And that's just what we do, man. Try to make people smile and uh, carry that stuff on my back into fights. And I lost, but we can still, you know, find good in that and give people a reason to smile and cheer. And, and that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to do, Arrow. The cause for this particular fight, there's always like a cause for the Good Fight Foundation. Um, can you tell the people what it was and have like is have you met your your goal or is that still in play? <clears throat> That's still in play. The actually the crowdfunding page for the Second Harvest Food Bank, I think raised a little bit of money, nothing crazy, but we will be auctioning off. We're, we're going to post a link soon with my fight kit. We'll see what that you know goes for, and then the foundation will cover the rest to, to bridge the gap between the whatever we raise and what we set out to raise. We set out to raise seventy five thousand for Second Harvest Food Bank, which was going to provide uh, three hundred thousand meals for Louisiana. So that's goals. Anything I set, I, I guarantee any goal we set. If we don't raise enough money, I'm going to cover it, and the foundation is going to cover it. It's going to get met one way or another. We've never missed a goal. So whatever we raise from the sell the fight kit, we're going to hit this goal and, and provide the meals. So for a second harvest food bank. Can I ask you, um, and I I hope you take this the right way because it's an absolute compliment. How did you learn to handle these moments so well? I remember the Korean zombie press conference. In fact, I remember being in Fairfax um, working for Fuel TV and you came to talk to me in the back and you were very emotional afterwards. You can hardly speak. You probably don't remember, but it's one of those moments because not a lot of people come to talk to you in those moments after, you know, a, a bitter defeat. Obviously, we remember Habib, you showed up. We remember Saturday, you show up. You handled these moments so well. How did you learn to do that? I, got, I mean, it sucks to say maybe I learned to do it by losing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe by going through it. I'm, I'm able to reflect. You know, I don't like 
do things and try to put them away and not address them. I'm able to reflect on mistakes that I make in fighting and in life. And it sucks, but that's just how it goes. The real thing I, that, that sucks for me, man, uh, I try not to get emotional, but uh, I, want, I really wanted, my daughter was there for this one. I really wanted to win and dedicate this uh, world championship to my daughter and to show her that It hurts, man. I understand. Uh, we obviously see how close you are with her and how much you love being her dad. And it's great to see her there. Was that her first time at one of your fights live? Yeah, yeah. Wow. What did she say about the experience? <sighs> she made me feel good uh, yesterday, actually. So she had a great time. My, my manager lives there, and uh, he has a, a daughter the same age. They know each other. We went on a snow trip a while back together, so she got to be reunited with her friend and she got to see Las Vegas. She calls it meatball Las Vegas. She got to go to meatball Las Vegas and, <laughs> and uh, she got to see the pyramid Luxor. She thought it was a real pyramid. Yes. <laughs> uh, she had a blast. You know, she's a kid. Yeah. She had a blast. How old is she now? And it was, she's five. Okay. And it was amazing to have her there. You know, she got to come to the weigh-ins and, and she told me she saw the guy with cotton candy hair and just, she had a great time. Right. You know, but I really wanted to become the world champion and tell her she can do anything. She sets her heart out. You know, that was uh, important to me. Yeah. I, I still feel like that message remains. Um, and uh, I'm sure that she recognizes that as well. And it was really cool to see her there with Amanda Nunes's uh, daughter and also Juliana Pena's daughter. It was like this nice little congregation of young girls at the fight. Your yeah, wife that's was... After weigh-ins, that's when I walked down the stairs and all the kids were like hugging and, and yeah. hanging out. I'm like, what the hell has cage fighting turned into? Right. I remember back like 14 years ago when I first started fighting, I would have never thought we'd have kids hanging out, high-fiving and everything smooth sailing. It used to be such a war zone, you know, in it's my crazy. mind, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great to see parents competing, moms and dads. Um, by the way, uh, you, you, you've been active on, on Twitter the last few days and on social media um, and that's interesting in its own right. And I think people respect that because sometimes people will disappear. What, what has prompted you to do that? Uh, to, you know, to, to write what a beautiful journey, the ups and downs, I'm grateful for all of it. And you've written a couple of times about a, a few things. I, you know, I, I feel the support <clears throat> and I know people are watching the journey and people have been for a long time. A lot of it's been documented. I've been doing this a long time at the highest level. So they got to see the ups and downs and I felt the support coming into this one. And uh, I'm just giving, you know, all that is Twitter and Instagram. The real posts are just a snapshot of, of my mindset, how I'm really feeling. So that's just, you know, just letting people know how I feel. Uh, did anyone reach out to you that really meant a lot? Did anyone say anything to you after this that, that really stuck with you? I mean, obviously, other than I mean, there's, been, there's been a lot of great messages. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I can pick one, but there's been a lot of people who, who've shown me a lot of love and I appreciate it for sure. Is, you know, you said earlier about like, I don't know about 155 and all that. I'm sure in the moment right now, because it's so fresh, just the idea of like having to climb the mountain and all that, that's something you don't want to think about. It feels daunting at the moment, right? Yeah, that's kind of the what nudged me over the edge to go to 55 when I was at 45. I was mm. close to a title shot and I lost to Connor in 2014 and I knew I would have to make that cut three, four, five more times, whatever it would be to get another title shot. And I just didn't have it in me to, to, to do it. And here I am at 55 and I'm thinking like, well, if I got to fight three times, two, three more times to get a title shot, I don't know if I want to lift those training camps on, on low calories, pushing my body like that. I'd rather, 
I'd rather just do it and have fun mm. because I, I love, because I love what I'm doing, you know, uh, make it as enjoyable as possible instead of sacrificing and hurting every day in camp because I'm low on calories. You know, I, I don't, I'm not that big, probably like this last camp. I think I was 181 starting camp mm. <clears throat> nine weeks before the fight, 182 starting camp nine weeks before the fight. But in my body, just the older I get, I don't know if I'm getting denser. It's just harder to cut weight. It comes off less and less. Um, and I just want to have fun with this and fight because I want to, mm. you know, uh, 165. I, I, honestly, honestly, like, think, yeah, it would be great, but mm. I, I don't know what, when I'm going to fight, if I'm going to, I don't know what's going to happen, man. Mm. I'm just in a weird spot right now, honestly with myself and I'm okay. And I'm okay to speak about it because you know, it, it just, it is what it is. Is there any part of you that feels like you may never fight again? I mean, I I, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I would hate, I would hate to never fight again off of a loss, you know, that, that would, that would suck for me. You can't definitively say, yes, I will fight again or that, you know, like, I mean, I'm most likely, I most likely will fight again. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm certain this is, I mean, this is, I'm not, I'm not retired. I'm, I'm yeah. going to, I'm, I'm not retired, but I just, this is gotta, part of the process. Gotta figure out. Yeah, yeah. Can you compare how you feel a few days removed from this to how you felt after the Khabib fight? Is it the exact same emotions? No, this these are a little bit different for some reason. These are a little bit different. Because the Khabib fight, I felt like uh, I was... I was bested, you know, like I, I did everything I could and I, and I lost this one. I feel like I didn't, I, I could have, I could have done more mm. and that, that hurts. That's something I have to, you know, deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have been smarter. I could have been more in the moment. Could have been more locked in and, uh, I could have been the world champion. Could have, could have, if coach would have put me in <laughs> back in high school, I, I could have thrown the football over those mountains, man. Why do you mean? What do you mean by locked in and in the moment? You seem pretty damn locked in. I don't know. Just didn't some some felt off. Really, Saturday yeah. or all week? Yeah. No, no. I felt I felt locked in all week. Saturday didn't feel locked in. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Nervous? No, no more than normal. I mean, I'm always. It's, you're, you're about to fight, you yeah. know. I'm always. Uh, uncomfortable but ready for the for that that feeling I, I don't know i'm just so much better than that can i ask uh you you said a great line 25 to eternity which was a great line when i heard you say it i was worried if you were putting too much pressure on yourself eternity is a big word in retrospect you feel like you put too much pressure on yourself to get that so that you can have the moment and be a champion for life immortalize all that stuff I mean, the, I put the right amount of pressure. It's true. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that loss is uh, for eternity. Every fight, whether it's 15 minutes, 25 minutes, they're all. You never get those, you know, those, the damage you take, the blood you spill. You never, you never get that back. No matter how big or small. So we'll round third here. Um, what do you do now? You're just taking time off, relax rest up getting right? fat dude <laughs> I, I haven't even thought about going back to the gym or going for a jog 
I just been drinking beer and eating cookies. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Honestly, you know, if I'm be- if a man's being honest, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. Honestly, I'm just I don't know. Because you, you, I mean, the last year has been all about this, right? The last ten weeks have been all about this, and now you sort of feel like, okay, what, what is the the plan here, right? Yeah, yeah. Is there an idea? Is there someone out there that maybe will get you excited a little bit when you start to think about good thoughts? Oh man, this is the guy that will get me back on the horse. Do you even allow yourself to think of that, or is it too way too? Like soon? when I've been laying down thinking about fights, yeah. like nobody gets me, nothing gets me excited. Uh, unless Nate Diaz wants to fight. If he wants to fight, that gets me excited. But all these other guys, like even the new guys and whoever it is, uh, maybe a name to Will whenever I hear it, but nothing. No. But there is that guy, that Stockton guy, who's, you know, been in your orbit, but you guys have never fought, of course. That's the one, right? 170? That would be great. That would be great. Feels like it makes sense at this juncture. Yeah. I don't know what, what their plans are with the UFC. I know leading up to my fight, I was seeing a lot of contractual stuff. They were, I guess, yeah, arguing and, and whatnot. I don't know, man. Yeah, he hasn't re-signed. He still has that one fight left. They offered him Hamzat. Obviously, that's not of interest, so they'll extend him. But uh, I know they're interested in the Connor fight, but that was obviously before you, you know, you fought Charles, so now things change a little bit. Yeah, and I don't, I don't even have a time frame. Sure, sure. I'm like I said, like I said, I'm healthy, and uh, if if I do a fight again, or I just want to be excited, man, excited mm-hmm. to fight. Any king cake? No, nah, that's Mardi Gras time, dude. We don't eat king cake on oh, uh, damn for, for Christmas. I didn't know that. I a couple know- more months. Oh, wow. Is there a Christmas? Is there like a Louisiana Christmas cake? I mean, a lot of pecan pie, but I guess that's everywhere. Oh, nice. I like that. That is tremendous stuff. I'm sure you're getting a lot of love around town. Making a gumbo for Christmas. Family's going to come over. Uh, Just kick back and relax. Yeah, for sure. Man, people should have... The love's incredible, but it doesn't... I know that people are supporting it and, and I appreciate it. But it's it's me, you know. It's me versus me right, right now. Right. And and how are you spending the days? My little yesterday, my little brother came over today. Uh, I'm building a house, so I went to the house a couple times to finalize some stuff. And went to the grocery store, man. Drank with some beer, <laughs> ate some cookies. I, I don't know. Uh, just that's it. Just been drinking beer really, and and thinking about stuff. Well, you know, I think the reason why people are so um, emotionally invested in your journey is because you're one of the few guys that we were introduced very early on. And if anyone watched that Fightful documentary, I think they'll always be attached to you. And I remember the house that you lived in back then. And I remember how you grew up. And I see the stuff that you post on social media about this new house that you're building. And I see your family and I see your wife and I see your daughter. You're, you're a rich man. You're a champion. Please don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Don't let anyone ever, ever convince you otherwise, man. It doesn't matter what happened on Saturday. So I know you know that. You don't need me or anyone to tell you that. But you're a legend of the sport. You'll always be beloved. You have done more and been more courageous than 99% of the people on this planet. So I have eternal respect for you. 
and uh, can't say enough good things about you. You do a lot for your community and for the sport of MMA. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't go your way, but you've had a hell of a lot more nights where it went your way as opposed to the ones that didn't. So please take pride in that, Dustin. It's always great to talk to you. It's always great to have you on. I'm going to leave you alone now and stop peppering you with questions. But it, it means a lot that you would come on. And especially you were our first guest to end the year with you is pretty damn cool as well. So thanks, man. I appreciate it. And, and congrats on a great fight and a great year. Fighter, I mean, you're in the, the mix for fighter of the year despite the loss. So you, you had a tremendous run in 2021 and 2022 will be even better. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. You're the man, Ariel. All right. Cool. Thanks, Dustin. All the best to you. Happy holidays to you and your family as well. Thanks, brother. Yours, yours as well. Thank you. There he is, El Diamante, Dustin Poirier, legend of the game, former interim champion, by the way. Don't forget about that. Much respect to him. Oh, did you want to say something? No, someone jumped on. Um, what can you say? It's a crazy sport. And I feel like in this sport, we sometimes develop love and admiration and respect for fighters, for men and women, more so in defeat than in victory. You know, we, we remember how Ben Askren handled the Jorge Masvidal loss. We remember how Conor McGregor handled the Nathan Diaz loss. We remember how Ronda Rousey handled the Holly Holm loss, different side of the coin. And we remember how Dustin Poirier handles success and defeat. Gentlemen in victory, gentlemen in defeat. And so how could you not respect those people? How could you not admire those people? How could you not root for those people? Who ultimately cares at the end of the day if Dustin Poirier is a lightweight champion or not, a welterweight champion or not? And by the way, like I said, in a year which saw us crown Glover Teixeira as light heavyweight champion, Juliana Pena as bantamweight champion in the women's division, Brandon Moreno as flyweight champion, Charles Oliveira as lightweight champion. You're going to sit here and tell me that Dustin Poirier can't be UFC champion at some point? Yeah, I know he's been fighting a while. Yeah, I know that he's been in the game. He's only 32. So maybe it's at 170. Maybe it's back at 155. Maybe it's Justin Gaethje beats Charles Oliveira and Dustin beats someone and we're right back in the exact same spot. Crazier things have happened in this sport. Don't forget about Michael Bisping on two weeks notice, defeating Luke Rockhold, who looked like a world beater after his win over Chris Weidman. I'm not ready to write the guy off. I hope you aren't as well. And I sure as hell don't think any differently of him um, if he never wins that belt. All these people, and I'm trying not to get all sappy on you guys here, but honestly, they freaking go in a cage with four-ounce gloves and nothing else. They're all freaking champions, in my opinion. All of them. And you want to reach the mountaintop. You want to get the most. You want, But you're telling me you can't root for that guy? You're telling me you don't want to see that guy succeed? You're telling me you don't think the world of that guy just as much as any champion, if not other champions, higher respect for him than other people? I mean, it's just that's why we love this sport because people like him put their heart on their sleeve. They work everything um, in their power 
to try to be the best. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't, but I don't think our opinions of them change because it doesn't. In fact, I often feel like our opinions change in terms of growth for the better when they don't because you just see how much it meant to them. And then you see how they handle those moments, how they handle defeat. And you wonder if you would handle those moments in those ways with that kind of class and grace probably doubt if you could. And then you're like, damn, that is impressive because it's easy to show up when you win. It's easy to be Juliana Pena and show up, right? It's easy to have those moments. It's easy to revel in those moments. Those are the great moments. Those are the moments you live for. It's these moments where you really find out who someone is. So my respect for Dustin knows no bounds, not just because he came on the show. It has nothing to do with that, but um, just another example as to why he's such a special guy. Um, thank you very much to Dustin. Thank you to all our guests. But we still got more show. How about this? Great time to be alive, right? As we're approaching our final episode of the year. Everyone knows we answer questions. This is a segment that was kind of born in the early days of our refurbishment, our rejuvenation, our, our, our reclamation, our, 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 our rising like, like, like a phoenix from the ashes. Everyone's favorite segment of the week. It's time for a good old-fashioned right, Q&A, MMA fans. That's how you do it. That's how you produce, Frank, right there. You, you, you just you make it happen. You don't need me to hear from the man himself to cue you. Hawani. You make it happen. Live from the Bang, just like that. Beautiful New York City. That's right. Shout it's out to Mike Heck. We'll be and in now, Tampa, by the way. I'll be there. Hopefully I get to see him. Get out of your I don't know if Mike and I have ever actually met in person. Because here he is, Ariel Helwani. Yeah. That's good stuff right there. All right, guys. Thank you very much, Frank. Thank you very much. Uh, great camera cutting there from Tucker. Oh, Yule Log Edition? Uh, I mean, this is great. This is just, I tell you guys, no cap. I, as I put my shoes on here, as I get geared up for these questions, I'm waiting for some good questions. I tell you guys, I'm a huge fan of Christmas. I love Christmas. And I actually would put on the Yule Log channel around Christmas time and just let it play. Now in my household right now, it's only Christmas music. We fire up the Alexa. Big fan of Charlie Brown Christmas. Hit me with some Charlie Brown Christmas, if you will. No, we can't play that. Big fan of like the old school Frank Sinatra, the Bing Crosby's of the world. Big fan. Love it. I actually, as a youngster, bought the Time Life Treasury of Christmas and would play the multiple disc set in July. No cap. July. I would play it. I love Christmas. Love everything about it. Love what it represents. Love the good feels. Love everything about it. Christmas Day, NBA. I got to work two NBA games. Think about what that meant to me. Wow, look at that. <laughs> you guys are just going crazy now. This is beautiful. I love this. All right, all right, all right. We got the Yule Log. I feel cozy. I got my Virna Janjiroba hat here. Can I get like some hot cocoa? Can I get some marshmallows? Guys, gather around the Yule Log. Let's answer some questions. Let's have a good time here. Oh, this is wonderful. Chronological. And of course, El Cubano leads us off. I mean, this is great. I just want to get comfortable here. I mean, how could you? I want some jammies. I want some sweatpants. Can we get some pecan pie? She. Okay. Hola, Ariel. 
Saturday was such a roller coaster of emotions, both for my personal life and my MMA fandom. I started the day by proposing to my girlfriend. She said, yes, wow, how about that? El Cubano is, uh, is spoken for and was already set to have a day I'd never forget. Then at night, we witnessed one of the greatest upsets in combat history. Do you have any personal highs or lows that occurred on the same day as a big sports moment? Wow. Sometimes I kind of feel like I should read the questions before just so I can have, you know, the answers at the ready, but uh, I don't. I feel like I won't ever see highlights of Nunez versus Pena without immediately thinking of me proposing. Of course. Bonus question. How did you propose to Mrs. Helwani? Wow. Happy holidays to the entire MMA Hour family. See y'all in 2022. Viva Hilwani. Wow. Tremendous. Uh, first off, mazel tov to you and the missus. That is great. Congratulations. Um, moment. There are moments like I remember the day, I remember the day my oldest son was born was the day that they put the thing on top of the Freedom Tower and they said it was going to be 1,776 feet. Because uh, I remember CNN was on in the delivery room and I was kind of watching it to get my mind off of all the stuff going on. So I'll never forget that. My wife loves when I bring that up because she thinks I wasn't locked in. But I was just, you know, I was trying to give her space. Uh, I also remember that night uh, the Heat beat the Knicks in a playoff game and Amari Stoudemire punched the the glass where the fire extinguisher was and broke. No, he didn't break his hand, but he sliced his hand and then he didn't play. That was a bit of unfortunate. Uh, also, a couple days after I became a dad for the first time, um, which actually happened two days after Derrick Rose tore his ACL, uh, the UFC on Fox 3 event took place at the Meadowlands at East Rutherford um, in New Jersey. And I remember working that show. My mom and sister attended, which was kind of cool, uh, which was very cool. I actually think, did they meet New York Rick at that event? They might have. I would ask him, but he's not here. Um, middle son was born on a Sunday. Canada played, I think it was Sweden in the Olympics 2014. And daughter actually was born after an episode of the MMA Beat in 2016. I did the MMA Beat and then uh, my wife went into labor. So those are some things that come to mind. Um, how did I propose to Mrs. Helwani? In fact, this is a funny story. I just started my own website, jerrypark.com. I was going, uh, you know, full in on this MMA career, was making no money. And I told her that I was going to Dallas to cover an MMA event. In fact, what I did was I flew from New York to Montreal. I had dinner with her parents. I asked them for permission to marry their daughter. I flew home the next day at like 6 a.m., super early flight. I um, set up a little camera, like a digital camera, because we didn't have iPhones back then, and put it on top of my luggage, rang the doorbell at probably, I don't know, 7 a.m. It was a super early one. And she opened the door. There I was, and I asked her to marry uh, me, and she was very confused because it was 7 a.m. We lived in an apartment in New York City, and uh, she opened the door, and there I was. And I told her I didn't go to uh, Dallas. I actually went to Montreal to... Uh, to ask her her parents. So that's uh, that's how I did it. Okay, let's see. 
Congratulations again. Uh, McBean, fun factoid about UFC 269. It's only the second time where a fighter not on the card took more damage. Uh, That's a stupid joke. Um, all right, here's McBean. Uh, Ariel, I placed a bet on Pena and won big. To put it in perspective, after I collected my winnings, I was able to purchase two boxes of each flavor of Uncle Chael's Magic Spoon cereal and still have cash left over to stuff into my burnt titanium ridge wallet. On a serious note, I don't get the joke. Do you think Amanda Nunes goes straight into a rematch or defends her other belt as a tune-up fight? Um, I think she'll go straight into a rematch. Straight into a rematch. Uh, Brett K, a.k.a. Michael Sarah. No question this week. Just wanted to say thanks for another great year of content. And an even bigger thanks for helping bring together what is, in my opinion, the best community in all of mixed martial arts. Happy holidays to you and your family. And I hope you get to enjoy a very well-deserved rest after the Showtime gig this weekend. Thank you. I appreciate that. Going to Tampa tomorrow. Hopefully all goes well. And then uh, a couple of weeks off. But I'll still be around. You know, I, I never really go anywhere. Um... Ariel, what is the most culturally significant? And thank you very much for that. I really do appreciate it, Brett. You're great and uh, appreciate your your friendship and loyalty and support. Ariel, what is the most culturally significant event in televised MMA history? Wow. Culturally significant event. Golly. That's a big one. Um, culturally. Jeez. Well, I feel like Hoist Gracie winning UFC 1 was a pretty damn big moment. Um, because it showed that jujitsu does work for the Gracie families, for that for that community as well. I feel like UFC 205 was a big moment because it was at MSG and it was the Connor moment. I feel like Connor knocking out Aldo was a huge moment that reverberated around the sports world and also the world. I feel like UFC 100 was big. 200 felt a little flat because of all the stuff that happened, 100 felt bigger because of Brock. I remember watching PTI on the Monday after 100 and Kornheiser and Wilbon were debating, you know, like Brock and the way he looked on camera. I remember that and feeling like, wow, UFC's blowing up. 2009, this is huge. Um, I feel like Kimbo fighting on CBS the first time was a pretty big deal. Mayweather and McGregor felt like the world was watching. GSP fighting at 129 in Toronto was a big deal for Canadians, at least. Anderson fighting back in Brazil was a huge deal at 134. Those are a few that come to mind. I don't know if there's one. Televised MMA history? Maybe UFC on Fox 1. What's bigger than that? Like 10 million people watched. Matthew, how do you go about booking guests? Do you do it personally? Thanks for the great work. Welcome home. Thank you. Um, this show has been on since 2009. I'm the only person to ever book a guest on this show. Now, is that common in the world of media? No. I think GC would tell you that. Uh, I'm a little crazy. It's definitely the toughest part of the job, if I'm being honest, but it's also the most rewarding part. Like, there's nothing better than this moment where I had five big names on the show. I was worried that they wouldn't show up, this, that, and the other, and they all showed up, and now I could just sit back and be happy and content and have so much gratitude and appreciation that they actually came on and showed up on time. Like, how many times are they late? How many times do we get no-shows on this show? I think since we came back, we had one no-show, right? Someone no-showed. Oh, Caesar Gracie, for God's sakes. That's it, since we came back. How many late people? Like, So I, I, I get emotional after the shows because 
I don't, um, I don't know how to properly express just how appreciative I am that these people would actually come on the program and talk to me. It's a crazy thing. It's a beautiful thing that I just, I love doing it. And so it's tough, like Saturday, Sunday, the pay-per-views are tough because there's the biggest moments and there's Pena winning and all this stuff. And Sunday's tough to track them down and to get them to agree and the time and this and that. And, oh, they have other stuff and all this meshugas, as they say. Um, So, like, I get really nervous, but it all works out. I probably put a little too much pressure on myself, but I think that's what... uh, Leads to a great show. Hello, Mr. Helwani. The new fans need to know that you are a great dancer. Yes, I am. Don't believe me? Go find Ariel's One Million Amelie dance. Amelie, Amelie. Yes, when I broke the uh, the million mark on um, Instagram. Oh, you guys can see that I have my uh, jeans really high up here. Yes, just getting comfortable. Uh, yes, that was good. I did the old Millie dunk on all the haters. We need to keep the show G-rated. Amelie, Amelie. Top of the morning, Ariel, Alex says, with another highlight performance and now a number 13 ranking in the bantamweight division, how far do you see him going? Uh, I believe, and as Angie writes, yes, he's talking about Sugar Sean O'Malley, but he doesn't write who he's talking about. Can he really give a good fight to the top of the division, guys like Peter, Piotr? Also, do you have one fight that you would like to see for him? I personally would love to see a Corey Sanhagen fight. Not next, of course, but maybe a few fights down the line. Happy New Year. I believe, yes. Uh... Sean O'Malley's talking about. Um, that's a good question. By the way, what about Katie Taylor shouting out Sugar Sean O'Malley? How cool is that? Jan, so he's 13. I mean, I feel like a fight against... Uh, I want to see Adrian Yanez. I feel like that's the fight. Also, he's unranked at the moment. Let's see Adrian Yanez. That's the one I'm voting for. Favorite segment of the week, Patrick. Two quick questions. On average, how much does a fight camp cost for fighters? Oh, my. Um, And are they responsible for flights and hotels for the corner for fight week? So the UFC does provide, first of all, more often than not, it's like coach. It's not the best. And they usually provide, I haven't checked in on this in a while, but it's usually been like one and then a second hotel room. Sometimes they all have to bunk up. I don't know if that's expanded. I did report yesterday that they're, asking for the fighters to now pay for their own COVID tests, which is a tough one. Um, It depends on the fighter. You know, there's so much that goes into it in terms of nutrition, coaching. So it really depends. It could cost them a lot. I mean, you'll have some fighters that make no money, especially in the early days of their career, UFC career. And I know some fighters who will pay to get the upgrade, will pay to get that other hotel room. It's not easy. Have you heard any feedback from the fighters regarding the fighter hotel in Vegas? Pros, con. I, I think it's not as luxurious as the fighter hotels that they would stay in in the past. MGM, Mandalay Bay. I think a lot of the fighters like the convenience of being at the hotel now right next to the Apex. But I think, you know, they want to be, tre- you know, they want to be dolled up. They want to be treated well. They want to have first class accommodations. So, mixed bag. Charlie, hey, Ariel, sad to see Cody continue his slump from looking like a slick killer to having no defense or chin in no time. We see this often with fighters past their athletic peak, but Cody's just 30 years old. What do you think has happened, especially with his lack of head movement? I mean, I think he was, you know, yeah, he was great. And I think sometimes he resorts to bad habits of getting into wars. 
and just slugging it out. And I think getting knocked out a couple times can mess some fighters up. And I don't agree with the move to 125. I don't like the move to 125 for him. I would like him to go. I would like for him to go back to 135. Um, part B: Would you would love to see him get it back and have a serious tune-up fight? What do you think is next for Cody? Yeah, I would love to see that as well. Looking at the rankings here. I mean, I would honestly, I wouldn't mind a fight outside of the rankings. I really wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't mind a fight between him and Holly and Paiva. Paiva's a Team Alpha Male guy. Um, Song Dong as well. Like, those kinds of guys. Jimmy Rivera, I don't think he's in the UFC anymore. So it doesn't have to be... Just get, get the mojo back. Get the confidence back. Build yourself back up. Doesn't have to be a name. Just build yourself back up would be my advice. Ariel, my friend, from Carmine. I also really got into F1 after watching the Netflix series, and now I love it. Do you happen to catch... Did you happen to catch the crazy F1 championship ending last weekend? Yes, Max Verstappen defeated Lewis Hamilton to win the championship, right? Personally, I think Lewis was absolutely robbed, and a lot of the drivers seem to think so as well. Congrats to Lewis, by the way. He was uh, granted knighthood today. I saw that. What are your thoughts? I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on all this. I was talking to uh, Srinivas, our guy in the back over there, I don't think he's there right now, but he helps us tremendously with a lot of the tech stuff. He's a huge F1 fan and a big Lewis Hamilton fan, and he said that he was screwed. So I'm going to take his word for it. Any F1 fans back there? I like it, but I don't follow it very So you don't know what happened? No. I guess the rest don't know what happened either. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. I, I saw it. I'm aware. I think it's great. I think the Netflix series has elevated the interest in the sport. Uh, I think it's a sport. I think they are athletes. I'm a Daniel Ricardo guy. That's my guy. Um, yeah, and I'm, ex- I'm excited to be a fan of it. And I actually been to one F1 race back in Montreal back in the day, maybe 2000 and, I don't know, four, three, something like that. It's huge in Montreal. When they come to Montreal in June, early June, it's such a great time. People are out in good moods. Uh, it's fun, but I never really truly caught on to it, appreciated it. My brother was a huge fan, but I would like to get into it more, especially the way they build it up now and the personalities. It's fun. Mr. Nose, any word on if the weight cut could have been an issue with Amanda guessing out looking different? By the way, um, I thought she looked fantastic. I thought she looked cutter than ever. So I haven't heard that. Um, In the post-match press conference from Charlie, Sean O'Malley mentioned... He learned not to talk about fighter pay. What do you think he meant by that? Just a slap on the wrist from the UFC? Yeah, drama. Drama. It doesn't pay to talk about fighter pay, at least when you're in the mix of it all. When is O'Malley's contract up, and has he been increasing his pay on fight this year? Incrementally, I think there's still a couple fights left. Ariel, Kareem, much love from Egypt. Two questions. I wanted to know if you would still be writing on your page, Substack page, updating us on news through the final weeks of 2021. Sparingly, if not. Trying to take the mental break, if possible. Second question is, do you just think that Leon will get the next shot or do you know something that we don't? Um, No, uh, they haven't decided. Uh, There has been some talk, by the way, of Kamar Usman only returning in the summer. 
which I think then puts Leon in a bit of a tough spot because it will be over a year since his last fight. His last fight was in June. You hope that's not the case. Uh, hoping for, you know, I don't know, April, May-ish. I think that Usman isn't terribly motivated by the thought of fighting Leon again just because he's not the biggest draw. And I think Colby's a great draw for him and they make money together. Um I just pray that they don't throw him like Hamza. Now that the Hamza Nate stuff is kind of dead, like, oh, here's Hamza again. Golly. And then make him, you know, climb the Empire State Building and do, you know, 300 jumping jacks and go on Tough Enough and, uh, you know, fight a seal underwater. Just give him the fight, please, for the love of God. Um, Hi, Ariel, from Simon. Oh, my old friend Simon Gallagher, or Gallagher. Uh, time for another edition of Where the Hell Is? Where the hell is Tyson Pedro? While his teammate Taito Ivasa has been tearing it up, Tyson hasn't fought since 2018. Have you heard from him lately? Have not. I know he was dealing with injuries. I presume that's the issue, but I haven't checked in with him recently, if I'm being honest. From Zach, my good friend. Good morning, Ariel. My question this week is about Claudia Gadelia. Where the hell has she been? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. It's been over a year since she last fought. And looking at her Instagram, she looks more like an Instagram model now. Am I missing something? Did she have an injury? Does she return in 2022? I think she does. But again, I haven't talked to her recently either. The last handicapped hot take of the year for you is my award for the most overrated fighter of 2021. Drumroll, please. And the winner is Kayla Harrison. That is a hot take and a bad take. Thanks for all the great entertainment this year. Happy holidays, Zach. Come on, man. Come on. Listen. I understand that you're only as good as your, you know, competition, your opponents, but come on. Kayla Harrison, two-time Olympic gold medalist, come on. Top 10 pound for pound? No, she's not overrated. She is worthy, and trust me, she's going to steamroll through people. Hey, Ariel, any chance we get Robert Whitaker and Brian Ortega on the show? Yes, uh, Whitaker for sure, hopefully before that fight, which isn't signed, and I'm curious to see what happens. I think it happens on February 12th, but it's interesting days. Um, but I think it happens. Ortega doesn't love doing media. I think he might not like me. I'm not sure. He's been on before. I don't know. But yes, I would love to have him. I think I have his uh, bobblehead here somewhere. Do I not? thought I had it. In any event. Much love. T-City. He seems to be in love with uh, his uh, his girlfriend, Tracy Cortez. Very nice. A UFC relationship. Uh, my guy, Lewis, Lewis Gilmore, my man, I offer you the opportunity to wipe a fight card from your great memory in order to relive the experience all over again. The event, the fights, the emotions play out with the same impact as before. What card are you choosing? Wow. Wow. Man. 194 was great, 205. I mean, you know the ones. Uh UFC 83 was pretty damn great. UFC 65 for me was great. GSP beating Hughes second time. I really liked UFC 117, even though it ended in a heartbreak for our guy Chael. The Saitama card was cool. UFC 127 was cool in uh, Australia. Didn't love 193 because it felt very hollow in there. I wonder if you choose a fight you enjoyed as a fan or one you work. Keep on killing it, my man. Waiting for a comment to say 199. Huh? I don't know. I know. I do not want to relive 199. 
Still haven't watched Bisping Rockhold, by the way. Have a great holiday break. Enjoy family time. Thank you to all the team for bringing the MMA hour back in our lives. Much love, my man. I appreciate you. Uh, Toby. Hey, Ariel. Always watching your shows from down here in Australia. Crazy card last week. Can you tell GC that I went 11-3 and three for my picks? Only misses were on the prelims. Early prelims. I actually tried live betting on Pena inside the distance after the first round, but my mates were too loud, and the telecom guy on the phone didn't put it through. Very sad. What? You call in your bet? That is wild. My question is, in the year 2021, there was a new champ for every weight division in the UFC, except for Volk, Izzy, and Valentina. People don't want uh, to accept Aljo as champ, but it doesn't feel right adding Jan here. I agree with that. Who do you think will keep defending in 2022? Slash, what do you think the UFC champ lineup will look like at the end of 2022? P.S. As an Aussie NFL fan, the officials definitely have money on the Bucks slash Brady. They robbed that win from the Bills. Conspiracy at its peak! I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, wow. Okay, I'm going to look at the divisions. We got flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight, lightweight, welterweight, middleweight, light heavyweight, heavyweight, strawweight, flyweight, bantamweight. So we have 12 divisions in the UFC. I'm going to say that I think by the end of this year, we will have a new champion in one... Two, three, I'm going to say four. We'll have four new champions at the end of the year. How about that? Now it's up to you to decide which divisions I was talking about. That's a weird noise, not going to lie. Jordan, hey, Ariel, is it frustrating when you're doing an interview and a fighter is multitasking and not paying full attention? Eh, It's a bit of a bummer. There are a few things that are bigger bummers than when I'm like, all right, let's send it to the Zoom machine and welcome in our next guest. And it's like, ah, in the car. Womp, womp. Let me tell you something. If you want to know what's going on in my head, because they don't, you know, no one tells me. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, if, if you want to know what's going on in my head, when they cut to that shot in there in the car, it's like, that's what's going on in my head. Bad connection, bad this, bad. Like you, you want someone locked in. I mean, look at Katie Taylor the patron saint of Ireland, coming on, great connection, quiet, nice room. We're locked in, right? You can't be sitting here in front of me, you know, like uh, Ian Gary or Becky Lynch, but we're locked in, right? Dustin, locked in. Boom, look at that shot. And when you're out and about, you're doing things, not locked in. Not locked in. Um, Lewis chimes in. Not to McBean the thread, but Ariel's pretty great at calling that kind of thing out. Yeah, to a degree. Uh, it's worse when the interviewee doesn't drop the gimmick or match the energy, a.k.a. Sasha Banks and Survivor Series, to name one. I'll tell you guys this right now. I think my least favorite interview of all time was when I interviewed Sasha Banks before Survivor Series. Just wouldn't drop the gimmick, wouldn't give me anything. And it's like, come on, man. Come on. You've got a great story. Like, this isn't Friday Night SmackDown. Could we just actually have a real conversation or what uh it was weird that was a weird one my friend alex last year when you worked the christmas day game what was going through your head when Kyrie said it was just another sparring session for us had to be because you're an mma guy right had you met him before have a nice break happy new year see you in 2022 uh i never met him i saw a lot of people say oh of course he said that because you're the mma guy i think it was a total coincidence it would be awesome but i think it's a total coincidence also he couldn't see me 
I was doing that game from like, I don't know, a hundred feet away from him, standing there in an empty arena. It's Christmas Day, and there's no one in the arena, and it's Nets, Brooklyn, sorry, Brooklyn Celtics in Boston. There's not a single person in the stands. It was wild. Casey Jones passed away that morning. I drove from my home to Boston four hours, got back in the car and drove home. I was, uh, it was my first time leaving. Yeah, that was crazy. But honestly, I, I don't think he said that because I'm an MMA guy. It'd be cool, but I don't think so. Will, first of all, got to give credit to the year that both Juliana Pena and Rose Namajunas had. But we all know the real female fighter of the year is the legend Virna Janjiroba. Yes. My question is, assuming everyone has already said yes, what would be your dream six-person interview lineup for the MMA Hour? Oh, my gosh. What a question. I don't know if I could do that. It's a great question. But can I do that? Like, who are the biggest names? Oh, let's get uh, Connor in there. We'll get Habib in there. We'll get um, George in there. We'll get my old friend John Jones, DC, Chael. I mean, there's just, there's a, there's a lit, my old friend Rhonda. Let's get, let's get all the people who don't like me in there. How about that? Dana. How about that? Uh, I love talking to Dom. Love talking to Rose. Of course, Katie Taylor. Andrew, I know covering the sport of MMA means learning about and following the athletes, but I figure in your career as a journalist, you've also interacted with many a manager. Who do you think is the best manager in terms of athletes represented exposure, financial performance of their athletes, and any other factors you might think of that would apply? Thanks in advance. Oh, God. You're trying to get me in trouble here. Look, these are the top managers in MMA right now. Um, obviously, you can't deny Ali has a robust client roster, conflicts aside. But you can't deny that. Lloyd Pearson, Vayner, Tops, Adi and Tim over at uh, Paradigm, Tops. Jason House has a robust roster, Tops. Malky and Abe, obviously, first-round management, Tops. Daniel Rubenstein, very, very solid roster. Um, did I say Jason House? He's got a robust roster. Um, now I'm afraid that I'm going to forget someone and get in trouble here. Um, I know I'm forgetting someone, and I'm going to get crap for it. Why did I do this? How could I do this to myself? Who am I forgetting? Oh, Markel just did that deal with, uh, you know, with uh, Eagle FC for Kevin Lee. There's a lot of great managers. I can't pick one. They all have their strengths, weaknesses. Amazing, a solid spot. The one thing I would love to see is the managers come together. Oh, George Guimaraes in, in Brazil. I mean, there's just a ton. Uh, Tiago Akamura, Verna's manager. I'm trying to see if I forgot. Oh, there's uh, Zinkin, Zach. I, I think that 
Tiki, Rob Rivetta, Casey saying Ken Pavia. Come on. Thanks for the help. Um, not anymore. He was. I think that if the managers got together, the fighters would have a lot more leverage. It's hard to get 500, 600, 700 fighters on the same page. It's, uh, it's easier to get 10 managers on the same page, I would say. Okay, we continue to roll on here. Uh, I know... Uh, no. Hey, Ariel, loved your work with Paul Pierce recently. How do you rank the teams in the East? Who's got a real chance of contending with the Nets Bucks? Oh, my. Uh, I think that the Bulls are doing pretty great. I think that the Hawks uh, have a solid squad. I think that the Knicks are disappointing and underachieving at the moment. I think that the Miami Heat are going to be a tough out. I think that the jury's still out on Philly, but they'll be in that mix. I think that the jury's still out on Washington and Charlotte. Uh, and of course, New York Rick will be very upset if I don't mention the Cleveland Cavaliers, who I do think will be in that top 10 mix. I don't know if they will stay at number four. I think that they will come down to earth, but I do think they have a great team that's going to be, you know, a player for years to come. Um, <laughs> he just he just slacked me. You better come correct right now. Yes. No, I'm giving love. I'm giving love. They're a good team. Mobley, Garland. Best team in the East by all metrics. I mean, relax. Brooklyn, Chicago, Milwaukee. Cleveland's up there. It's a great story. Knicks are disappointing. Raptors are kind of on the outside looking in. Pacers, Magic, Pistons are all in rebuilding mode. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Pacers blow it up, which is disappointing because I think they had, you know, some kind of foundation, especially with Sabonis and Oladipo at one point. Charlotte is missing a few pieces. Philly, if they could pull the trigger on a Simmons deal and get someone big, obviously becomes a, a bigger player. But I would say right now the top two are obviously Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee. I think Chicago is doing great. They're in the mix. Miami's in the mix. And I would put Cleveland and Philly. Washington, Boston's not going to be in the mix. I think Atlanta's kind of underperforming, if I'm being honest. Sorry, GC, but I feel like they should be doing a little better. Um... Hey, Ariel, first time asking a question. Just want to say my brothers and I are huge fans. Thank you. We'd appreciate an address, an address to send you some garments from our brand here in West Sydney. My question was, how does it feel to have Dominic Cruz follow your career to better himself as a MMA analyst journalist? I don't know if you follow my career, if I'm being honest, but he's the man. My mom told me she listened to that interview three times. She liked it so much. He's just a thoughtful guy. Introspective. I like it. Hello, Ariel. One of my favorite parts of UFC pay-per-view fight week is Israel Adesanya's reaction videos. Couldn't agree more. Best thing. Love him. Shout out to his brother who produces them for him. His YouTube page is great, especially when he's watching a teammate or friend fight. Couldn't agree more. It's incredible. Are there any other fighters or former fighters putting on content that is anywhere near as good as Izzy's? I mean, Shale's doing his own thing like that. DC's doing, DC's doing a great job with that YouTube page. I didn't think he would invest so much time and effort into it, but he is. I would say right now it's, Chael, in no particular order, Chael, DC, Bisping, and Izzy. Those are the top four, right? I feel like those are the top four right now. All different kind of content. Bisping and Chael are probably the most similar. DC's doing some other stuff outside the box, sit-downs, the golf thing. And Izzy's is just the, the most brilliant. The most brilliant. Uh, also, shout out to Brendan Schaub. He's doing great things. I mean, he he has his 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 lane. I know some of you will scoff at that, but it's true. And I know he uh, announced that he's parting ways with uh, Showtime, and I wish him nothing but the best. I, I hold no ill will and uh, harbor no resentment, and I think he's got a great 
foundation on his YouTube channel. He's doing that food truck thing. I mean, those are all great ideas. The watch along stuff. So it's cool to see the fighters do that. Oh, Sean O'Malley. He's another one. Um, what would your go-to karaoke song be or a verse you had to rap in its entirety? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, I, when, I was, uh, when it was my birthday in 2004, turning 22, we did karaoke. I had a broken ankle. I had crutches. And we went to a place and sang karaoke, and I sang Oasis. Can I sing it right now, or do I get in trouble if I Is sing it? Is it Wonderwall or Champagne Supernova? Uh, the latter, yes. Yeah, you can't do that. Dun, dun. Uh, no, 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 no. Nope. All right. Uh, but yes, I did Oasis. It was great. That was my go-to. Favorite Home Alone quote? Oh, it has to be, Kevin, you're what the French call les incompetents. Love that quote. Hey, Ariel, considering your endeavors post-ESPN, how would you reflect on the second half of this year? Do you have anything new coming up next year? Great job on the show and glad to see you having fun and doing so well. Oh, my gosh. You want me to get all sappy with you guys? Uh, it's been a tale of two years. First six months, confused, anxious, nervous, not really sure how it's going to play out, stifling, soulless, not happy. Second six months, second half, um, happy, rejuvenated, fulfilled, excited, motivated. Just, I mean, it couldn't be any different. What a year, a year I'll never forget. You know, there's like some confusion, heartbreak, fear, anxiety, and then it's like, oh my God, just like coming back here and doing all that stuff. I mean, so, so, so grateful is the word. Happy is the word. Thankful is the word. Excited is the word. Grateful is the word. <laughs> I mean, I can't even say that word enough. Appreciative. And yes, um, there are some other things, but now's not the time nor the place. Can you break down fights left versus time left on a UFC contract? For Nathan, you mentioned that the UFC had been extending his contract. Yeah, so basically, like for Nathan, it just buys them a little more time. Um, it is weird. There's some contracts that have a term on them, like GSP has a term on him, like an actual length, and there's some that are just fight-related, so they could keep extending you, extending you. Um it's all very wishy-washy. These contracts are crazy. You could sign a six-fight deal and fight once and lose and they'll cut you. But you can't leave after that first fight if you win and want more money. Um, the, the extension stuff is crazy. Oh, here, we're going to offer you a fight that we know you don't want, that does nothing for your career, that puts you in a bad spot, and if you don't accept it, we're going to extend your contract and give us more time to offer you another fight. Because contractually, they have to offer you three fights. Dana talks about this a lot. Sometimes they don't even do that, to be honest. The whole thing is is very Wild Westish. Quad, Ariel, my man, no questions from me today. Just want to say happy holidays to you and the family and a huge thank you for bringing this show back to our lives in 2021. Thank you again, my man. Can't wait to hear from you again next year. Much love. Great. I, I can't thank you all enough. Uh, is a rematch with Marlon a realistic next fight for O'Malley? No, but in the future, would love it. Do you think Taylor Serrano could headline a Madison Square Garden card? Yes. Big arena. Bring it there. Taylor, Serrano, biggest fight in women's boxing history. Boom, boom, boom. And let me be there. I want to be there. I will happily be there. Or would it be co-main to a Jake Paul fight? No. Main event. And that's no shot on Jake. He's going to be a part of making this fight happen. And, of course, his partner, Nikisa. 
But that's that's a headlining act. Hey, Ariel, is there really a chance UFC books the McGregor-Diaz trilogy if Nathan doesn't sign a new deal? Yes, I could see that happening. I could see them making a deal where it's like, hey, do this last fight, you win, we get rights to sign you, you lose, God bless. Absolutely. Hey, Ariel, for listening to Tyron Woodley on your show on Monday, my stock in him dropped. He came across as dodgy and unprepared. My question is, do your fighter interviews sometimes influence your opinion on who will win a fight? Sure. And honestly, I don't blame you. We'll see on Saturday. But yes, of course. Ariel, what has been your moment of the year? Golly. Moment of the year. When I came back here into this studio back in June, Joe was here, Paige was here. That was it. No one else was here. No one knew that I was coming here. I felt like a stealth in the night. That was my moment of the year, coming back here. Now, if you mean MMA, like the fact that I'm sitting here is crazy to me. The fact that there's a Yule log right here is crazy to me. Um, MMA, you'll have to wait. January 3rd, MMA Hour Awards. Mr. Nose, do you believe that Valentina is the undisputed pound-for-pound champ, regardless of gender? Ooh, regardless of gender. I think Usman gets the nod male. I think Valentina is my female right now. Yep. Uh, do you know time frame for Dillashaw to return? Uh, March, April. Should he fight Aldo and O'Malley fights Cruz? Don't hate it. Don't hate it at all. It would be cool to see Cruz fight Aldo, but don't hate that at all. Trey, shalom. Question for Frank. How about this? Frank, you ready? Always. How does he feel about being the unsung hero of the show, and what is his favorite MCU character? What is that? That's the... So, <clears throat> I don't feel like I'm an unsung hero. <laughs> You're a sung hero. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. And then for the MCU character, um, Doctor Strange. And what is MCU? The Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm starting to, like, do you live under a rock? I don't or, know what the hell. What is that? No Titanic. No, mm-hmm. is this metal? Like, I don't know. Are those Christmas lights? Were you kidding me? No, listen. I ask questions for a living. Being inquisitive is a good thing. So I don't want to assume. You know what happens when you assume? You make an ass out of you and me. How about... Um, yeah, questions. Straight to Frank. That's great. Uh, Frank is a very valued member of the team. This show wouldn't be what it is without him. Do you think the UFC would take the risk of giving Hamzat Colby, or do you think that they want to use an immediate fight like Luke beforehand? I think Luke. Salut de Montréal. What should I do to get a follow from you on Instagram? I'll go check out your stuff. I think regardless of who wins, Nunez Peña, by the way, it's Bakri Al-Sayek, uh, and Salut, and Happy Holidays. I think regardless of who wins Nunez Peña too, the winner will defeat the, will defeat the belt against Valentina next. Do you agree? No, I don't agree. I think Valentina could win. I was saying that, by the way. I was saying that if Valentina fights Amanda next, that she wins. I said that. Go find it. I said it. What are your thoughts on one-night tournaments like Combate Global have been putting on? Don't hate it. Uh, shout out to France Malambo. He won. Kind of flying under the radar. It's hard. There's just so much going on right now. Now we'll see anything like this. No, PFL did it recently. It did it last year, last season, 2019, going into 20. Hey, Ariel, if I want to purchase a thug nose hoodie, what is the best site to do it? Breaking tea. Thank you, Luis. Lewis. God, I always have trouble with that. Um, I'd like to know what your thoughts are on Eagle FC. Well, I appreciate you said this before the show. I think I kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, the more opportunities, the better. I just hope that there's no conflict. Have you heard of any fighters coming out of Bosnia and Herzegovina? This is where I'm from. 
Yes, I do think I have, but off the top of my head, I don't want to make a fool of myself. Hola, Senor Hirwani. Priscilla Cachoeira was definitely out of line with the attempted eye gouge. I agree. Does this action warrant severe punishment, i.e. lifetime ban? Well, Daly didn't get a lifetime ban. From the UFC, it is kind of dirty, if I'm being honest, but Daly didn't get a lifetime ban for the sport. Neither did Paul Harris. They just got released. You know, I don't want to be the one to call for that, but it was dirty, and there should be some sort of sanctioning. Hi, Ariel. It's your old pal VJ from Kamloops. Just wanted to tell you once again how amazing this show is. Congrats on the 11th Journalist of the Year Award. Thank you. It's truly, truly, truly deserved. My question, have you heard back from Corey Anderson and Cesar Gracie? I think we were all interested. Oh, yeah, Corey. Well, he didn't cancel. He canceled the night before. I think we're all interested in the Nick Diaz debacle. Never heard back from Caesar. Never didn't talk to Corey since he he bounced. I think he was put in a tough spot and just wanted to enjoy the victory, and that's fine. I actually think he would come back if I asked him again. What do I think is next for Nick? No idea. Hey, Ariel, I had a cool moment on the holiday in Dubai this week. Ran into Leon Edwards. Hobnob with him a bit. Wow. I told him, I hope I don't see him on the London card in March. I agree. And he said they were working on Vegas in March. How about that? So I wanted to know if you had any update on that fight being booked. If it is March, it's only 12 weeks away. I think March is too soon. I think late spring, summer, more likely. Ryan, the shoe is becoming the quite iconic MMA celebration. As someone who only got into MMA recently, are there any other notable fighter celebrations over the years that the fans look forward to? Uh, thank you, McBean, Black Beast. Um, Sean O'Malley has a pretty good one. Hmm. Valentina, the dancing. Top of my head. Those are the only ones I can think of, but I'm sure there are more. Longtime fan, if you ever reflected on past beefs, misunderstandings, and had a good laugh, for example, I always crack up when rewatching your tense moment with Rampage way back in the day when you asked, do you want to squash it? Also, have you ever called Cap on Rampage as it's hard to believe that anywhere on earth the term squash it means, do you want to fight? I agree. I think he kind of liked me. Secondly, journalism 101 teaches objectivity, but you've established close relationship with fighters. It's hard to sometimes separate the two things. For example, Jojo Wood respectfully got destroyed by Tyler, Tyler Santos. And you had her on your show the week before. Conversely, Juliana Pena pulled off a great upset this past weekend. You got to have her back on the show after the victory. Is there any fighter you sort of had resentment towards, maybe even subconsciously, for beating your friend? No. Not for beating my friend. Absolutely not. For treating me like an a-hole? Yes. I'm a human being with feelings. Absolutely. But I'd like to... I mean, just look at today. I'm breaking news about Eagle FC... I'm talking like, you know, I'd like to think I don't hold resentment and I'm able to distinguish, um, separate the two feelings and, you know, be as objective as humanly possible. I mean, just look at the UFC and uh, what's a greater example than that? Uh, Good afternoon, Ariel. Sad to learn this last show of 2021. I guess I would just like to say thank you for the great MMA content this past year. I've been a casual fan since around the Connor glory days, but I've really dove deep into the world of combat sports since the beginning of this year. I really enjoy all the work that you do, especially this show and the Ringer podcast. Thank you. There's always something to look forward to every single week, and I thank you for that. Your knowledge and insight of the sport are unmatched. Thank you for allowing us casual fans to be introduced to the new and upcoming fighters. Wow, this is so nice. Thank you, Olajuwon Dream. And help us understand the sport of MMA better. Without you, I don't think I would be as big of an MMA fan as I am today. Wow. So thank you again for everything you do. Happy holidays. Happy New Year to you and the crew at the MMA Hour. Cheers to 2022 and all the best in the new year. How nice was that? No question. Just a nice sentiment. Okay, just a few more here. Happy Wednesday, Ariel. I want to thank you for the last year of content. It's a great break from all the COVID stuff in our lives to talk MMA. Thank you. A couple questions. Do you think the Raps or the Knicks will build a contender faster? Mm. 
God. I think the Knicks have the pieces, but, you know, obviously the Raptors. I'm going to say the Knicks, I believe. Do you have all this inside info on the new MMA promotion because you're going to be a part of it? No, I will not be a part of it. WFL, I will not. I don't want to work for a promoter. I will not be a part of it. I'm going to be listening to this week's two shows from my 64-hour flight with stopovers as I head over to Phuket to stay on Fighter Street for the next nine months. Wow. Hoping you cross the five-hour mark for each to keep me entertained. If you need someone on the ground for Tiger or AKM, your man. Thank you. Your fellow Canadian MOT, Vlad for MVP and Crows fan. Wow. Legend, Steven. Uh, you see, some people like when we go long. Good luck to you, my friend. Darnell. Hey, Ariel, your old friend Darnell, Mystic Black here. Respect. First of all, thanks for making this year much better doing two shows a week. I look forward to these shows every week. My question is about Dustin Poirier. Do you feel when it's all said and done, he has a better career resume than Khabib? As any fought tougher competition? There's a, I mean, there's a case to be made. In fact, I would say Usman has a better career. Look at it. Khabib left very soon. Not trying to take anything away, but them's the facts. Hi, Ariel. I believe it was last week you said that Conor only had a couple fights left on his deal. True. I thought when he had returned... Eight fight deal. I don't know about that, but that it is it is too. I do remember you all saying on Iron the bad guy, that means nothing. Yeah, it means nothing because you can re-up it all the time. It does mean something in terms of wanting to go test free agency. So there's different games. Like there's some fighters that literally get a new deal every time they fight. But you won't be free because they'll keep tacking on more, tacking on more, tacking on more. Connor hasn't done that in a while. Uh, Melissa. Hi, Ariel. Oh, she said no need to read this on the air, but I'm going to anyway. I just wanted to wish you and your wife and kids a most happy holiday season. I've loved all the content this year. Thanks for all the amazing interviews, the ringer show and everything. You are the best and your integrity and kindness come through in all you do. Happy new year. I know 2022 will be even better for you. Blessings. Much love, Melissa. I see you all the time and I appreciate your support very, very much. How nice are these people? What do you think about Poirier Chandler? Love it. I think they have something else for Chandler right now. Stay tuned. Um, <clears throat> Ariel, am I the only one that wants to see the fight that never happened, Nate Diaz versus Dustin Poirier? No, apparently Dustin does, and I'd be down as well. Ariel, does Charlie Olives, by the way, I don't love that name, finally get some respect on his name and go into the Gaethje fight as a favorite? Hmm, I'd say yes. Sarah, I recently, who got a shout out from Kayla Harrison, I recently watched a video on the rise of Ronda Rousey to get some context on the biggest upset rankings. You were in the vid as much as she was because you interviewed her so many times. Yeah, not anymore. Do you think Kayla Harrison idolized Ronda at all because of their similar backgrounds that she still idolized? Not idolized. They were peers. I actually think they have a bit of an interesting relationship, but not idolized. Maybe she set the path, but not idolized. Who should Cambosa Jr. see in the ring next? Mm, tough. Lomachenko or Devin Haney? I suspect it'll be Haney. Tank, I want to see fight Ryan Garcia. Do you think Valentina ends her career as the goat over Amanda? Hmm. Good question. Maybe. She has to fight her again for that to happen. Dear, dear Ariel, no questions today. A big hug and thanks to you, Rick, GC, Frank, Srinivas, and each and every person over there. What about Yoon and Alex and Tucker as well? What about Brian and the whole crew? Thanks so much for making this miraculous game even more enchanting. Wow. This is sheer appreciation, admiration, and salute to one and all. Okay, let's have a fun one. Can we see you, Lord Chael, and DC invading a WWE roster in 2022? That would be incredible. Never say never. Never say never. Have a great holiday season. Can't wait to catch up with you in 2022. Okay. Uh, who do you think main events UFC 272? 
on March. Tough one right now. Tough one. Jan Sterling, not Usman. Tough one right now. Jan Sterling, Rose Esparza. Where are they going to book that fight already? For God's sakes. Olivera has now said he wants McGregor. Any chance they let this happen? No, it's going to be Gaethje. Rami, Ariel, sorry for the late upload. You probably won't get to this, but why not try? Here I am. Wanted to get your opinion on involving the fans on the end of the year knows award voting. Could be a separate fan award for the fighters or potentially a tiebreaker. Interesting. Lastly, I would like you to talk about Pat McAfee's deal, Dan Lebitard's deal, and how it sets the road for independent Helwani in the future. Thanks for a great year and letting us fans in your life. Much love. Lewis chimes in. Katie Taylor is a confirmed Helwani. That was pretty damn cool. Um, Pat McAfee is the man. Pat McAfee is um, putting out the blueprint as to what not only athletes should do upon retirement, but what we should all do in media. Um, the way he connects with his audience, the content that he puts out, the work ethic. The work ethic doesn't get talked about enough. Five days a week, three hours a day, plus the wrestling stuff. I mean, the work ethic is just unmatched. I think he's the gold standard. I think he's the very best right now in sports media. I think um, the way he is unfiltered and just uh, what you see is what you get with him and, you know, just not putting on a front, dresses how he dresses. Like, that's what people want in 2021, 2022. Um, Obviously, people like DraftKings are going to be a huge part of the future, and that's great for everyone. There's a lot of money involved. Obviously, you want everyone to, you know, gamble responsibly and do all these things, but it's not going anywhere, and it's only going to get bigger, and there's going to be a day where these are, like, these guys are bigger than anyone out there. Just look at the money being thrown around. So anytime people can make money in sports media, anytime opportunities open up and grow, um, I'm happy. I'm happy for everyone. So Lebitard, I love, uh, who's a part of the DraftKings family as well. And of course, Pat McAfee, I have the utmost admiration. I love both of them um, dearly as friends and respect them and look up to them. Uh, so I'm very, very thankful for people like that in this space who give us motivation and give us inspiration. And uh, I can only hope to be as big and influential as them one day. We're trying. We're working our way up. All right. That's that. I think we have reached the end of the road, my friends. Went a little longer. But uh, the Kevin Lee stuff uh, extended things a little bit. And I wanted to give you guys a little extra time. Uh, because this will be our last show until January 3rd. So we'll be back in uh, a little over two weeks for the MMA Hour Awards. The MMA Hour's on fire. It was always burning because the world was turning. Yeah. Old school fans will remember that. We'll be back to do all of that. One more time, can I just say thank you all for not only welcoming us back, but uh, welcoming us back twice a week, the support, the love, the it's, it's, it's uh, overwhelming. And uh, I can't thank you all enough. I'm so happy to be back, and I can't wait to pick this up again in January. Most importantly, thank you to Vox for allowing us back, for giving us the opportunity to do this show again, and for putting together such a great team. I'm just so thankful. And I go into this little mini break with a full heart and a big smile on my face. So I'll miss you all Monday. We won't be around to talk about Jake Paul and Dick, but I'm around. You know, you could you can hit me up. You know, I'm around. And so that's that. Frank. Yeah. You can hit my music. What a show. Not quite the late, late show with the toys and all that, if you know what I'm talking about. But dare I say it's better. 
But I'm not done, by the way. I'm not done. We've got to go to Tampa tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. We're out here just doing our thing, trying to live the dream, trying to level up like Kevin Lee. Why not? This was a fun show, though. This was a really great way to uh, to end the year. How about this? Great stuff from Kayla Harrison. Good luck to her. She'll make the right choice, no doubt about it. Great stuff from Brian Hall. What a fascinating guy. Great stuff from Corey Sanhagen. Appreciate him very much. Great stuff from The Goat, the pound-for-pound queen. Oh, my God, Katie Taylor. What a legend. Can't wait to see that fight. Hopefully... We see it next year. Let's not forget, Amanda Serrano has to win on Saturday. So the stakes have been raised. Hopefully I've given you something to chew on as you watch that fight on Saturday. Uh, Thank you very much to Kevin Lee. Good luck to him. And of course, thank you very much and all the best to the one and only Dustin Poirier. I hope he is holding his head very, very high during this holiday season. What a fun few months it has been. We're going to be back on January 3rd. Let the world know. MMA Hour Awards as I drop my pencil and uh, we'll give out the most prestigious award in mixed martial arts and then we'll get right back on the horse. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Much love. Back in January. Same time, place, till the same. Peace. I'm out of here.